Patricia, my darling Patricia I can see all my dreams in your eyes Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia You could make all my dreamin' come true My heart is just droolin', Patricia, no foolin' I'm falling in love with you Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no foolin'. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Hello, everybody. It is Saturday night, and of course, it wouldn't be a Saturday without the Patricia in my life. Hello, Patricia. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Saturday, everybody. It's here already. I can't believe this. Where are they going? Saturday, uh, January 9th, 2016. Hope you got all your Christmas shopping done. Um, yeah, but... Stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I fessed up to this the other day um, to Larry in an email, and it is the truth. I was distracted. I was writing a check in a doctor's office. Where else do I spend my time? And I put 1999. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot be. Well, you might. Well, you should have gave it to him. See, they could have cast it. You know. Ah, uh, gee, you know. I found out from the bank one time. Hi, everybody. Did I say hello? He said, hello, hello, hello. I said, hello, hello, hello. Hello. Little Honey. Little Miss Honey. Yeah. Comic Weekly Man, which was a wonderful program. And um, I can drop box some to anybody who would like them. Getting CDs out is turning into a major challenge. (laughs) However. Oh dear, you know, survival comes first. 
kind of marginal on that one. But anyway. No, you're not. <laughs> you, 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 you. you. <laughs> No, no you're, you're not Marge, you know, I mean, you came back two years ago, you're, you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm bushy-tailed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I go home at twice a day. Uh, oh, oh the, the bank, the bank does not look at a signature, does not look at anything, a date, I, because I post-dated a check um, one time because I used to make the check out for my brother. Mm-hmm. And I post-dated a check, and the facility accidentally put it through a month early. So, of course, he did not have the correct amount in his checking account, and mm-hmm. it bounced. And, I, and I, I'm looking through his stuff, and it, I've got a $35 charge there for an insufficient funds. So I called the bank, and they said, oh, we don't look at anything, um, including the date, unless it's $10,000 or more. Now, doesn't that make you feel warm and fuzzy? <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. Wow. So if I wrote a check for $9,999, nobody <laughs> would look. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Oh, that's amazing. Just amazing. Are you there? I'm here. I, I thought you oh. might wanted to say a few things, you know. I didn't know. I mean, yeah, it's been a well, it's been a week. It's been a week since you've spoken over the wonderful airways. <laughs> well, yeah. You know. So I've got all of this pent up verbal energy. That is true. Yeah. Uh, we have, or he found, we have a listener out there who has been kind of listening in the background and never said boo until he sent an email today, and I thank you very much, Carmelo. I don't know where you're from, but because he sent me this fabulous link to history and information about the old New Yorker Hotel in New York City. It was Harry James, Benny Goodman, the big fans played. I mean, it was, I looked at some of these pictures and I thought, this is the interior of the magnificent Titanic 35 times over. They had 30. Five master chefs. Uh, how many dining rooms? But anyway, so I'm going to claim you until you tell me otherwise. I'm going to claim you as a New Yorker, so we can hold down the New York fort together. Woo-hoo. And I thank you so much for the link. The, the, the pictures are just stunning. So I, I really had a good time with them. And we've had two losses this week. One was Pat Harrington, who played the super in. Um, one Day at a Time, I guess, was the name of the show. Uh, funny, funny man. And, of course, Walden, you want to talk about Kitty? Sure. Thank you. Um, I think a lot of you know that I am very close to Kitty Cow, and I was a very big band singer. And I was just figuring out, for I know, we'll only have three big band girl singers from the 1930s with us still today. And Kitty is, I would say, totally directly responsible for this weekend show uh, for Yesterday USA. Because she was the one, years ago, when Patricia and I were little kids, you know, really small, you know, really small, itty bitty, itty bitty kid, that there used to be this, this show called Bill and Mike on Monday through Thursday. They play records. I, I think it's still on the air. 
I think I play records now, but they used to do other stuff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and, he's, he's talking about Bill Bragg and Mike Handy. That's right. Who have the live show during the week, Monday through Friday. Which week? We, we, yeah. Oh, Thursday, I'm sorry. Yeah, Monday through Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you might want to tune in. They're, they're a good show. We, we, Patricia and Before I. Before we hijack it again. <laughs> We are we are the highwaymen of Saturday night. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, Bill and Mike were playing songs, and they didn't know who the singer was. You know, I was. You're kidding. No. Oh my goodness. So I would call in and said, "That's Kitty Callan," and I would step away and. They put in there, they need more information. They said, well, she sang with so-and-so. So, you know, they got they got totally wondering who the heck I was, everybody. And that was in 2000. And let's see. You know, I, I that's, that's when I interviewed Kitty. But I started calling, I think, in 99. Yeah. And uh, around 2000 or so, this came up. And Bill asked, would I have Kitty on the show? And so I was back visiting Kitty uh, in her home in Inglewood, New Jersey. And I asked and said, okay, well, it's really, really late at night. You know, she is she is a true night person. You know, she fits in with oh, Patricia and my. I. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. If it... Yeah, we could you the three of us could have had three, six in the morning conversation easily. Oh, so Wow. Oh, so it, well, that was the deal. Later the better. Okay, that's sure how she lived it, her her lifestyle. And and uh, so we had a wonderful interview. And you'll get to hear it, everybody. Uh, Larry put together a special to Kitty. I guess it'll be coming up this Wednesday if the Henry Room or the following Wednesday, so over five and a half, about five hours and seventeen minutes. The interview ran over three hours, so I just didn't want to play it last night. I would consider I didn't want to really cut the interview, and also um, we added a bunch of the radio shows to it. So it's a it's a nice big old special. Anyway, so we did the interview, and uh, Bill right on the spot at the end offered me the chance to do interviews every other week. And he told Michael Bill he didn't know if I could pull it off. He didn't know if I could come up with contacts. <laughs> oh, he a <laughs> And, and uh, he said, I'm going to give him a chance, he told Michael. Okay, well, I had an ace in a hole. Kitty knew everybody. Uh, <laughs> and so I asked, okay. And could I went to a dinner party? Kitty said, well, you come up to have dinner. Um, so I went to a dinner party with uh, Johnny Mathis' agent and his wife. And his wife ran Gene Autry's radio station, KNBC. And I think everybody in the whole wide world owed Tess Russell a favor. And uh, Tess, uh, Kitty called Tess, Tess called me, and she gave me he called 17 people right off the bat for me. And I'm talking to Pat Boone, to Patty Page, to Joe Stafford, 
you know, everybody in the music book department that you could think of. And that launched the, uh, the interview segment of over 15 years ago. And then, then Bill got thinking, you know, there's going to be a point someday Frank Brzee is going to um, want to uh, not have the Hudson house. Cause that's with Frank house that he used to edit all the shows. And so that's when Bill really wanted to have Frank hooked, uh, tied into a live show. So he built the studio. It took him a year. He shipped it to California. He and my dad over the phone put it together in six hours. You know, poor my dad. Not, no, he's not an electrical engineer, everybody. He's not. It, but Bill did he a great. <laughs> and so, so really, and Kitty made a, a wonderful donation to Yesterday USA right after the interview. Uh, but, you know, she, whenever I needed something, she would pull strings for me. And uh, uh, I would just. Telling Patricia a funny story this afternoon that I just recalled. Okay, she is definitely really my second mom. She took care of me. Uh, that's why I have a I had a whole entertainment career doing research for almost 20 years for people. Cause I worked for her and her husband Bud. Her husband Bud was the agent to uh, 18 of the greatest stars, Sinatra and Mario Lanza and Doris Day and Martin Lewis and. And so I had a career with them, and then they were having dinner with Nancy Sinatra Sr. And Nancy heard about it and said, I want Walton to do the same work for me. And so, okay. Uh, this, I know I've told this story a few times, but it, 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 it's pretty decent. So hey, they went out to dinner with Nancy Sinatra Sr. And... They came home the next day, and Bud called me, Kitty's husband, said, Walden, would you mind uh, that you do some work for the Sinatra family? Sure, Bud, no problem. Are you sure? Yeah, no problem. An hour later, Kitty called. Walden, are you sure? You're only going to be working with the family directly, the office. We just want to make sure that you'll be, that you want to do this. And they gave me Nancy's private phone, told me what day and time to call. I called, and she was on, Nancy Sinatra put me on hold because she was on the phone with her son in, in a hotel in Florida. I said, Walt, well, I'm going to get rid of my son. I need to talk to you. So she got rid of Frank Jr. off the phone. Can you believe that? I bumped Frank Jr. off the phone. And so that started my relationship with her, and she'll be turning 99 here in March. And so, anyway, all the doors Kitty opened, and she's directly responsible uh, for us having this weekend show, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So um, I, I guess, sort of, you know, with her passing, I guess sort of been going through all the different crazy memories and stories I was just telling Patricia one and we'll continue. I'll just drop them on. Um, Kitty and Bud went out and had dinner with Nancy and Ronald Reagan. And this was right after Ronald left the White House, okay? So he's moved back to Bel Air. 
And then we had a dinner party over at Marsh Everett's house. And Brad was sitting next to Ronald. Had a wonderful dinner. And they started to bring out the desserts. And Nancy is watching Ronnie at the hop. Ronnie, yeah, I'm not going to let you have dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, if had only known. Nancy, I really like, no, no, Ronnie, I'm not going to, I mean, poor bud. Call me, I felt sorry for him, Walden. I was just going to give him my dessert. You know, he was going to figure some way how he sneak it over there. But, but no, Nancy was walking over Ronnie's plate. So, whoever thought, everybody. So, I have those crazy stories. Um, one more I'll tell. And then, first time I ever got to have dinner with Bud and Kitty, we had the fire club in uh, Beverly Hills. And right next, right next to our table was Milton Burl. <laughs> <laughs> and Walden, and, oh and Kitty said, Walden, yes. I'm, would, I'd be happy to introduce you to Milton Burl, but I'm mad at him. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, you know, his wife just died, you know, a few years ago. And I set him up with my interior decorator. And can you oh, believe, gee. can you believe he dumped them? And, you know, Milton had a date with him, you know, this young thing who eventually married. So Kitty was mad because he had them all set up with, with her interior decorator. And he dumped him for this girl. So I, I didn't meet Milton Burl because Kitty was upset, you know. And that was typical Kitty, you know. Warm, I mean, type of personality she was. She was a little bitty thing. I don't know. And we, when we go out the door, she would order six different types of hors d'oeuvres. Sample this, this, this. And we would have grocery bags. And what and what she loved to do, once she walked out and start looking for the homeless, because that's what she wanted to do, order all this food and start feeding them. And I was I was sort of her personality. Okay, Bud said you know when she when he proposed to Kitty and they got married, he said I'll make let's make one condition, Kitty. Okay, when we get married. Kitty was a totally generous person. She would give away everything. And said, let's just, we'll, we'll help everybody, but let's just make a rule. Let them ask us first before we give them everything. And I was sure, I was just sure of Kitty's personality that uh, she would just be, you know, just try to help as many people as possible. So, so there. Anyway, that that is sort of a, a little bit of my memories of Kitty. We'll drop some more stories, but I just wanted to share a few of those with you now nice thank you for doing that yeah she really was a special lady yep i have the article from the new york times that i will paste into an email for you and it looks like they did a good job yeah, they did. What you told me. yeah, yeah well you know very good. you know they they, they they reported her dead twice and she's the first time in 1977 when they, the national media reported her dead and uh, she said the funny thing was to read her a bit and how many things were wrong in her a bit the first time back in 1977. So she got to make all of the corrections yeah. before the real thing happened. <laughs> Which is good, you know. Not everybody has that opportunity. Uh, bless her heart, she made the most of it. And, I'll, and that's a wild story, and I'll tell everybody that a little later how 
she had three different people claim she they were her. So it's a wild story how that all happened. So crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, my well, dear. Have, you you have you, you have stuff before we. Hmm? You have stuff. Go ahead. I have stuff. I'm I'm going to go through a list that I came across today. That it's usually a work site place. You know how to build a dynamite resume and. These are the businesses that are having trouble, and guess who the really most richestestest man in the whole world is? That kind of stuff. Would I be and on your resume? Would I be on your resume now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the real question is, would you really want to be there? <laughs> I would. I think it'd be an honor and a pleasure. Right. Then you may be on it. Okay. I don't know where it's going, but we'll figure that out. of the article, 48 Questions That Will Make Awkward Small Talk So Much Easier. I mean, the title alone should have given mm -hmm. me a clue. So we will go through a couple of these ice-breaking questions where you're standing around with a glass of Coke or yeah. a martini or whatever they drink at parties, and you're just standing there next to a person and you don't know what to say. And I one of the questions is... What was your first job, and did you like it? Hello? Ah. <laughs> yeah. let's, um, let's just get down to brass tacks here. Forget yeah. the small stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I've got a whole bunch of them, and some of them are really fun when you think about even having I, – I don't, I don't know how people would have the temerity to ask some of these things, and they're calling them icebreakers, these cute little questions <laughs> that will <laughs> start conversation. I would walk out on some of them. Okay, and we've got on this day, which is January 9th, and mm -hmm. I have a couple from January 8th, and I've got all of your questions, and my goodness, look at this, I've got a whole bunch of questions. My word, you've got more questions than you know what to do with them, mm -hmm. I'm not going to give them all to you, I'll save them for mm -hmm. next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I have some great quotes from people like Casey Kasem and Jerry Lewis, so we'll we'll go through that, and of course our monthly stuff and useless but fun, and, and I even have Burma shade. We haven't had Burma shade. Oh, I just throw out all that's... my 1945 stuff that I had because it's no longer 70. <laughs> I have to go to 71 years. So anyhow, that's my story. Oh, and by the way, everybody, uh, Herb Ellis will probably be our special guest tomorrow night. He'll be turning wow, ninety. Cool. He'll be turning ninety-five. Of course, he was Jack. Oh my gosh! He was Jack Webb, right-hand man for putting together Dragnet and all those shows. So, uh, so we'll be talking to him tomorrow. So, are we ready, Patricia? I am ready. And by the way, John Larry and I will be Dave King's special guest next Friday night during our live show. Can you believe it? He's gonna record. His three-hour segment for his show during our show. So that would be fun. 714-545-2071 is our number. Give us a call. 714-545. It's going to be your guest, and he's taping that show to play for his show? Right. Or the other way around? Well, he... <laughs> <laughs> you start out with well. I just sort of sit back and take my coffee. Okay. Stay in the car. I'll try to explain this if I can. <laughs> Dave took pity on us. He figured, you know, we got up, we got all of us gotten up really early to do his show. 
and so he offered to stay late and do to record his show, make it easier, and I said, okay, let's do it during the live show. So next Friday, we'll be, we'll be interviewed on by Dave on our own show that he'll record for his show. I did have it right. You did. <laughs> Hello, Carl. You said this is not an interesting show. That's Hello. true. Who's here? Hello there. Hi there, kids. Hi, Ron. Hi. Hiya, kids. Hiya, hiya, hiya. <laughs> yeah. Okay, questions, questions. Who said that? Who said what? Hiya, kids. Hiya, hiya, hiya. Uh, I don't know. <gasps> really? Oh, no, really. Who is Froggy the Gremlin? Oh, I never, I, I never got that one. Oh, Froggy the Gremlin, and they were sponsored by Buster Brown. And Mine. Andy Devine had that show for a while. Mine. Yeah. Patricia, so, I just thought of something. What? Your little 48 questions for icebreakers. Yeah. <laughs> Who was Froggy? <laughs> you could you you drop them every time when somebody calls, see how they handle it. What do you think? What, that, this is good. This is good. I was I was going to read a bunch of questions, you know, like five or six. Yep. And then ask people to choose. They have they have to choose one to answer out of this mishmash from the forest floor. Gee whiz. Yeah, but I think I think I think it'd be fun to give give each one of the most embarrassing Just one. What do you think? Just a cold question. What do you think? Go cold. Why not? I will. I, right. I will comment on what you were talking about earlier. The, first, the question you mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, I only had one job. Well, uh, are you are you going to get another one? No. <laughs> no. You're one and oh. done. You're one and done. You're the average. The average. They say the average yep. person now have three different careers. You're gonna you're you're gonna bust the average, Ron. Yep. Yep. One and done. That was it. Well, Patricia's had two, so she busted. I had two what? You had two careers. Um, at least. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, business consulting is is kind of part and parcel to. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So I'll I'll roll that together. Okay, okay, well, and and this one's your other career. This is your non-paying career. You've been doing this with me. This is number 12. (laughs) Oh, no. this was, this, I've had a long and rich life. This, this, this oh, I'm sorry. No. I, I got the feel. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> we have to put a leash on me tonight. Okay. Fun. Ron, I'm going to give you one of these questions. Okay. <laughs> this, I swear, this is an icebreaker. I don't know where these people hang out, but one of the questions is, who is your favorite person to follow on Instagram? <laughs> Networking, I don't know what Instagram is. And, and you know what? This is a really good question for a blind person because Instagram is one of all, all photos.
<laughs> now, all right. Now, here, here's the next one on this same list. I think this is the general interest list. Mm-hmm. Um, entertainment. This is the entertainment list. Whom, and they are grammatically correct with this, whom would you like or who, who would you want to be your amazing race partner? <laughs> Does anybody in our audience know what amazing race is? I don't. Well, I had to go look it up. I would be such a doofus holding my coke at this party. (laughs) So I went to look it up, and it is a competition. You you have a pair of people who most likely have never met before. They pair up, and it's a challenge to see who can get around the world first. It's like around the world in 80 days, done in on hyperspeed. So anyway, Walden, would you be my partner? I'll be your partner. We'll have a good time. We'll, well, you'll we'll, get doors open for me. We'll, 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 we'll laugh as yeah, I open all the doors for you. Right. As long as we don't have to jump out of an airplane. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, let's Walden, see. Walden, uh, all the doors. Mm-hmm. Walden opens up all the doors. Though. He, That's true. He knows everybody. I, I miss that. You see, can you see, Walden, if, if, I, if I called you on Skype right now, Yeah. You would not have any difficulty understanding me. That is true. It's true. That is true. It's true. <laughs> okay. But um, Patricia said, but Ron said, I know everybody, so I can open all the doors. Well, that's what I he's. I figured that out. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, he can open. He can open doors anyway. Yes. Yeah, and and if oh, listen, we've got a team here. I'll fill you in on the rest of the stuff you can do. Or I can help. <laughs> I can help with that. You, you say these words on an airline, and you're the first person to get off the plane. <laughs> so yeah. I'll let you out first. Everybody else has to stay seated while you go out the door. Um, let's see. <laughs> these are icebreakers. Uh, this, is a, this is a good one. I will ask you this one seriously. And let's pretend we've never met before. <laughs> and my question, yeah, well, so I'm going to ask those. <laughs> What's your size? <laughs> it isn't. If you could eat only one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? This is an icebreaker question. I've never met you before. Hello, I see you're drinking Coke. I like that, too. If you could only have one food. <laughs> All right, that's it, Ron. If you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would that food be? I don't think, uh, I, would, I, don't think I would have the gut to ask this question. Would you, Patricia? I, don't have, I wouldn't have the gut no. to ask any of you. <clears throat> I don't think I would either. But to answer the question, I'd probably have a hamburger. You'd have a hamburger for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. Would it have to be Would it have to be dressed up? No. No onions, no ketchup, no salt, no pepper. Well, might no have to have a, might have to have a little ketchup on it, and that's it. Little ketchup. We'll we'll yeah. supply you with some little packets so that your ketchup <laughs> yeah, there you don't get there stale. You there you go. All right. A lot of cow is going down here. Yeah, boy, move, big move. <laughs> Okay, a hamburger. Walden, if you could only have one thing for the rest of your life to eat, of course, um, what would it be? Ah. Uh, well, if if I could dress it up different ways, I, I I could be okay with a hamburger. Okay, and I would give you the dressings. I think that would. I I mean I would I I would have to you know. I would need a little variety because some days I might want to put cheese on it, other day or mustard, 
other day, I might want just a soy burger. You know, I would want. Mm-hmm. I I would need some variety. You know, I mean. Yeah. And so, it wouldn't turn into what became the awful spam for our soldiers oh, overseas. No. And I tried it for the first time within the last couple of months. Uh huh. And I like it. I've been slicing it for sandwiches. and. I've never tried it. I bet it probably tastes pretty good. It, it does. It tastes like ham. Mm. Yeah, I like ham. And I like ham. I like but ham. I think if you have it every day, it probably would wear thin. Okay, okay. okay. For, so for yeah. Patricia, would it be yeah. bunny food? Would, could you get love on it that? It would be. I thought about that after I looked at this question, and I thought, if I could have just one thing for the rest of my life, it would be... Big bowls of bunny food with vinegar she, and olive oil and a little sweet and low to cut the vinegar and some spices. See, for me, that's what I would do with my hamburger sometimes. It's make it all pretty much all nothing but a bunny food burger. You know, all yeah. sorts of... Yeah. I need... But you know, thou cannot survive on bunny food. I guess I wouldn't last you, very you, long, would I? You're going to need I'll some... i put some cheese and eggs in it or something. You're going to need some protein somewhere. That's what I would... Yeah. That's what I was concerned about. That's what I was concerned about. If I only got to have one meal, mm-hmm. I, I would want to at least be able to survive rather than, uh, you yeah. know. And I guess you can eat this as many times a day as you want. I think after probably the first week, you wouldn't want it for breakfast anymore. But um, I, I heard a psychiatrist. I heard a psychiatrist one time on the radio say, you know, some people have this desire. All they want to do is ice, eat ice cream. You know, they have a craving for ice cream. And mm-hmm. he said, his theory was, okay, let them have as much as they want for one meal and see how they survive after that. I was sure his saying they've seen trying to see if they could get rid of the craving like that. I don't know if that would do it, mm-hmm. you know. But that was it's his theory. It's version therapy, and it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't think it works. tried it with smokers. Uh-huh. And they would put them in a room with an ashtray and packs of cigarettes and tell them you must light one after another, after another, after another. And the objective was to make them so hateful or so hating that, that, that the cigarette became so distasteful to them. And it was supposed to make them ill if they tried it after they got out of the room. Uh-huh. It didn't work. Mm. I imagine it would. And you have to trust me, it ain't going to work with ice cream. <laughs> 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 um, that's, that's really... A good one. Mm-hmm. Oh a good one. So, yes, for me, it would be bunny food. Uh, lots and lots I've, of I've, lettuce. And, am I allowed to have shredded carrots and stuff in there, too? Absolutely. Why not? I, I, I would be happy to be with a chef's salad. That way I could have my protein so you could oh. variety it up. So that way you could make it all all lettuce one time, time and a little meat the other time. So maybe that's what you want. Huh. That way you have your maybe you that sometimes you just want lettuce and eggs or whatever, Patricia. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, volume, volume. Mm-hmm. Gotta have lots and lots of rabbit food. Yeah, and I, and I could have a little bit of um, cabbage and shredded carrots and little stuff like that there. You remember the first time you ever ate ate at like a uh, a sour plantation or a sour buffet kind of setup? That's interesting. Because I remember, remember um, well, I seem to remember they becoming popular in the early 80s. I don't really remember 
Um, now, are, are you talking about a restaurant with a salad bar? Right, or right. Or talking about a salad bar place like Susan Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of both of them. I'm thinking of the the, the, the standalone, like the <laughs> soup plantation. I think those were like maybe in the 90s, but I'm thinking before then, basically at steakhouses. Those yeah. seem to be the early parts where I remember that you actually had a salad bar. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would think probably the 80s. You know the, the big plastic canopy that you have to get your arm under in order to get to the olives that are rolled yep. up in the back? Yep. Do you, know what it, do you know what it's called? No. Ron, do you know what it's called? No, I do not. You'll never go to a salad bar again. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a sneeze guard. Ooh. Oh, nice. So people are not coughing into your bowl of lettuce in there. <clears throat> the 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 good thing is to always pick from the back. <laughs> Even if it's not something you're in love with, take it from the back mm. of the tray. Mm. So. so how are you? How is stuff? This Hi. is on in Illinois. And shame on me, I didn't say that. Stuff is wonderful. Um, I got oh, I got some boxes the other day from California. They weren't from Florida. I'm working on more for you. Um, I'm just going to sneak mine in when you're least expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was negotiating with Patricia. I'm going to send her some Phil Harris out of faith stuff before it goes off to you. That way she can uh, work on her set. Yeah, there, there was no negotiation. He just said, I've got it. I say, I'd take it. <laughs> there's very little negotiation in there. <laughs> It will eventually wind up with you. Yeah, that's uh, a good. Uh, those sets are really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Just they great. are. They have some fabulous shows in there. The sound is excellent on them, and they're wonderful. Yes, I will be glad to get them. Um, I have one little piece of business for you, Walden. Yes, sir. Um, I got an email yesterday. Yes. About uh, with some links in it. Yes. And I can't do anything until Monday, but I'll try them out Monday and see if we can get them to work out. Oh, okay. What we're talking about, um, on this, uh, no, I'm going to make it public because maybe there's some listeners out there can help us. Uh, we are beta testing, and we haven't talked about this yet. We probably should. Light 365 may or may not go under A. They might, the royalty company might be trying to re- renegotiate with online internet stations to, to drop their rates, realizing that we're going to lose a ton of stations. Okay. So that might save Light 65. We don't know. That is, uh, that is the rumble, rumble, rumble out there. But we are we are beta testing other softwares and other programs. And one of the companies we're dealing with has a mobile app and also has linked to Wi-Fi radios. And so Underscore Bill needs some help. So I gave it to my mom, but my mom's been, you know, running around with the DARs and things. So I need somebody to help. I know. I can't, I can't, I can't do it right now, Walden, because I, I can't put them in. That's right, I, and I have the same, and I, and I have the same, same thing like right. you. I need, I need somebody to put this link into my Wi-Fi right. radio because underscore Bill. Well, I get to test these out to make sure the Wi-Fi radio works with the program. I've got two of them here, and I'll, I'll try it in both of them. Okay. 
So if you ask your family if you have some wi if you have a Wi-Fi radio, drop me a link, drop me an email, I can send you the links. Um, and we can test this out. That way, underscore Bill knows um, that these things work. So we're trying different programs. If you want to keep abreast of the hottest and latest greatest news, you can email Patricia at <laughs> Florida Writer at Hotmail dot com. It's F L O R I D A, just like the state. W R I T E R, and I spell that out because one night. Someone thought I was saying rider like a Harley Hog. <laughs> I, I have never been on a motorcycle. I love me too much. I don't jump out of planes. I don't ride on motorcycles. I, I just, I'm such a chicken. Oh, by by the way, we have a couple links in the gray box, and actually some are double the bandwidth of our Live 65. So you can sound, you can hear Patricia much better if you click on one of these other links. Ooh, okay, when Walden talks about the gray box, it's an information box on the lower right hand. It's a scroll box mm-hmm. uh, on the lower right hand side of Yesterday USA's homepage. And the address is yesterdayusa.com. You have to write out the entire word yesterday or you're going to wind up with a Japanese manufacturer. And I have no <laughs> idea what they sell. <laughs> That's where the website goes if you don't spell it all out. So. It's yesterdayusa.com. Yeah. There's all sorts of goodies up there. Take a visit. So there. So that's well, the that's well, the latest news. So. Yeah. Keep... I got that. I got that yesterday. Good. I I'm glad. See what I can do. I'm glad. Okay. Now you know every week. <laughs> I don't know why this question isn't on there because one of the newsletters that I get. This is from a, a, a time.com, which is their which is Time Magazine's website. And, or uh, an adjunct of their website. And one of the things it said one time was that um, the worst question you can ask is, how is the weather? <laughs> so I thought, well, I, I'm the bomb for Saturday. Ron, how is your weather up there? Uh, we're getting rain. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, Still? But how is the it, river doing? The river is It's probably... Uh, um, well, I'm I'm high here, so it won't get to me. But there are places lower where where it would probably uh, probably would be having get those here now. Wow. But the, the concern that we have here now is that if it cool, if it gets much cooler, uh, it will start to freeze and we'll have ice in this next day. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So. We'll, oh my gosh. I am so sorry for everybody who is going through this awful weather. And California out there, you guys, are having rain, 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 rain. And it's coming down so hard, it can't possibly be soaking into the ground. So it's taking your topsoil into the ocean and drowning people's lawns because they haven't been watered and Heaven knows how many months. Uh, actually, it's, it's, it's slowed down quite a bit. So the, actually, the mm-hmm. ground the ground is soaking up pretty well. You know what it my is. you know you know you know what my dad's doing during the rainstorm, Patricia? What? He's putting on a roof. <laughs> Gosh darn it! Where did I, I came across? In, hold hold on! Wait 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 wait! I was incorrect by saying by 
looking up on the rooftop, reindeer Ball. paws, yeah, or claws. You were looking at Rudolph the book. You were looking at your Rudolph I, book. Yeah, but when when we were talking about Oof. roof or roof, and, yeah. and that was the song that I was concentrating on, yep. and you told me that's not the song no. I have to do the night before Christmas. Right. And I found it. Ask me where it is. Okay. <clears throat> Ron's watch me, see if I get this right. Ad <laughs> adorable? What is the night before Christmas song? I don't have a clue. I don't know what I did with it. I don't even know if I downloaded it. You know, I have this, this wonderful brain that says, okay, you can go back there next week when you're out scrolling around, and next week comes, and I don't know where I've been. Oh, my. Okay, family, if you, if you take notes during the show, uh, mm -hmm. write it down and, <laughs> and email it to Patricia. She can use it. We, we, we could use the notes. She can, she can use the help. Well, the only thing I need help with, because I visit so many sites for so many reasons during a week. Yeah. Instead of copying and pasting the link into a simple Word document and putting a label on it where mm -hmm. I'm going to find it, I trust my brain to remember the 88 sites I've been to. And, of course, I can't. Well, I remember Mike and Bill, one super Christmas about eight, nine years ago, found a mm -hmm. website with all the different versions of the night before Christmas. So I, I'm wondering if that site's even still up. It's like, it was like 20, 30, 40 different versions of it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And, and and my favorite, my, my they're going to say roof. Well, my my favorite my favorite version is Art Carney's version of the night before. Oh gee, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. He was a funny, funny man. Yeah. Well, well, Ron, it is always so good to talk to you. If you're up later, would you give us a call? I shall see. I don't know what I know. I don't know how late I'll be up tonight, but. If I am, I, I wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Patricia and I am going to be up. Yeah, I think I, Walden should call. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. He can. Uh, he can whether I answer or not is the next question. Whether I answer or not is the next question. Yeah, but I see, wouldn't it, what, Patricia answered my call at 5 in the morning. Why can't you? <laughs> well, because. Because. Yeah. Because. See, we could be a we could be a we could be a service. Patricia and I can call the different family members to wake them up at five in the morning. Oh gosh, oh gosh, Don Inus used to have the drive time in New York. <laughs> <laughs> he would do that. He would call people. He would have callers call in and say, "Please call my boyfriend and tell him to get out of bed." And Inus, Don Inus, would dial the number, and this poor guy on the other end would answer the phone. Hello. And Inus, on the top of his lungs, would scream, "Wake up!" And that was his shtick on the on the commute time in the morning. I thought it was pretty cruel, but <laughs> got him points. So he was well rated. So anyhow, so that's what we will do. We will call and say, "Wake up!" The other thing I have for you before I go is I missed uh, the the awful show last night, so I don't know what it was. I can't comment on that. So I missed it. And I don't know what it was either because we do a bunch. And no, it would have been the one that you did last week. The one. The oh, it would have been Cy and Elmer. Okay. Oh boy, you missed a dandy. Oh, I missed a good one. It sounds like oh my. Oh, you missed a dandy. Oh my. Would you like me to drop box the little show to you? Why not? 
Okay. Some of them need a preamble about why they are in the awful show collection. Okay. Not explain explain my position or defend my position in some cases, like with Richard Diamond. But this one needs no explanation. How many have how how many have you we done? Have you got a number by the three four years? Well, well yes. Um, we have done once a week, and some of them have been doubled up. Right, right. We have been doing these since. January of 2013. Oh my goodness, I missed a few then. So, so we might, so we could be easily up to 70, 80, maybe 100 or so. Sure. So we could have Larry Dropbox them all to complete your your, your preamble, your postambles, and my and they share. <laughs> <laughs> that way you can have them all. You can have them off. You can you can Dropbox them to family members that want to hear them. Oh gee me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good. Um, my files had, um, well, that's right, because Larry would have just the audios. The files that I have are the audios plus the. Well, um, right, but see, I, I think so many people, yeah. I, I have heard so many people say, I just tune in just to hear Patricia preamble, and they go off and have dinner. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy those. I yeah. really do. Now, what, did, what, 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 what do we call the postamble, Patricia? Epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think the post amble sounds better, don't you? Well, yeah, the post amble. We'll, we'll do a prologue and an epilogue. How's that? I like preamble and post amble. Understand post amble. You know, that's really interesting. If we have a preamble, why don't we have a post amble? Why do we have an amble at all? Well, because we're ambling. I do that sometimes. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Rambling with yeah. Patricia. That can sound quite, you know, young gambling. Uh, and... The other thing, Walden, yeah. yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, there was a gentleman out there in, in your state of mine, no, state, who uh, did a very nice tribute uh, to Kitty Callen yesterday. Uh, nice well, I, I guess you, you let Larry know he, he got so busy, he didn't get a chance to let me know, and uh, I, I'm glad. I am, I'm really surprised how fast the word got out, because I knew probably about eight hours before the national oh, media. Cool. And I, I thought, when, see, I knew Bob Hastings passing three days before the national media oh. did. So I, was, I thought it was really interesting how the timeline worked out. Well, so. well he played about two songs an hour yesterday. And did, did, he, did he play Kitty's song that he hated? Yes, he did actually. I like it. I know she just hated it, but she I said. I thought she did a wonderful job. I know, I know. Well, I'm from Hawaii, agrees with you, but she. It was wonderful. She it was number four in the country, and she hated the song, and she did it to save a person's job. And I, chop on the moonlight, everybody. She just couldn't. She did it's not a like that. A wonderful job on it. It was beautiful. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Well, um, what can I say? I know, I know. <laughs> uh, also, he did play a coloring book, and I think she did a wonderful job on that. Also, I was her favorite song, actually. I, and I and I think of all the versions out there, I think uh, even well, uh, she even outranked Barbara Streisand. Well, 
on oh, that. I, I didn't. I wasn't very enamored with Barbara's Rouge, by the way. You know, Cities was great, and so was Sandy. Um, oh, who was it? Same time. Uh-huh. About the same time they were out. And it was very good, also. But two good versions of it. It's a great song. It's a. It it's, is a wonderful. It's song. It's a really, really a great is. song. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's wonderful. So that's it. Um, I, I think I I think I need to go so somebody else can get in. Um, You're not gonna check the roof just to see if you don't have any of the water puddles around the house. That's what we're doing. Uh, no, roof's okay. Roof okay. Roof. Roof okay. Roof. Roof. Good. Roof. Roof. Good. roof. <laughs> All right, Ron. Happy roof. Right, you guys. Happy roofing. Yeah, there you go. You guys take care. All right, you too. Happy <laughs> roofing. <laughs> Larry just sent an email that he has 147 weeks of shows, and that includes the repeats. And there have been quite a few repeats. So, well, see you, Larry. So get drop. You can drop them all to Patricia, and she can give them away as prizes. <clears throat> yeah, I have a pretty good collection of all this stuff. <laughs> now, I, however, we, we can build this up a little bit. Yeah. Because some of the weeks had two she can, 15 minute episodes of different programs. And she can autograph them, too. She will? Yeah, you can autograph a file, can't you? Well, okay. I no. Um, yeah, I I would have to scan it. I could sign something and scan it and then send it. Ask me if I'm going to do it. Uh, Patricia. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, nurse. Is it gonna? It'll come with your autograph photo, right? With the with the with the awful show. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, we will do that. We will do that. Hello, Carl. You're on the air. Hi there. Gary, you from Wisconsin. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I was wondering if you put you catch it. Well, I had to. I had to think what who. who I had to think who who had a great fall shuttle right the there. Great white noise. I know. I know. You're doing good. Now, now, Gary. I think if you can do the high fall shuttle, give me a base. Can you do a base for me. Yeah, that's not bad. What do you think, Patricia? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. We'll fix you. <laughs> when oh my. I, when oh I my. when I used to sing, I, but I, I've lost my singing voice. Uh, I used to have a five octave range. Really? My goodness. I I could hit all of them, <laughs> but no. You you right up there with the ink spot, huh? The, the guy who they could do the high. High whatever that high E or whatever that is. Yeah. High C. I, I, yeah, I could I could. Yeah, I D to E above high C I could hit with no problem. I thought only dogs could hear that. Uh no, <laughs> I think it's a G. G above high C. Wow. Or high high C. G above high high C. What do you think, Patricia? What could you hit when you were singing your indoor day? A baseball. <laughs> in my singing days, well, then I cannot sing. I and think I, I think you could. We could have a we could have a fundraiser and get your singing lessons if you if you doubt your ability. If you had a fundraiser, people would. This is a great idea. They would pay you for me not to sing. This is great. I'll give you $10 if you promise you won't sing for the first hour of the show. This is cool. 
What do we need funds for? Toys for Tots. Easy to sing. Well, we buddy food for Patricia for one thing. Oh no, I cannot go begging for personal stuff. We have to have um, a recipient of the donations. Okay. And you know, Toys for Tots is so special. To yeah. Us. Yeah. Okay. Bunny food too. And well, yeah, maybe they could be bunny food. That would be good. So, Gary, how are you doing? How is all right? No, wait, wait, wait. We need an update on the apartment. How is the apartment faring? Uh, it's just finished moving stuff in now. Um, we have a. So you've got is everything finished? Like you've got an honest to goodness whole and complete bathroom now? Yes, we do. <gasps> oh, that's so work. cool. The flooring's all down, and 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 you're too exhausted to enjoy it at the moment. Um, there's a few things that are not exactly. They don't really look really nice, but um, but uh, uh, it. Um, oh God, mine just. I just lost my mind. I don't know where it went to. It better than being outside. Can look for mine as well. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that, the only thing that's not getting fixed because I talked with the landlord the yesterday is the refrigerator. He said he's put too much money in up here already. So the. So does the refrigerator work? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the 70s uh green color and uh it runs like 90 percent of the time so oh dear i'm going to not good whenever i get my next electric bill and i'm going to look at it and i'm going to figure out how much of that electric bill is the refrigerator and i'm going to send him the bill so or i want to talk to him about it <laughs> I think maybe talk, yeah. Well, well, maybe they, you know, a lot of times utility company can take a survey and maybe give you a quick estimate. That's oh, just, yeah, well, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, that's what I would call. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I, I don't know. How would they separate out of an energy gobbler because it's not operating properly? Well, I guess if you gave them a list of all of the items you have, well, I can tell you, for example, people have a ceiling fan here. They're very popular, and they can tell you how much it costs to run a ceiling fan for how many hours a day. So they might be able to extract what they know is normal well, from your bill, and uh, what's left is the refrigerator. I'll hear what they do out in California. The utility company will come to your house to give you an estimate, and they'll try to reduce your electric bill by 20 to 25% by making some recommendations. So let the electric company go knock on this. That's door. what I'm thinking. No, I just yeah, I should I should call the electric company instead. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if they'll come anytime soon, because um, we're currently at 15 degrees and it's snowing. And uh, we're supposed to have a high. Tomorrow of eight degrees, <laughs> a low of minus eight. Oh my. Monday of 
Monday is 7 with a low of minus 9. Eight. I have to go get my bunny slippers. I'm getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, that, what the suggestion of mental thought or whatever that is, you haven't, you're oh, making Patricia gosh, cold. Yes. Oh, suggestion, the power of suggestion. The hourly forecast for the next two days is, uh, well, right now we're at 15% chance of snow. But after six in the morning, it's it's five percent chance of snow for the next two days. So five percent means eh, nothing. <laughs> it means the weatherman is a weasel. <laughs> you know, those are the kinds. Those are the things yeah. I used to call weasel words. You know, well, approximately or maybe or. I believe those are weasel words. Trying to weasel out of it keeps the keeps the weather person out of trouble. If it snows, you can say, "Well, I told you it was five percent." Or now, now I hear them when they that latest thing the last five years and when they, in front of the congressional hearing. I recollect, you know, I I oh, oh my goodness, uh, as I remember. Yes. No, I don't want, as you remember, I want to know what happened. (laughs) I think, I don't want to hear I think, I believe. I don't want to hear I believe. Everybody has to watch Judge Judy one time. Just one time. That woman is brutal. (laughs) She is just brutal. I heard she's making... She's a read my lips person. I I asked you for the date. I heard that she... we were going downtown. I asked you for the date. I hope she makes pretty good money. I bet she does. Yeah. And truly, you know, she's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't watch it often, but once in a while I'll trip into it. And if I do, I stay there. <clears throat> and if you call me, I'll answer the phone, but I won't like it. It's a good uh, show. Uh, the, um, the awful show from last night. Yeah. That show. Yes. Was so, so, so bad. <laughs> Which <laughs> I've redeemed myself. <laughs> I am so glad I have so redeemed bad. myself. Which, which was it? That was the one. Was it the guy who whistled through his teeth when he talked? Yes. Yeah, it's the uh, Lumden and Abner knockoff. <laughs> uh, okay, that was Cyan Elmer. Yeah. Yes, yes. And when he talked and pronounced his S's, they came out with a whistle. Which gives me goosebumps for not so the good reason. I want it. You you want what? I want the collection. She wants the, she <laughs> the, the size. Yeah. <laughs> I have to hear more. I did. I started putting these together one time, and I've got two different folders, and now I'm working on a third folder. So I'll I'll have to do that. So no, it's, I, it's, I guess I wants some. He wants some. He he wants to t- he wants to torture himself I, with the series. Okay. Have you ever listened to Snowville's Guesses yet, Patricia? Have I listened to say that one again, please? Snow Village Sketches. I never heard of it. You know, two two I, two. I should have heard of it, huh? It's two New Englanders. You know, so mm-hmm. it's it's. I, I've, uh, you know, said. Are they also trying to be Lemonheads? Well, I don't know. That's why I've I've heard samples. I haven't heard a full show. 
So I just want to meet. Detectives Black and Blue, and then we've got Cyan Elmer, and what? There was another pair we had. Do you recall? They were trying uh, to Jack, solve a mystery. Oh, a mystery. Now, well, I don't know. Somebody tried to knock off the mayor or something. <laughs> it was really stupid. And another one. That's what was A show that got their detective badges through the mail. Hmm. That's, that, was, that was the two episodes from last night. Ah. And that repeats on uh, the Red Network at 5 o'clock or 5.30 uh, Central. On Sunday? On Sunday morning. I knew I knew underscore Bill was dropping some of those things in, so everybody can. Yeah, that's for a long time. That's when I was able to hear it. Wow. Because that's when I was awake. Sure. I've gotten I've gotten switched a little bit now. I go to bed about three o'clock in the morning now. <laughs> oh, we're teaching you. We're this is good. We will change the world. All right. Okay. That's a great question. We should ask this. We should ask, we should have asked Ron. Okay, what is the perfect clock, Gary? What is your perfect clock? If you had if you had to choose, what time the right time to start the day and end the day? Oh, man, ten yeah ten a.m. Uh huh. And shut down about two a.m. Two a.m. Okay, Patricia. With about three naps in between. Three naps. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's a winner of a schedule. Okay, mine. My ideal schedule. Um, well, you know, it's tough. I would like to be up at 10 o'clock, but I don't like to go to bed before 6. <laughs> there is not a marriage there. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. That's, that's eight hours, you know, get, get up at 10 p.m., go to bed at 6 a.m. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds good to me, too. You sleep 18? No, 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 no. I, get up at 10, I mean, get up at 10 a.m. and then kind of swing around and go to bed at 6 a.m. So that only leaves four, four hours, hours of sleep, and you, I, I you, really you, need more than you, Okay, we, we need you to have a I couple. Have, I have finished my, I've done my stints with four hours. Okay, we need you to have a couple of naps in there, then. And you're not a nap person. Yeah, you, you. I'm not a nap person. I get cranky when I have to wake up more than one time in a day. Well, don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see, now, see, for me, I think 5 p.m. is the right time of the day to start things. To start a day. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I enjoy a little bit of daylight in my day. That's overrated. So that's, I, o- it's, that's overrated for me. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. We're, we're, this is going to be great. How, how many hours do we have left? Okay, this is good. This is good. we got about four hours left here. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, if we... Kid, uh, how many hours a day... It, it's on Mars. I think it's 32 hours. Holy so cats. 32 hours? Yeah. At a clip? Oh my goodness, we'd never make it up there. And Mm-mm. then you then you could you know. Do they have a seven day week, or are they do they shrink it down to four or something? I don't remember for sure. I and I, you know, don't hold me for sure that you know Mars is 
runs at 32 hours, but... It sounds pretty good. You hold your feet to the fire on this one. <laughs> you know, um, but I know there, there are a couple of plants that have a longer day than we do. And, mm-hmm. Uh, I never knew that. I can't tell you. I can't tell you which ones, but are the, I know. Are the shorter are, are the ones of shorter days than we do? Um I think Mercury. I think Mercury's just like ten hours a day or something like well, that. Well technically is our day supposed to be twelve hours. Um I don't know, I don't think so. I mean why else our day? Yeah, um, that's what. Well, uh, why else do we have 12 a.m. to 12 p.m.? Why do we got the a.m. and p.m. in blocks of 12? Um, because for I don't remember for a couple of minutes. That's exactly how the calendar runs. So there. Oh, that's a good answer. That's, the, <laughs> that's what the calendar says. So no, there. No, so there. I thought uh, it was the answer. So there. Well. Um. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> no, so How many I mean, times did your mom ever say that to you? Never. She'd never say that. Never. To, never. Oh, gee. It was a mantra in our house. Mom, why is this? Because I said so. You you and Barbara could have a conversation on the rest of, of uh, pet phrases at your house, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we could. If I remember, remember correctly, the reason why we have seven days is... Uh, I want to say it goes back to King James. Well, of course, the Bible. Oh, the, 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 yeah. the Bible had said seven days. The seven days the Lord will rest. You know, he rested on the seventh day. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, but uh, technically, what do we really have? Do we have a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night? Or is it really, you know, most people clock it would say, what? 14, 16, do they count from, you know, sunrise to sunset? one of those nights again, aren't we? We haven't had those in a while. We might as well. What do you think? We have one every week. It's just the degrees that changes. That's the topic. You know, I mean, whoever... On the first day of summer... Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, summer's the longest... No, okay. So it's the the first day of spring and the first day of fall... It's basically 12 hours each. And then the first day of summer is, um, what is it, 16 hours of, of sunlight? Well, I'm trying to think. It, it, that's the longest day, right? The 21st of December. first of December, it's, the, uh, it's just the opposite. It's 16 hours of, of dark. So if you average all out, do we have just 12 hours a day then? Oh, yeah, if you want to technically do it, yeah, we got 12 hours of dark and 12 hours of light. But with the earth rotating and t- tipping and bouncing and whatever it does, you know. Yeah. It, okay. uh, uh, June solstice. Let's see. Now, see, I bet you, I bet you this is one of these terms that the average day, Gary, Patricia, and Walden, our definition of a day a day is different than the scientific designation that Patricia's hooking up. Yeah, well, see, and you know, when I go to bed and then get up, then it's the next day. I know. If I go to bed at 10 o'clock in the morning, it's still the day 
I haven't been to bed from yet. But see, I, in my mind, I can't hit at midnight, no matter if I'm up or down. Okay. You know, that's how I do it. Okay. You don't believe it. You don't like that. Yeah, whatever. What is? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gary, what about you? Are you like Patricia? Do you, is the next day the day you get up, or is it the next day when you look at the clock? Um, midnight. Yeah, okay, you're a midnight guy. Really? Midnight clock watcher. at huh. 12.01, uh -huh. or if you want to go military time, 0001. Right. It's, that's the next day. See, I'm wondering if Patricia doesn't abide by that. She doesn't look at a clock. She only looks at a clock when it's on her computer. <laughs> I, I'm, and I don't wear a watch and stuff like that there. You don't wear shoes. I don't wear shoes. I love rabbit food. And that's my entire life history. May I say something? I don't wear shoes normally either. It's just... Must you? May I say... <laughs> May I say something? I'll say I'll. You tell me what it is, and then I'll tell you if you can. I'll say a kindness, love, and respect. Ah, uh, and and obey the Girl Scout. Rules. Yes, yes, yes. I'll, can't, may I say it? Oh, that wasn't it. Not yet. Okay. All right. Patricia. Yes, Walden. You are unique. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's the nicest thing someone could say. You're not normal. If you were normal, we wouldn't listen. <laughs> Gosh. That's a good point. Thank you. That's, that's the absolute perfect thing to say. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> perfect. Just perfect. Okay, do you want one of my nutty questions tonight? The 48 questions? Yeah, give one to Gary. Yeah. yeah. All right, we, we have categories. One of them is totally random. We've got life story, travel. Who would ask as an, as an icebreaker your life story? <laughs> there, these are categories of questions. Life story, travel, food, entertainment, work, and totally random. I think they are totally nuts. <laughs> However, which uh, category would you like? Oh, let's go entertainment. Okay. Really? Okay. Um, this is an icebreaker. What books... And, uh, forget it. <laughs> okay. Are there any apps on your phone that you cannot live without? Oh. I don't have a phone that has apps. Thank you. Neither do I. Neither do I. Okay. I mean, yeah, I do. I got... Um, Can I do without any of these? Um, yeah, let's see. I can. Yeah, I don't need what, YouTube. What one phone. can you not do without? The clock. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't need any of these. I mean, I've got the a web browser, uh, YouTube, um, Yahoo, email, Gmail, but I don't need them on my phone. I, I use my. My computer does all that for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I... I have a phone that I can't even dial. I mean, I had to look at <laughs> check. I use it so frequently that the last time I used it, I had to look at it and say, which do I press to turn it on? 
that's how sophisticated my equipment is. Okay. I do have two apps on here that I can't do without. Uh, One is okay. the camera. And they are? My camera and mm-hmm. uh, the tech, tech message, uh, text message. Ah, you're a texter. Okay. I'm not. No, I'm not. I hate texting. I can't spell. Mm. But everybody else texts <laughs> me, so I've got to at least read them. Yeah. Okay, so, so so they stay in touch with you. You don't necessarily reply. Well, if I reply, I call them. See, that's smart. That's why you have a phone. A phone is to call someone. Yes, a and not the person who's is, sitting across the table from you, you know, which happens occasionally in restaurants. Go figure. Go figure. Well, Gary, you're going to have to stay warm without me because I can't help. I'm already cold just listening to you oh, talk. You do. So, <laughs> oh. oh, okay. I'm calm. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a normal show. <laughs> Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> okay. Well, that's your. those are your instructions. That's your only instruction for the entire week is to stay warm and really be safe because that kind of weather... It's dangerous. It is just dangerous. So you take care of you and your family and stay warm. A jacket, that will take care of me there. A jacket. I would put a jacket on my teddy bear. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. (laughs) No, for me, I get get wrapped. Mm -mm. I look like the Michelin tire commercial. Not comfortable, but it at least keeps you from freezing. So so you be safe and have a good week, and maybe we'll get to talk to you next week. Yeah, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Okay. You have a good week, Gary, and thanks for calling. All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. 714. Tom in New York who signs in his Tom, I listen, but do not call. Yes. He said that the first... Um, bunny bars he saw, first salad bars, uh-huh. were in the late 60s, oh. and he saw sneeze guards around 1971. Huh. So they've been around a long time. Well, maybe they, you know, they, they, they must come from New York, you know? What can I say? Hey. You know? What can I tell you? I always you know, thought, I got thought, the, I thought, thought yeah, there. but I always thought California was the cutting edge place, but I guess not in you the know, salad bar. Something like that, I'll bet it did originate in California. And I, went, I, I had to do an interview one time, and they were talking about a grazing bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> I did not know what grazing was. Uh, but that was a California trend thing that moved out. Hello there, Carl. You are on air. Yes, I like a wake-up call for 5.30 a.m. <laughs> you like one, huh? I, I would. I bet, I, I bet we could do that. I bet you could, too, if you really wanted to. I, I think you could. Bye. Yes, you said you were placing wake-up calls, weren't you? <laughs> I do it for Patricia. blooming business here. You do, absolutely. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we, we could have Patricia saying, good morning, good morning, how are you? I mean, we, we could really make a bundle on this. Good morning, that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll get him out of bed. Ten cents a call? You know, ten dollars. Ten dollars. Go back to sleep after that one. Ten dollars a call or something like that. Um, 
Yes. Good morning. Good morning. But my rates are reasonable. Seven cents. Don't <laughs> <laughs> buy me a cookie. <laughs> have my daily cookies. Uh, this is Dan in Indiana. How in the world are you? Well, we're doing fine right now. It's 52 degrees. By this time tomorrow night, maybe down to 15 degrees. Oh, man. With, uh, oh, wow. Snow coming in. We've got snow coming in about 4.30 in the morning, lasting for three hours, and we might get a, a good dusting to two inches of snow. Are you going to be Are you going to be on the road during that time, Dan, or or you don't have to be going to work at four in the morning or some crazy thing? Yeah, no, no crazy stuff. At okay. This point, okay. The roads are wet right now. I bet they are. So where? Well, who can we blame? Is it coming from Canada? Is it coming from us over here in California? Where? Where's all the wet stuff coming from? I think it came out of California. Yeah. You, did, did you have rain earlier in the week? Like, yep. Yeah, we've been here for a week. Thing? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we're shipping yeah, it all over I think over it's there. coming from California. Mm. Well, I don't know. It's our gift to it's our gift to America. <laughs> Raising yep. and rain. Yes. Yes. Jim, did you know when you first heard the word grazing associated with eating? Did you know what it was? Okay, so again, grazing, you grazing, said what now? Like, like cows would do in the field, grazing became yes, yes. a hit in restaurants and bars where they had grazing bars. People would just I, move along a line and pick out a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They kind of grazed their way through the evening, and they called it grazing. I thought, what a disgusting term for dinner, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You were asking about salad bars. Um, mm -hmm. I, I first we we had salad bars in we had a small salad bar in in my high school in my mm -hmm. in the high school cafeteria. So that was about 1981. I think the okay. salad bars, you know, really. I think they started in like steakhouses in the 70s. I I but mm -hmm. I remember seeing like uh, we used to be a. A, like a real inexpensive steakhouse called Sizzlers, which put out pretty good meals. Oh yeah, we had Sizzlers there too. And that's what I remember. We did. The, I remember that's yeah. why I remember the salad bars opening in Sizzlers. You know. Uh, well, whoever did it did good. That's right. And well, and there were Ponderosas too. Do you do you remember the Ponderosa steakhouses? We did have a Ponderosa here. We never had one. Oh. I think they pre. I, well, you know, there was one here in Indiana that I knew of down in Tell City, and and that has recently closed, I believe, within the last year. So mm -hmm. I haven't seen an advertisement for a Ponderosa in over two years at this point. Okay. They may have no they may have gone bankrupt at this point. Well, let's not spread rumors. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just telling you, I haven't seen any. So who was the first all-bunny food plantation then? I'm wondering, I was out here in California where I mean, we call it soup plantation. And I think in, in, during Florida they call them, what, sweet tomatoes or something like that. So I'm wondering who was, mm -hmm. the, fir who was the first one that did that 
kind of setup. Yeah, um, Plantation is a spinoff of sweet, sweet potatoes, sweet tomatoes. <laughs> I had a sweet potato I'm going to have during our break. Yum, 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 yum. Um, so I, Plantation, I think, went to a more traditional setting with regular type food and not really a concentration on the salad bar. But even at Sweet Tomatoes, we have this huge salad bar. I mean, it's got everything. By the time you get to the croutons and the cheese and the olives, you don't have any more room on your plate. Um, but they also have things like... Um, that's how our soup plantations are set up. We don't have... Okay, so there you go. So, Dan, do you have any... And by the way, um, Ponderosa Steakhouse is still flying. Really? Are they really? Got here. Well, it's got menu and locations. Let's see where the, it does have a little sign in here that says closed in Fort Myers. But, um, <laughs> Are there any locations in Indiana anymore? Well, let us see here. It looks like they've got a map with these, you know, red dots, but they all cluster together, so it looks like somebody with a paintbrush threw a lot of red paint there. Let's see. Uh-huh. Indiana, Indiana, Indiana. 23 matches, Indiana. Ooh. There we go. We've got Princeton. Vincennes, uh-huh. Washington, Indianapolis, uh-huh. um, Scottsburg. Okay, so there is and one we're Scottsburg. Working our way down the list here. Just a moment. Um, Madison. Yeah, Madison. I wonder if they clustered these. Should I just read them in? Oh yeah, they did. Silly hmm. name. Oh no, they didn't. Uh, Greenfield. Okay. Yeah, it looks like you've got about 20 of them there. South Bend, oh, good. Wabash, Plymouth. We could, when, when you come up here, we could go down to the Red Skelton Museum and we could eat at Ponderosa. Oh, right. Wouldn't that be yeah. a day of it? Wow. Yes, have a big old time. Okay, we'll put you down on the list. We won't even pencil you in. We'll use a pen. By the way, why my answer to ancestors yeah. Settled the Wabash. <gasps> really? Yep. And do we hear anything about the Wabash Cannonball? I don't know. I, you know, that's a great song, but I'm assuming I come from that neck of the woods. I don't know. I don't know. Up here we used to have, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of the railroad. The Orange Blossom Special? No, 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 no. It wasn't the Orange Blossom special. And we had the Ohio and the... Indiana? No. Ohio-Baltimore... Indiana Railway. Well, what um, was it? The Ohio-Baltimore line? The Reading, the Reading Rail Line? Reading Railroad, yeah. yeah. And CSX and... um, what What's the one that had the word Pacific in it? Union Pacific? Union Pacific? Union Pacific, yeah. There was a movie yeah. on that. I think there were, used to be one called the Moline that went up in Iowa. Have you so been... we should look up railroads. Yep. Okay, Have... now that we found a Ponderosa for you, let's look up railroads. Okay. Dan, <laughs> Dan, have you been to the um, 
Red Skelton Museum in Vincennes yet, or have you taken a tour? I have not. I, that's on my bucket list okay. of things to do. I might okay. do that here in the next couple weeks. Okay, that'd be great. Yeah. You want me to do an on-spot report? I would love an on-spot report. <laughs> See if you can break in at 10, and, 10 at night and give us a report. No will love that. Yes. Well, if not, if not, maybe, may, yeah, if not, maybe you can give us a walking tour. We'll just walk around with your phone, and we can record you describing everything. Well, I did for the Rosemary Clooney exhibit, yeah. exhibit you know, yeah. so the White Christmas. Sure. Yes. That was pretty cool. Wasn't that pretty cool? That was pretty cool. That's right. right. Let me see here. Did you ever get a package from Walden, the elf? Or is well, the elf on the shelf? I do not have it yet. I, I will call Walden when I retrieve it, and Walden can call you and let you know it. But I'm not allowed to open it until Saturday, right? That's right. I was hoping you might open it tonight. But if it, oh, is it, where, where is this? Where is this package? Is it still in California, or is it in Florida, or is it... <laughs> well, Patricia... Asking, but, is it in Texas, or what are we doing here? Patricia's been on the road, so she hasn't climbed over to the mailbox, you know, it's a really big deal to get to the mailbox, and, but I'm assuming it's, if it's, it might be in the state of Florida by now. It's probably in the state of Florida. When I came home, when I drove home the other night, past the mailboxes, I had an urgency that prevented me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the road for a few hours, and you do not drink a bottle of water and a bottle of Pepsi you mean, without having a consequence. You mean there was that famous song that uh, the White Knight had in 1976? Daddy, I gotta go. Daddy, I gotta go. You you were having one of those movements. <laughs> one of those movements. No, <laughs> no, and I never heard that song. Oh, you never heard that. Oh, you remember? Right. Remember in the mid 70s there were all these trucker songs. Well, I think you're thinking of uh, Giddy Up Go. Well, that was Red. That was Red uh, Savine. But the White Knight, he had two songs. You know, you know, when he had the White Knight, he was tracking down the, the White... White... The White Knight was done by Cletus Maggard. Right. He was a, uh, a stage name for an, for an actual, you know, singer. Right. So I bought that album because that was a fun record. Because the disc jockey had the really long version, and we, poor customer, only had the short version of the White Knight. And yes. but there's also a song on the album, Daddy Gotta Go, Daddy Gotta Go. It's sort of like it, it was the story where the guy, where the um, the guy took his family on a vacation, and and everything you heard in the back seat, Daddy Gotta Go. So he had to pull over every gasoline station to make sure <laughs> the kid could go. It's <laughs> getting warm. <laughs> I, I, I have oh not heard this song. I'll have oh to pull it up. Oh, my gosh. I take him to the hotel, and the guy is on the phone. <laughs> and then he comes and says, I haven't done this for a while. Now, let me see. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> this is not good. Oh, gosh. I know. I wonder, is, is he still around? The white, the, as you mentioned, Dan, is he still around? I believe he is. And what, did he went by the name of the White Knight? Yep. That's how we knew him by. Well, his name was, his his stage name was Cletus Maggard. You know, kind of a takeoff on Merle Haggard. Cletus Maggard, mm -hmm. there it is. Okay, the White Knight. And 
and he's a he's a legitimate musician. I just forget his name offhand. <laughs> I just always call him the White Knight because I was the famous, you know, remember the race of the trucking songs. Do you see his name there? Yeah, Cletus Maggard. So I'm yeah, going to put that read, in. Read on down there. Let me see. Instead of the White Knight, I will put in his name. And let's see what comes up. He died. He is. He really? Yeah. Recently? Eight. My gosh. He was born in 1940. That would be... 68? 68. 68. See, that's kind of young. Well, hmm. a lot of guys who made... He's a... younger, and yet, you know, 100 is young. At this, yeah. You know, with so many people... Remember, a lot of those guys in the 70s had those trucking songs. Had, uh, was it C.W. McCall? I yeah. think he's gone now. Mm-hmm. He was the one that had Convoy. That was a big hit around 70. Oh, wow. And, and don't, don't forget Teddy Bear. Teddy Bear, that's a great song. Yeah, that, that one will make you cry. Yeah, yeah. Red Red, Savoli, Red Savine, and I looked at he's gone now. Uh-huh. Uh, Dave Dugley had trucking songs. There was that whole race. Trucking songs and CB songs were all sort of the race I remember on the country stations for a while. That's right, back in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you imagine mm-hmm. Patricia having a CB call? I think she would be Jim Danny, don't you think, Dan? Her uh, driving around town. She would. She needs a CB in her car if she's doing all this traveling here. Yeah. Peppermint Patty. Peppermint Patty. Don't ever call me Patty. We <laughs> 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 have to cross that one off the list. Peppermint Patricia doesn't make it. That will never do. So how many miles did you drive this week? Um, not not an awful lot. I spent more trying to find the hotel than I I told Walden on the phone. You know, I use a GPS in an unfamiliar area. And, I mean, it's not like I was traveling to the other end of the earth. It's about two and a half miles from here. But it's in an area I've never been before. How about, two, how about so two and a half hours? How about two and a half hours? What did, oh, what did I say? Two, two and, and a half miles? miles, yeah. No, it was longer than that. <laughs> it really, really was. Um, so about two and a half hours, yes. So I, I set the gps and i checked it and it said okay nine miles and then four miles okay you know i'm seeing signs here and it said make a u-turn which i did came down a block and it said you have reached your destination which i think is kind of cute they do that at a four-way intersection you have no idea which corner your your destination is on but i'm sitting there this is AutoZone. (laughs) i'm looking for a hotel but this AutoZone. I said, well, I must have misset something. So I went back to the copy and paste address that I had on a piece of paper. And I had entered it correctly, so I just hit it again. And I kept coming back to AutoZone. <laughs> I said, I cannot sleep on mufflers. I do not know how to do that. So I stopped, and there were two guys in AutoZone. I said, help me find this particular hotel. And one of them said, man, I never heard of it. Did you live here? He said, yeah, but I never heard of it. <laughs> and the other guy says, oh, you have to go way down past the hospital. So I don't remember passing the hospital. He said, no, no, it's way down, way down. I said, how far is way down? Way down. I said, mm, okay, I'll go way down. Well, I went way down, and I didn't find anything, so I came way back up and finally found someone who knew where I was going. But 
I kept going to AutoZone. Isn't that incredible? Did you have a phone How number you could have called and said? Did you did you have a phone number where you could call? I I yeah, except my cell phone was dead. Oh okay. Your cell phone was dead, but you still had the GPS. Yes. Okay, so you have a separate GPS device. Yes. Okay. So what what I really should have done was, and you're right, just pull into a parking lot and pull out the GPS and plug in my recharger and plug the battery, you know, plug the phone in, and I could just talk on the car battery. It didn't have to be charged for that. So I should have done that. You're right. So did you have the correct address, or was there a different address? Could you help me get there? And and they ask, well, where are you? And the answer is, I don't know. (laughs) I can read road signs, though. I could have given them a road sign. Yeah, that's right. I I just called and say I'm at the auto zone. Yeah. Well, it was only about nine miles off. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Desk. I said, you know, I had the darndest time getting here. I went right up by Walgreens. He said, well, that's not too far. I said, not that one. The one up farther than that. Now, you know, drugstores are pretty far apart. But and there's anyway. I, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, I thought most drugstores were four on every corner, you know. Yeah, but the same, like, both of them were Walgreens. I was, it, yeah. He said, well, the Walgreens isn't too far. I said, not that one. The one way up. So there were two Walgreens there. Anyhow, I got there. That's my story. I am sticking to it. Well, and my uncle Jim said there was a little air. They built in into the commercial uh, GPS system a little air device anyway. Because it can't be as accurate the military GPS. So I guess in your case, it was nine miles off. That's all. Just a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. And it was an established address. It's not like, you know. So as I was leaving, I got the number of the building next door. So I'll put in that number because I know I'll know where I'm going next on uh, Monday. But I'll see how she drags me there. Are you staying at the same place this week as you did last week? Yes. Good. Okay. So maybe yes. you can find it. <laughs> I'll know where it is. As long as you get me on US 27, I'm cool. <laughs> I know. It only goes one way. Well, that's not true. Yeah. I mean, it goes two ways, but I'm only pointed one way. Just make sure that you're going the same way as everybody else. Don't be unique. Now, I've heard you're unique. Don't be unique yes. when you come to driving yes. now. There are some places where it is inappropriate. You're right. That's you're right. right. So tell me about your week. What happened this week? You should have had no. time for you this week. Mm, the other morning I had two bicentennial meetings before noon, so that was one thing that kept me busy, and you know, just trying to get some loose ends tied up here. So, Are you ever going to have a day where you wake up and say, good morning, day, what are we going to do today? <laughs> Will you ever have one of them before you have Hoping- to go back yeah, I'm hoping maybe in the ne- maybe this coming week I might get away, but it's kind of like I, I I want to get caught up on a few things before I really get back into a heavy workload. But you know, 
I might take a day off and go someplace. I met with I a uh, lady. I hope so. Do we have yep. to do an itinerary for you? Uh, sure. Now that would be fun. Okay, I have to go to the map first, right? Yes, you'll have to go to the map first. No, I had a nice conference. I had a nice meeting with the lady who's coming down. They're putting on a teacher conference in October. Uh-huh. And, yeah, with the Indiana Historical Society. So that was very nice to have met the lady. And I'm lining her up with some different actors to portray some historic figures. So that was it. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just fun little activities like that. Okay, well, I've got in front of me, let's see. Yes. Click here to view in calendar format. We can do this. Oh, We've boy. A whole calendar of events in Cordon, Indiana. Yes. Wait, what is Southern? No, this can't be right. What's that now? can't be right. The whole calendar is filled with the phrase Southern Fried Funeral. Hmm. Oh my gosh. It looks like an eatery. Hold on. Funerals are not the best and the worst. A big-hearted comedy about... Oh, good grief. Oh, oh, that's up at Derby Dinner Playhouse in Clarksville. There it is. That's it. Yes. Yes, it's starting next week. That one sounds really interesting. Can we put that one on your list? Yeah, that I, I heard the advertisement on the radio for that. That does sound pretty interesting. But <laughs> it's a takeoff on you know um, southern funerals and you know how people bring food, you know, and they have a wake. I have never heard of anyone being able to build a comedy around what is really a comedic situation, but nobody talks about. Yes. Yes. I mean, you cannot have a blowout funeral without having stories to talk about. Mm-hmm. It, it's just right. part of the package. That's right. Hmm. Well, Walden, should we put Southern Fried's funeral on our list? I think In left. Creek Winery on Saturday. I think um, left. Walden left us all alone here. Is he out eating again? He's out eating again. He's getting he a piece of cheese. He is out eating again. Okay. Well, you know, it's so cold this time of the yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Into the Woods, March 9th, Into the Woods. What is that? That's uh, a... Oh, the Broadway a, musical hit. It's a... It's a I have that's no idea what it is. The Grimm fairy tales. Oh... It was made into a movie, and they're doing they're doing play productions of it too. Wowzers! It has a score that was written by Stephen Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Broadway had a show, and it was very very popular. I don't know what was in it, but it was called Side by Side by Sondheim. It has such yeah. a musical title to it. It had to be fabulous. I don't know what it was though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I may try to get down to the Red Skelton Museum here this next week. That'll be fun. Do they rotate exhibits? I don't know if they do or not. You've been there before. Are you going to see something different, do you think? No, I have not been there at all. 
I did not know that. I thought you had been there. Okay, well, that's your assignment. You go to the museum. How far is it from you? It's about, it's anywhere from two to three hours, I believe. That's a hefty distance. Yeah. We'll have to see how deep the snow gets. Oh, gee. (laughs) (laughs) Or how thick the ice is. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Yes. Oh, my. And, you know, it sounds like your weather, even though you have weather reports, it's so finicky. It's almost unpredictable in some times. Well, you know, right now it's 52, and like by this time tomorrow night it'll be in the teens. So, you know, that's a good 40-degree drop right there. Wow. Wow. I mean, I mean that, that is you, a lot. Okay. Well, I couldn't wait for you to call in because you're going to have one of my Break the Ice questions, one of the 48 titled, this is 48 questions that will make awkward small talk so much easier. And yeah, I would I, be mortified to ask any of these of another person. <laughs> so we have, yeah, it's terrible. We have categories of work, entertainment, food, travel, life story, and totally random. Which category how, would you like? How about travel? Travel. Hmm. No, let's I don't see. think anyone's chosen travel. But... Um, let's see. <laughs> All right, this is one I would not ask. What was the last place you traveled to, and what did you do there? Uh, let's see. Oh, well, I visited for... my husband's girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. How would you, I, I, would you would you be offended at that question as an icebreaker question? I don't believe so. No, you, that would be okay with you. Okay, how would you answer it? Well, did I hear the right question? You said, "Where did you travel last? Last, and where did you go?" Is that the question? And and what did you do there? And what Where's did the I do? I went. Did you travel to? And what did you do there? Yes, I went to Frankfort, Kentucky, to see the Rosemary Clooney exhibit. The White Christmas exhibit. You have an answer. Good for you. Yes. I went to the Rebecca Ruth candy shop, too. Did you really? Did you buy anything? Uh, I bought some candy for for Christmas. Good deal. Good deal. Everybody needs a candy store. Walden has C's candy out there in California. You've got urban balls all over the place in Indiana, and I don't have anything. I don't think we have any. Well, we have. That's not true. We have a lot of candy stores. Well, I'm yeah. I remember you. You. I remember one of your client. Uh, you had was they basing for you the one that you had to write about the really, 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 really expensive chocolate. You are so right. Yes. Yes. Put Lady Godiva out of business. (laughs) (laughs) So expensive. Do you have Do you have candy stores? Or do you have candy factories? No, no candy factories. No, this was a small. I say small. I mean, it's a small business. When when you say small business is fifty employees or fewer, um, it's it's a one owner proprietary shop, and they make they hand make their chocolates. Oh, I see. They hand paint. They they paint little pictures on chocolate. I mean, it's just incredible. And you can leave your firstborn at the cash register. 
you go to check out. The price on these things, you know. Not, I'm, I'm trying. Thinking. I'm trying to remember the name, uh, the price. I think you told me the prices of some of the candy. It was, it was big bucks. Oh, it's exorbitant, just exorbitant. But I guess if you have two Lamborghinis in your garage and you need some place to do something decadent, a chocolate shop like that is the place to be. I mean, really, if you can afford it, and it's not going to... I think it was like a hundred... What's it? I'm trying... Oh, we're trying it's, to with a wonderful a, place to visit. I'm trying to remember it was like a hundred dollars, a candy bar, or something. It was something like that. <laughs> oh, I don't even know if they had candy bars. Yeah. Let me see. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, you make can bar- while I'm looking, you know? Did they make bar chocolate, or did they make just candy boxes of candy, candies, or what? Uh, let's see what they're up to here. <clears throat> mm. I think they're so sophisticated they don't they don't talk about what they, they don't do anything. They don't do anything in boxes. They put them inside your Lamborghini while you drive up, I guess. Yeah, well, they, they put stuff in boxes. You know now. You know out here, there's a uh, a sandwich shop in California that does a lot of advertisement, and they offer. Uh, uh, um, curbside service. Not. Yes. So if you want, if you want your subway sandwich, you can order, and they'll come do, they'll come bring it to the the curb for you to. That way you don't have to leave, go inside the sandwich shop. It'll get bring it right to you, and you you can take off. We have a drive-through at a, a, a couple of subways here. Do they offer curbside service? Well, would that be the same thing? Right. Well, Drive-through. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We even have liquor stores with curb with a that have drive-through. Really? <laughs> oh, this is great. You delivered the liquor to the car so they could drive off with a bottle. This is fabulous. Oh my gosh! What have we done in this country? Um, have no fear. Have no fear. <laughs> well, how's, how's Walden's weather in California? Well, it's been raining pretty good, and Dad's been on the roof. Fi- Fixing it, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, he's done pretty good. Yes. He's done pretty good. We've had two weeks so far that he's been cleaning, fixing, and things like that. One of them, the leak went right on to. This, the light switch, so that was just sort of a, a quick job to try to patch that puppy up. And uh-huh. Another one's been in the bathroom, and another one's been by the uh, window. But uh, he's been a good, doing a good job. We're going to have about uh, another five to six days of dry water for him to keep working on the roof and get it get it ready for the three months of rain. But, um, you know, so far, so good. Um, I think we're going to survive the drought. Well, that will be that will be good. How's the weather in Florida, Patricia? It is very fine. We had some hellacious storms come through today, which is kind of unusual for this time of the year. But it's good because we need the rain, and of course our little bushes are standing up saying, "Heat me, heat me." So 
It was, it was good, but our temperatures are good. They're cooling down in the evening. They're in the 60s and 50s at night, and in the 70s and 80s during the day. So right now, I probably have the same temperature. Oh, I'm going to be a liar. It's going to be, I'm sorry. <laughs> Next week, it's in the 60s during the day. So scratch, scratch the 70s and 80s. Who are you pulling for on Monday, Patricia? I beg your pardon? Who are you pulling for on Monday? What's Monday? Oh, well, there's a, there's a little football game on Monday. I just want to know who you'd be pulling for. Oh, is that is that the big one? Yep, it's the big college game. Oh. <laughs> college. When is Super Bowl? <laughs> February the 7th. I have to put up with this until February 7th, oh, and probably afterwards as well. Yeah, what maybe. After... No, okay. Who, who, what are my choices? Alabama. Yeah. Versus Clemson. Clemson. Okay. For sure. Okay. Okay. So now everybody knows what uh, Patricia, uh, the prognosticator, just pointed out. So. Uh... <laughs> Is that a Saturday night word or what? That's a goodie. Oh, and how many tickets do you have for tonight? What's tonight? Dan, do you have any tickets for tonight? We have tickets. I have one. You got one. Oh, the Powerball. The Powerball. And I'm wondering if it's going to hit the $1 billion mark. It was way over oh, 9. Oh, goodness. I will tell you in just a minute because it has already gone off. So, Dan, if you win, will we hear from uh, you next week? Oh, of course. Okay. I'll buy the station. <laughs> well, well, I can love you. That would be good. <laughs> I cannot believe this. We are just shy of a billion-dollar jackpot. Yes. The jackpot as of one hour ago, and that's when the numbers went off, yep. $949.8 million. So, Patricia, if you if you hit it, would you share it with the family? Oh, you bet. Okay. I'd share it with the world. I, I know you would. <laughs> I'd like to teach the world. <laughs> I could do that. Over I heard tonight, though, folks, if you want to buy all combinations with only $544 million or something like that, do that. Well, if you bought all the combinations for $544 million, you'd still be $400 million ahead. Well, they thought after ta- can they figure now after federal and state taxes, you only get half the pool, so you actually would be down $44 million. Well, that's only if you take it in a lump sum. If you take it over a 20-year period, you get more money. Uh-huh. That banks on your living for 24 years. Yeah, but years. but you have to put the 544 million up front, so you're going to be a little short for 30 years paying it off, won't you? Yeah, we don't know if there are any winners yet. Oh, okay. I can give you the numbers. You hear it first. Okay, first everybody. Tonight. Are you ready? Let's do it. The jackpot numbers were 32, 16. 19, 57, 34, and the Powerball number is 13. Woo-hoo. Bingo! Bingo! Dan Bingo. got it! All right! No, I, I think the word is... Mine's in my pocket over there. Mine's in my coat. I haven't pulled it out here. Wouldn't, so. wouldn't that be... Wouldn't, I'm, I've heard people who actually hit these lot. And waited almost a year before they cashed it in. Wouldn't that isn't that yeah. called willpower? I, I I don't know what. I I really don't know. 
I think I, I think you would want to contact here. People are are snooped on. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like a, a pack of vultures yeah. when they find out someone has sworn. If you wait a year or even six months, you're no longer in the news because they're working on the more current jackpots. Mm-hmm. So you can get away with collecting your money and not having a lot of people. But I, I can imagine, though, if somebody hit the big nine, $1 billion pool a year from now when somebody cast, walked into the local fight to... Yeah. You saying Dan, I'm sorry. That's that's an interesting point because the the store that sells the winning ticket or the location the winning ticket is sold. They get a piece of the action. And gets some money for having sold it. Right. Knowing the location of the store gives you a heads up to begin with. Well that's not really. I I bought a ticket up there. I think the store gets one percent. So that wouldn't be bad tonight. That's a lot of money. It would not be bad. Um, No, we don't have to be in the tonight. Tonight, tonight, everybody. Tonight, that would be ten million dollars for some store owner. Wow! I hope it's a little tiny mom and pop store. I really do. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I, I just love it when somebody, I mean, you know, we've had people who were, they got an eviction notice because they couldn't pay their mortgage yep. payments and they were getting out of it, and they wound up with $12 million. Yeah. Those kinds of stories, if you wrote them in a novel, a publisher wouldn't look at them, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But you, you hear these stories and they're just so wonderful, so wonderful. Right. Okay, well, I have to give you a different question here, sir. Um, because you knew the answer <laughs> to that one too quickly. I'm I'm going to take the um, position of asking a question that I want you to have. Let me see. Um, oh, I'm well, we're back. I'm gonna help you. We have. Oh, here's, here's, this is a good one. Maybe maybe I should ask this one across the board. What is what you would consider your comfort food? You want to curl up and just have the world go away. You want something to eat. What would you eat as your comfort food? Well, that's a very good question. Um, okay. Um, when you say comfort food, can it be a dish? It can be anything that you look forward to. You know, some people like chocolate. Well, some people like yeah. donuts. Would a, comfort, like- would a comfort food be defined as... When you really have a bad, bad day, what would sort of brighten, brighten the day? Would that be considered a comfort food? Uh-huh. going to make you feel better or make it make it just make make you feel better about the day. And it might not work, but you think it does. Mm-hmm. I think most people will like this. I will say pot roast with potatoes and carrots. Wow. Yeah. Oh, right. I wow. I like that. Yes. I would, I would can, go for that. That can, can, really I, is. That's, that's, that warms your inside. It warms your nose. It smells good. That's a good choice. Can I have a little horseradish on the side, Dan? <gasps> how about a little, how about a little uh, country gravy? Yeah, for my potatoes, I'll be happy that. Do what now? Is it, 
Uh huh. Is that what you're saying? Mom? Yes. Yeah. I like a little horseradish with my pot roast. My goodness. I like I like the creamy horseradish. Okay, that's extra hot. And I like I like the rough stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now see, hot horseradish I can eat and love it. Yeah. Hot mustard I can eat and love it. You cast a jalapeno under my nose and I'm in pain for 20 minutes. <laughs> so there's got to be something in the spice then. I don't know. Oh well. Anyway. I like horseradish. Yeah. I'm sure, I would like it on my pot roast. But if that's what well, what do you, what do you normally eat pot, on when do you normally what what would you put horseradish on? I would put it on what have I eaten it with? My goodness, I eat it oh with with beans, you know okay. like like baked beans. Yeah, I love horseradish with baked beans. Huh. And um, stuff like kielbasa or a smoked sausage. Okay. Oh yeah. Good stuff. How about you, Dan? If you were going to have horseradish, what would you like it to go with? I don't like horseradish. You don't like horseradish. <laughs> don't like horseradish. <laughs> take care of that. <laughs> we, we even grew it in the garden. We, I don't care for it. So you, you want gravy. You're a gravy person, then. I am a gravy person. Okay. I like gravy. Okay. Meat and gravy and lots of potatoes. Okay, now right. you grew horseradish. I know what a horseradish root looks like. What happened in your kitchen when the horseradishes were harvested? I we we basically just used them out of the uh, garden, you know, pulled them up and used them that way. And used them how? Uh, just sliced them, you know, the root. Uh-huh. I, I didn't really eat any of the horseradish. I didn't care for it. So, uh, when... It was more of a garnish. I've done this before. Um, so, you, you've got a horseradish root, and you kind of wash it and scrape the skin off, and you slice it, and... Huh? Yeah, like happens, a carrot. What, and what happens like, to the slices? How, how, did, so, how were the slices served? I think that they were just sliced, you know, and used like a carrot, you know, just eaten that way. You just ate them like a vegetable? Mm-hmm, yeah. Weren't they hot? Mm-hmm, yeah, they are. Wow. Well, you guys remember, are tough in Indiana. I remember them, you know, radishes get hot, you know, if they're if they're oh, yeah. down too long. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of, you know, a hot radish. Like a hot radish. Mm -hmm. Boy, you guys are tough. You've got tough genes in Indiana. Absolutely. Phew. Why, what do you what? do with the horse? Do you make a, do you can the horseradish? How did you? No, I, I buy it already done. Uh, you know, it's, it's, oh, okay. it's fresh and it's grated and I don't know if it's got some kind of a preservative. And I, I, I would think not. The grated kind is refrigerated. You get it in the refrigerator section. Oh, I see. Next sure, to the yeah. kielbasa and the sausage. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, yeah. so, and that's the only way I've ever eaten it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I yeah, did I not know. know. I did not know it could be a vegetable on your plate. I just never knew that. Mm-hmm. 
I learned so much on this show from everybody. Wow. We just, we never really canned it or did, did, or did anything with it. You know, we just kind of used it as, you know. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. fresh out garden. Well, now, Dan, let me ask you this way. This is an interesting question, if I say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> He's now creating his own questions. How about? Yeah, I mean a third person. Yeah, they say all these after we talk in the third person. I might as well just do that too. Yes, yes. Walden says. When you were going, when you were, yeah, when you were going on the farm, Dan, Daniel. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> were, were, there, were there things that you guys never bought from, you know, from a store that you grew? So once you left the farm, you now have to buy? Yes, beef. What? Beef. Beef. And many other things, too. I mean, you know, we when we were on the farm, we had potatoes. I mean, many things, you know, we... Many things we raised on the farm that we now have to buy. So, you know, so now primarily beef we now have to buy. We we sometimes buy beef from another farmer and have it butchered and put in our freezers. So, with beef and potatoes, once you guys moved to, lived off the farm, did it did it taste different to you? Oh yes, yes it it, it does. You know, you can still find good beef out there. Right. But if you go buy a steak in the store, it's like, oh gosh, this is horrible. Because hmm. we would feed, we would take our beef off of the grass and we would feed it, um, you know, mash mm-hmm. or grain, you know, the last six weeks, and then you get a, a corn-fed, you know, steak. Then that's really tender. Huh. Mm-hmm. So it takes you six weeks to. Make your steak turn out what you want it to be, I guess. Yes, that's right. So, how about potato? What What was the difference in quality with the potato on the farm versus in the store? Mm, we would, uh, you know, we had much bigger potatoes than you find in the store. Mm. What kind did you grow? We, uh, we raised Kennebec. Potatoes. I don't know that. Are they? That's the yellow. I'll, I'll tell yellow you what my potato. Is. Red potatoes, baked potatoes, russet potatoes, and white potatoes. Where where does that fit in? It would be a white potato. A white potato. Okay. Uh huh. And about Small, the size medium, of large. Are they are they Enough. small, medium, or large? Large. Small meaning like a full size. How about like uh, nearly mason can jar size? Ooh, big ones. You know, as big as your hand, you know, long. It's, it's yeah, bigger. that's, that's a yeah. big potato. Can, yeah. you, can you go Idaho potatoes in Indiana? <laughs> no, well, I guess you could. <laughs> but, you know, we use, you know, we use Kinnebec. You know, we also raise, I like the little red potatoes. Now, those are cobbler. You know, that's the type of potato that we raise. The cobbler, it's a red skin potato. They're now, good. you've got russet potatoes. Tasty. Russet potatoes, I think, are Idaho potatoes. How long does mm-hmm. it take to grow a potato? Yeah. Is it 30 days? How long does a potato crop take 
you know, once you plant it till you're ready to harvest them? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, basically from uh, May to, um, I'd say October, about five months. Wow, okay. Yeah. You don't sit out there with your knife and fork waiting for food to show up. I like my french fries. Where are my french fries? Let me, you know. <laughs> How do you grow french fries for Walton? <laughs> Hear me. I don't know. Hear me. I said five, five months, but you, usually it's more like three months. From May to usually the end of August, September, you know, whenever the first frost comes along here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hmm. then you have to plow or dig them out and then, you know, haul them, you know, into a storage area and, you know. Uh, so if you knew she was having a really bad streak of water in the summer, like a cold streak or something, you would do something like that to protect the crops? To do what now? Well, let's just say you're having a really bad period of weather in the summer. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to save the, the vegetables. Is that what you do? You would dig them up and probably put them in some storage unit to, to try to save them? No, no, no. I mean, you you know, once the potato vines are dying, then you would dig them out of the ground, then you would store them, you know, for the winter. Okay. Yeah. The only thing that can go wrong with the potato crop is if you put it out too early, and then if you have a late frost, the frost can, you know, uh, nip the potato vines, you know, would stunt them a bit. So you have really small potatoes. Well, you could have small potatoes, or the more more likely the potatoes would rot in the ground. Mm. You know, if it's oh. damp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that yeah, sure that makes sense. Too much rain, <laughs> it would wipe them out. That's right. So, okay, I'm going to ask one more question before we let you go. Oh boy! Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay, and I get to pick this one, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, you draw these out of a hat, or what are you doing? No, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I thought you might have been with us when I announced it. This was in a time.com newsletter. I get emails from these. I sign up for emails all over the place. And they come in with really fabulous information on what your resume should say and um, who's earning what and which person got promoted and what happened to Volkswagen when they decided that they had done something illegal, that kind of stuff. So today's email had 48 questions that will make awkward small talk so much easier. And I think some of these questions are absolutely embarrassing to even think about asking a stranger. So here I am standing next to someone I've never met before. And the question is, what's something that's easy to bring in for lunch that isn't a sandwich? (laughs) I'm I'm telling you. (laughs) And and was your mother born? You know, I mean. What? Okay, so that's your question. What's something that is easy to bring for lunch that is not a sandwich? Correct. Okay. I would never think of this question in a million years to ask somebody right off the bat. Would you, Patricia? I wouldn't ask my relatives this question. <laughs> never mind somebody I've never met before. Maybe the only people you're safe with are the ones you never met before, the ones you never want to see again, perhaps. How about a can of okay. soup? 
can of what? Soup. A can of soup. Yeah. Quite acceptable. I think somebody else might say yogurt. I don't know. What's the most... <laughs> I'm asking my own questions that are terrible here. Um, have you ever had an interesting lunch or see someone eating an interesting lunch that you never would have thought of on your own? Uh, I mean, people eat some weird things. I can't think of anything offhand. I can't either. Yeah. You know, as long as it's edible, it's acceptable. That's right. That's right. Well, my butter, okay. my I, my butter made uh, sandwiches of peanut put peanut butter on lettuce. I never thought of that. Peanut butter and lettuce. Yeah, a I peanut butter and lettuce sa- sandwich. Okay. He wins. Now I grew up. My dad loved eating cheese and onion sandwiches, so I grew up eating cheese and onion sandwiches for oh, what? Cheese and onion, sure. Yeah. That's a great combination. With a little mustard and mayonnaise. Ooh. No, it's just pretty straightforward. Oh yes, my kind of sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yes, peanut butter on lettuce. Your brother wins the question. <laughs> you can tell him who won the prize for tonight. Wow. No, I mean, you know, people just have such unusual tastes in everything. And I would never think of dyeing my hair bright blue and sticking it up in the air like spikes and sit at a football game hoping the camera is going to land on me, which it did, which is why I know somebody was at a football game with blue hair standing up in spikes. I wouldn't think of doing something like that. (laughs) You would be be barefoot. Barefoot and at the football game. Well, not at a football game. That's pretty cold. I get a baseball game. You you would get set on set on a block of ice during the during the playoff, huh? Sit on somebody's lap. No. <laughs> <laughs> sit on a block. No, gosh, that was terrible. Oh goodness gracious, my single football game. Nobody told me you should wear boots. <laughs> and we said we were we were talking to the angels. We were so high in that stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it had it had snowed a couple of days before the game, and they did the best they could, but they didn't go high enough. So the sun had come out and melted some of it, and then it would freeze into ice, melt, freeze, melt, freeze. And by the time we got there, we were standing on blocks of ice. <sighs> oh, my. And I thought, you know, people paid money to do this. I paid for a ticket. <laughs> it goes on my most stupid thing you ever did list. And it has the coolest, coolest, has the coolest seat in the house. Thing you ever did. Yeah. Football game. You had the coolest seat in the house, didn't you? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, I don't think I got warm for three days. It was awful. So, Patricia, may I ask a big question? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? And then I'll tell you if you can answer. Yeah. Who won the game? What? Who won the game? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, okay. My... I, you know, that's really interesting. The, the Dolphins were playing in New York. Yeah. And I was cold, and I lived up there. These guys were out on the field playing in weather that 
is not hometown weather for them. But of course, they play all over the country. Right. So, however, that meant that they did not have the advantage. Is that correct? No, the New York team should have had the advantage. The home, the home team usually does. Yeah. Should have. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Dan, you are always an education. Uh, and I'm serious about that. I always learn something from you, and it's so much fun to talk to you. Uh, I don't know if it's an education. I'm sure it's uh, Listen, I be a little unusual, but I'm not sure about um, education at all. Horseradish roots as a vegetable, just eat them as a vegetable. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, they are a vegetable. They're not a mineral. They're not animal. <laughs> no, I, I understand that. I, I just thought that it was a vegetable that had to be processed, that it was yeah. not something you would just munch on like a carrot. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. You do that. How about that? I, well, I guess I, I don't like it. It's too hot. <laughs> and Dan, and Dan, <laughs> you, your phone, your phone been solid as a rock. We've never had you drop out once on this call. Not a single blip. That's right. That's right. Has to be has to be wet and cold. <laughs> and then right. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for calling and for educating me again. You make out your education list for me for next week. I sure will. Okay. You, you all have and a good you, week now. We will, I'll yeah. be waiting for my 5.30 wake-up call. Woohoo! Okay. Woohoo! Well, boy, will you be right. surprised. <laughs> okay, <laughs> talk to you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. 714-545-2077. Yes, you know. You know what I'm going to say. See, I didn't have to give out the last date that they know anyway. Isn't that incredible, Patricia? Uh Uh-huh. Hello there, caller. Hello, you two. Hello, Celeste. in Texas. How are you? Well, I'm okay. I was saddened by Kitty Callan's death. Well... Let me ask you something, Walden. Yeah. I had to look. It hasn't been in our paper now. It'll probably be in the big Sunday paper mm-hmm. tomorrow morning. Right. But I just looked it up on the Internet because I heard you discussing it. Yeah. And uh, she, did she have a place in Cuernavaca? Sure did. She, sure did. Um, Folks, it, that is a beautiful place. My husband and I used to stay at this beautiful place called Las Dos Puertas. And, oh, my, it was the most wonderful place to stay. What? And it had peacocks walking around and tables out on this beautiful grass that went right down to the ocean and everything. And I really enjoyed that. You want a coin of vodka story? Uh-huh. Okay. Patricia, you might as well listen to this one. I think you'll get a kick out of this. Okay. Of course I'm going to listen. Well, just in case, just in case you might want to grab a cup no, of coffee. No, Walden, she's going to hang up on I know. Well, I just thought she might get to grab a cup of coffee. You know, I'll meet my story. I'll just go have dinner, yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you hang up, Patricia, while we <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go, go ahead, Walden. All right. Here, here's the story. 1967, and Kitty had skin issues and so she took estrogen and it caused four blood clots in her lungs and that pretty much ended her singing career and the doctor said she had now what? blood clots 
in her lungs. Oh. Oh. Okay. And that ended her singing career, and with blood clots and the medicine she was on, it, it was, it's hard, it, it's hurt, it hurt to live in the winter to breathe. Oh. And the doctor, they, she, her uh, husband, Bud, talked to a New York Times writer who was a relative, and there were four, there were three ideal places in the world that have 72 degrees weather year-round, and one of them being Cornavaca. So they bought a house, and then Kitty had, uh, had a friend who sort of adopted her. She gave the house to Kitty. And so, but, so... Kitty loved this place. That's where she would spend all the winters. And by by about 1992, her family was trying to talk her out of selling the house because, you know, something happened. It wasn't close to any hospitals or anything. And so they, she sold, they sold the house. And... And, but the real was they had one more winter at the house. So the weekend before, Kitty started to go house shopping. She would start taking bread and look at these houses. And then, and she, but Kitty said, you know, this house here and this house. I wouldn't want to move to this house. So Bud, her husband, realized the day that they closed escrow. That Kitty didn't want to move. She didn't want to sell the house. And Bud and Kitty were married for 48 years. And he always discussed everything. So he got really early. Because Kitty was a night owl. The Sunday, the day they closed the escrow. He called the people. And said, I'm giving you one hour. I hate to do it. I am buying the house back. You name the price. Mm-hmm. They came back in an hour. They sold the house back to Bud for $150,000 profit. Wow. And Bud said, okay, I'm also going to pay all the real estate agent fees. And I'm also going to pay for you to stay in Mexico as long as you want until you find another house. Okay. So, here, Bud closed the deal. Three hours later, Kitty comes downstairs, woke up, and and uh, Kitty and Bud said, "Well, I bought you a house." Well, I hope it wasn't so and so house. No. I hope it wasn't so and so house. No. <laughs> I bought you your house back. Oh. And she cried. And Bud said, you know, Walden, I paid $150,000 profit. I paid $36,000 in real estate agent fees. I paid, I, you know, the people stayed down in Mexico might spend for a month. And I still had to pay the increase in property taxes. But that, to me, was the greatest love story you could ever think of. That oh, Bud uh, was so, wanting to make his wife so happy, hmm. he went ahead and bought back their house. Even though they, they, you know, the, the day of the deal. So that that was always special for Kitty at that, that house in Mexico. So she's oh, been so living down there. Yeah. Cuernavaca is a wonderful, wonderful. My understanding, a lot of Americans live down there. and uh, Well, it, there are. And the University of Mexico, the, uh, the 
University of Mexico City is is just um, kind of near there, right? And uh, but it's a wonderful university too, and I'm I'm sure she, a lot of intellectual people. You know what I mean? Yeah. People that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good, wonderful place yep. for it. Now it also didn't say what did she die natural causes. Uh huh. Yep. There was very little on the computer. Yep. When Put I looked it up. Yep. She was ninety four, and I was I was yeah. I was curious for two things. A, were they going to get her real name correct? And B, what age they were going to give her? Because Kitty never knew. She every time they went into a radio interview, she had to ask her husband how old she is and both be for this interview. Because her her husband cut off three years off her real age. So. <laughs> Ninety-four in the New York Times and got her name correct. Yeah, so they did. So the New York Times did it correctly. Because for good. they did for years, it was always wrong. Uh, her real name is Katie, K A T Y, uh-huh. Cowan, and she was born May twenty-five, nineteen twenty-one. So I always was curious. Now I'll tell you another story, and I was gonna the time she read her own obit. And I heard you mention that earlier tonight. Yep. Here's the story. In 1977, um, the, the, they announced Kitty's death on national worldwide TV. Kitty but Kitty was home. And... They then they weren't watching TV at the time, and the phone rang. Did that happen to begin with? Yeah. What made that happen? Well, uh, I'll give it a background story how oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the phone rang, and I said, "Bud, actually, this is hello." Yeah. Hi, Bud. How you doing? Fine. How Kitty? Fine. She's in the back working on a flower ring. Uh, Bud, you might as well turn on TV. They're announcing Kitty <laughs> death. Okay, so they announced the kitty death on national TV. Of course, their son called the whole publicity. Oh my! And goodness. and so, um, the 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 New York Times called, and they wanted to make sure who this kid was still alive. So they there's a whole question, and Kitty was answering, and she heard some editor. Kill the story! You know, she's alive, and they had to bring the TV cameras in. <laughs> and she had to do an interview in her living room that she was alive just fine. What happened? In Florida, there was a woman who was a major fan of Kitty. And she started to go around claiming she was Kitty Callan. Oh my! She was get uh. she was getting paid to sing. She had the album made. Oh my God! And she was going, and then, um, so she was getting paid a Kitty Callan. She got sick. She checked into the hospital under her own real name. But she told all the nurses and the staff, well, I'm really Kitty Callan. Oh, my goodness. So when she passed away at the hospital, that's how it broke. 
This okay. is one of those crazy fan stories that you hear about. Pa- I, I know. Part two. Uh, Part two. Okay. Three years later, it happened again. Oh, my God. Kitty was in Mexico. And they called and said you, they, they announced her death a second time. And it was another one, it was another woman in Chicago claiming she was a really kitty cow. Oh, and she passed away, so Kitty had to go back on national TV <laughs> in Mexico to explain that she was really alive. And they told her, could you watch this, you should watch our special we're going to do on you, okay? <laughs> so she watched the special, saw the story, and then she didn't realize this was happening there was a third woman that was claiming she was Kitty Cowan. <clears throat> and they in, they interviewed her and said, No, I'm really I'm really Kitty Cowan. So there was another there was another person claiming she was another Kitty Cowan. Uh and Kitty said the un, the, the the nervous part was the whole that they, they knew her right down to a key, from her husband's name to her son's name to the school. So all all three imposters Oh knew her down to a key. But anyway, the first time she was announced dead in 1977, she got to read her obit in New York Times. Oh and she said, there were mistakes up and down the obit. So she got to read her obit one time, as Patricia said when I told her, at least she got a chance to straighten it out the first time around, you know. Back. Oh but that... Very few people get to edit their obit. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, well, I was sad to hear that because she was a great singer. Yep. You know, uh, uh, I I know people call in and they like crying in the chapel, but I can see exactly why she did it. Well, she did. She did it. She, I know she did it for a song plugger. Yep. She, she did it yeah. for a song plugger to save his job. Yeah. And, yeah. and the... Uh, but you know what I compare that to? I, I know why she didn't care for that song. I'm sure she did it for the friend and all yeah. that. But you know, I, I liken that too with all of the wonderful people she traveled with, real musicians, people that wrote arrangements just for her. Really, you know, Harry James yeah. and all the other bands that she traveled with where you had arrangers and real wonderful saxophone sections and trumpet sections. To sing that song would be kind of like telling Catherine Hepburn, well, now you have to be on the Federal Reserve. You understand? Yep. Well, she loved... It would would be so beneath her taste. And I, 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 you know, and what she was accustomed to. It was fun. She loved working for Harry Jane because... Harry did not like the practice, and when they were on the he didn't like he didn't like what the practice. Oh he, yeah. He never practiced and he never warmed yeah. up. Yeah. And when they hit the road, what they like to do, everybody, is look for baseball fields. So Kitty was a shortstop. <laughs> Kitty played shortstop. She was a good athlete. She was a uh, the stiffy yard champion in high school. But she was shortstop on the uh, on the big band baseball team, <laughs> and and so uh, that's what Harry liked to do. He liked to play ball. He would pull over, and play ball. Oh yeah. And 
he would get to the site, and he expected the musicians he hired knew their business, so he didn't bother to rehearse them. And they would just get up on the bandstand, do the job, and get out. That's sort of how Harry... Well, now, the trick of that, though, was that they did rehearse. Yeah. Harry wasn't there. Willie Smith rehearsed Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Kitty, but Kitty said uh, she didn't have to rehearse at the time. Yeah. She she knew the stuff. They probably went over it once if it was a new song or something. But uh, I said that. Um, and another thing, well, I, uh, Willie took care of everything he did. that Harry didn't like to do. Another thing that people may or may not know that Kitty told me that in the 1930s. You two ladies want to guess what was, the, what was the big band favorite place to eat? Breakfast. I know Patricia loved breakfast. What what, what restaurants do you think there would be? The oh, big... I will pick the automat. Very good. That's a good guess. So, Ash, you want to guess? They... We're in New York? New York. New York, up and down the East Coast. Where they love to eat breakfast? Where would they love to eat breakfast? And they don't serve breakfast today. It's the, the restaurant. It's a it's a it's a well known famous restaurant chain. And they don't. Oh, want, it's a chain. It's a chain. And Kitty told me this place always served breakfast in the big band. You could tell any big band because the bus was outside of the restaurant. Well, I'm trying to think. That's before I don't my. Don't have any idea. On the road, but I don't know. It was White Castle. White Oh yeah. I remember George. <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway, yeah. in the big in the big band here in the thirties, White Castle was the place to be. And Kitty told me, um That's why you know where the white band where the big bands love to travel? Tell me. So they could get away from White Castle because those aren't <laughs> very good. The minute you start getting toward the south mm-hmm. Or Texas, Florida, or any place else. That's where they have real hamburgers. And I have seen guys on the band bus with us and everything. Of course, we take all that for granted. They'd go out and buy three or four hamburgers at a time. Mm. So they'd get away from the eastern tasting hamburgers, you know. <laughs> well, here's, the, here, much taste. here's a White Castle story for you, though. Uh, uh, yeah, Ki- I, oh, I believe that. Oh, I, I'm gonna give you. I, they're I'm, everywhere. I'm gonna give you another one here. Kitty, always her best friend for years was Nancy Sinatra Senior. Uh-huh. And in in the nineties, Nancy would come back and visit Kitty at her home in in New Jersey. And Kitty knew that Nancy loved White Castle. Yes, I, I understand everybody. White Castle. So Kitty thought it'd be fun. So she got the limousine out, and she and Nancy went to a local White Castle, and they bought the fine china, and uh, and uh, linens, and candlelight. And so they set up the White Castle table. That way they could or they could pick up the White Castle and eat it by candlelight. So. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, what we consider hamburgers are a good slice of, of, of uh, beef with just a little bit of ham mm-hmm. mixed in with it, and a nice big round patty, and you put it on the griddle. Ah! And it has this 
the good hamburger places have a big griddle there, uh, a gas griddle. Wow. You put it on there, and you turn it over, and you put a little salt and pepper on it, and you turn it over till it's pretty well done. But in the meantime, the buns that you're going to eat, they put those on the griddle, and you toast the buns, too. Oh. And, I mean, they're good. Then you can choose what you want. Uh-huh. If you want relish or if you want lettuce, tomato, you know, whatever you want to put on there with it. But that's why everybody on Van Buckets can say, oh, boy, we're headed for the hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I was just sad to hear it. Yeah, well, I was thinking it uh, when I when... – about Kitty, and I, now I think there's only three girl singers left from the big band of the 1930s. Um, B. Wayne, who's going to be 99 in March. Yeah, B. Wayne. B. Uh, K. Star. She sang with uh, yeah. Gordon Miller in yeah. 1939 for a section. And Doris yeah. Day. And that's it. Yeah. I think of all the girl singers of the uh, big band period of the 30s, I think those are the only three left I can think of. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think uh, there are some others that are alive that you wouldn't know as well. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of one that sang with Woody for a long time. I think she's still around. Okay. Of course, June Christie's dead. Yep. And Nito Day is dead. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any singers. You're probably right. Um, the ones I'm thinking of who still was it they you know they they benchmark from the 40s, but I was trying to think way back into the 30s who was still around from that period. Yeah, yeah. Well, now Doris was from the mid 40s, I think maybe late 40s. Started in 1939 with Barney Rapp. I have a radio broadcast June 17. 17- oh, okay. Cause I thought her first big. Thing that I ever heard, she was with. Um, oh, I don't have my brain thinking right today. But um, no, she. I have Brown. Nice I thought Brown. that. I thought she had her first big hit. Yeah, sure. She had her first big hit with us, but she started. And I think that was in about forty-eight or forty-six, forty-eight. Forty-four. No. She had yeah. two stints with us, one before the war and at once at one during starting in forty-four. Uh-huh. But uh, with, with Barney Rapp and then Bob Crosby. Yeah. And then she was saying with a local Ohio singer, a local Ohio band uh, before yeah. Bob Crosby. But yeah. Yeah, there aren't too many. No. Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get that. Extra, Thank you, Soas. I appreciate that. I wanted to get that extra information about. Kitty Callen because I I never knew too terribly much about her but of course I know her singing very yeah. well but I never was around her I was a lot of I was around a lot of singing stars but she I, I never was around right. her and I never heard her sing in person but anyway well it's sad yeah life happens you it does it does and uh. Um, you know, I think she was very grateful because in her family, she was one of seven, I was telling Patricia. In her family, most of the females, her mom and a lot of, all her sisters, except for one, never made, pay, never made it past age 50. Yeah. 
Mm. So she really uh, considered oh, yeah. making it to 94 oh, yeah. is a lot longer than most of her oh. siblings would have made it. Did she come from a large family? Yep. One of seven. Oh, okay. And yeah. where was she born? Philadelphia. Oh. And I asked Kitty, why are all the seniors from Philadelphia? And you know what her answer was? <laughs> they, uh, uh-huh. Patricia would like this. They said it's the water. Oh, <laughs> it's in the water. Now. It's the water. That's why Mario Lanza and Kitty and Eddie Fisher and if you ever go through list of all the seniors who are from Philadelphia, it's a very, very well. Now I one. hope in your dreams you are not comparing Eddie Fisher to Kitty Cow. <laughs> they knew each other. They knew each other. Kitty said uh, because Eddie Fisher was a mediocre singer. Kitty was really a good. Thank singer. you. Thank you. <laughs> Poor Eddie, though, he, as Kitty said, he was dumb but nice because, yeah. he, <laughs> because he had no clue where he was. He said, you know, yeah. when he did the TV show, when he did the TV show, somebody had to lay on the floor to tap on his shoes to let him know which oh. one to move to the left or to his right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he that that was kind of a joke about him. He, that's called breaking meter, mm-hmm. and he did break meter a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had hits, but it took him a long time to. In other words, his, you know, usually a good recording artist maybe it'll take two or three at the very mm-hmm. most to get it just right, you know, and they they used to have to take forever with him. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But anyway. Well, anyway, sad part of the new year. Yeah, but uh, but ninety four, ninety four. I think it's a good, it's a good run, you know. Oh, she had she yeah. had a wonderful life. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and what a wonderful husband she had. Yeah, thank goodness. That was great. I would say so. That's a that's a nice love love story. To to want to have him buy your house back yeah. for you, not yeah. tell you. Patricia, you're so special. I'm going to give you an extra day this year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> is it a Saturday? We have to, I, we have to look uh, up. Let's see. What's let February see. 20? Let's see. What day of the week is that would be? Um, Shall we give her the same day, Walter? Might as well. Let's see. What day should we yeah, give her? It's just, it's just, let's see. That will be three days after my birthday. Oh. So Patricia, put that on the calendar. Patricia, put that on the calendar. is a Monday. Yeah. We're giving you that extra day, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait. So your birthday is the 26th? Yes. Wow. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, you guys, good night. Good night, Celeste. Good talking to you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. 
What do you think, Patricia? Buying buy a house back? Is that, is that a nice little surprise gift? I think so. Yeah. I, I recall that you told us that yeah. one time, and I thought, what a sweet thing. Yeah. And I think I said the same thing at that time. Yeah. What a sweet thing to do. Yeah. Hello there. You're on here. Hi, this is Marilyn from Congress. Hello, Marilyn. Uh, Happy New Year. And it's Marilyn, can you turn your um, audio down a little bit, please? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I got it, I think. There you go. Thank you. Woohoo. How are you? Seven, fine. It's 37 degrees outside. <laughs> in Burr, yeah. Uh-huh. Down to the, down and down under, down uh, to 30, you know. So, are you going to try to stay warm? How are you going to fight off the 37 degree temperature tomorrow? Well, I don't know. We got to go to church tomorrow. That's what I mean. You got to you're going to break the big element to get out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how's yesterday yesterday USA doing as far as their updates and uh... Well, Patricia, you want to give you want you want to give Marilyn the current update where we are? We're nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Some oh, t- there is some okay. talk that they're trying to the music exchange, the the recording house that court the rights are back in negotiation with Hawaii three sixty five and other internet stations to maybe to lower the rates that way so many stations won't go off the air. So we'll see. Well, I was thinking the three sixty five is going out of business. They are. But I think the, I think the company that has the uh, that they're jacking up the rates are rethinking it. Oh. And we'll see if it, it we'll see if it will put it back together for them. Oh. Uh, so we'll that's some talk uh, of that happening. Um, we'll find out, but you know, but we're prepared either way. You know, we got a live 365 players up and running, and we have backups, and we're trying two other backups. So. I say get, keep keep hanging in with with us and we'll. So you, we uh, know by the end of the month. The name is gonna still stay the same. It's gonna be. Yeah, think of it this way. Yesterday USA will be fine. The name will be the same. The website will be the same. We just don't know who who what server that that um carries our audio feed will be from the end oh. of the game. That's what we don't know. You know, um, I just wanted to tell you that for listeners, if something changes, Marilyn, it'll simply be a different link that you have to click on in order to get to the shows. Oh, okay. So it should be, it's really, it should be fine. Uh, but you know, if somebody might have to reboot the computer or hit a different link yeah. until we get it all squared away, we'll we'll know we'll know once that happens. So. Oh, Walden, I just wanted to tell you that it really touched my heart when you had Frank on there Friday. Uh, he's, I know he's on there every Friday, but yep. it really touched my heart uh, when you had him on there, you know. Well, he... Been... I love I love listening to Frank. Yeah, uh, isn't he fun? He was, uh, yeah. 
um, he's such a great storyteller, and uh, he goes back to starting doing radio in 1939. Wow. And that's before we were born, right, everybody? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he that was part of the deal. Frank, Bill Bragg wanted Frank part of the station. And so it's always fun to have Frank on, and I always try to hit something different. And so got, as far as his stroke, it's it's improved. He's improving, or uh, yeah, you know? I, some parts he's doing more physical exercises. Um, the doctors are amazed. He just had a physical Thursday and passed flying colors. Wow. Um, you know he still got some issues that he's still working out. You know, he wants a stronger speaking voice, and yeah. he is motivated to keep going through therapy and to keep doing his exercises. I know he has problems breathing on the show, right? Or- right, that's that's more of a uh, it's more of a, a digestive issue with the feeding tube in him that maybe Patricia oh. can explain the technical what happened, but he's got to clear his speaking voice out. And so can't, can't they do anything about that, or uh, you know? I I don't know. I, I think that's part of the reason why he if he does a lot of exercises before we sit down and do the show, it 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 clears up pretty well. When he doesn't have it, when he runs out of time, you'll hear that little gravel in there. It's really it's it's what I've noticed over the years. Um, yeah. You know, but it's mostly uh. You know, what, if he can exercise it, and he goes through a series of words and speeches and things to work on his enunciation. And uh, oh. that sort of help, helps him out when he's able to go through all his exercises. Well, I really uh, I, I really think a lot of his wife, too. She takes good care of him, right? It's amazing. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It, uh, it, she... Uh, it's twenty four hour care and now, is she an actress too or yep, is she Yep. Oh she, she was a a music teacher. Oh. Taught elementary school. Oh. And then she was uh Frank met her at a luncheon and Frank said, I need a model for my boy game. And so Frank Hired her to be the model for his boy game. Oh. And then they, uh, then Frank sent her to <clears throat> acting school. And, uh, so she did a lot of commercials. And she did a lot of TVs in the 70s. And she, she did some movies. Yeah. But, uh, I don't think Bobby had the burning desire to be an actress. She loved to cook. She loved to do a lot of you know, things around the house. That's sort of her, uh... Oh, that's sort of her thing, uh-huh. you know, right? Yep. But, uh, Frank, Frank wanted her. She used to do the Johnny Carson show. She was part of the Johnny Carson players. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't think she ever really had the true burning to do- desire to be an actress. Yeah. You know? You know, Patricia, however, is our star over here, right, Patricia? Yeah. Okay. Trisha's always a star. I know she is a star. Yeah. 
I, it's amazing that she'll talk to us. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you pray for me to hush up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what songs are you going to play tomorrow, Mel, and have you figured out what, what ones you got? I haven't, I haven't really figured anything out yet. I usually, uh, you know, they, they give me requests to do and everything. Okay. You know. I remember what, going to one church service, and the poor organist played, and the organ went out. So that, oh dear! Yeah, oh. yeah, it does happen once in a while. Now I have taken organ at school, but um, they, but they they have an organ at church, but I haven't figured out how to play it yet. You know. So are you are you doing by your keyboard? What are, how are you uh, by the piano keyboard? What 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 are you playing with? Well, I have my own keyboard, but I don't bring it to church. I use the regular piano there. Okay. So. Does it still have 88 keys, or have they changed the piano? Um, what do you mean? The, oh, the piano always has 88 okay, keys. Okay, I just didn't know if they added two more or something lately, but the last thing they still have 88 keys. I pretty much have the 88 keys, I think, uh, you know. Okay, here's my question. Yes. So okay. I do not play the piano. I am not a musician. I don't play an instrument, so all of my questions are... Don't you play questions. the Don't you play the radio? Is, yeah, I do. Okay, okay. <laughs> is there at any time in a musical composition where the highest key or the lowest key, the absolute extremes on the keyboard, are actually played? I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm not. I usually. I've never seen a pianist put his fingers or her fingers on the, the extreme right or the extreme left how about the same time they do the spread at the same time well I mean, what, I... who's that guy that plays the piano you could always ask him that question too right that crew so, yeah we could ask ed that's right we could ask ron he uses a keyboard but ron have, um ed of course yeah. yeah ron from hawaii how's he doing is he doing okay yeah or? he's been calling us so he's been i think he's doing very well i yeah. think he's doing a lot better yeah Ron, I hope you're listening. We're thinking of you. Yes. More hugs. Praying for you and, you know. Yes. And, and, and Ron, do you play with 88 keys? Let us know sometime, you know. You probably Is want to... there a composition <laughs> that you I add the one the highest key on or the lowest key? Uh, what's, what's and if name not, why are they there? Yeah. Maybe they're there for decoration. What do you think? Maybe that isn't a baby question after all. No, I don't think so. You know. Did you take piano, I, did you take piano lessons, Marilyn, when you were growing up? Yeah, uh, when I was growing up, uh, when I went to school, uh -huh. uh, one of our classes was to take piano lessons. You know. What, what did it come easy for you, or did you have to work at it? I had to work at it. Uh -huh. and, um they taught me how to read braille music, but I never really did that very well. Okay. You know. Well, you know, it, it's it's one of the great gifts, I think, it, to play the piano. I'm just wondering, I'm wondering now if it's getting to be a, it's going to be a lost art. I mean, I'm wondering how many families now have pianos in their home. Hmm. 
I never had a piano in my home. You never did, I okay. Had, you know, I wish I did. My grandma had one, but it was always out of tune, and they never really fixed it, you know. <laughs> we have a baby grand in our house here. My my oh. my mom played the piano. Oh. Um. But she doesn't play too often because the TV set's next door. So you know, it's either oh. either the piano or the TV set. So Patricia. Oh, Patricia, I wanted to tell you that I tried a new Keurig flavor in my coffee. Uh huh. And it's called caramel vanilla cream. Whoa, you're in serious territory here. Yep, I love. Is it I love that kind of thing, you know. Is it good? And yeah, I know you're going to think I'm weird, but I drank it iced night. What? No, I don't so think it's that's old weird. outside, you know. Oh, well, as long as it's toasty, warm inside. Yeah. I have a big question here for both you coffee drinkers, coffee connoisseurs. What do you two think of iced cold coffee? Well, I like iced coffee. Uh, I mean, but I like the flavored iced coffee, not the, not regular iced coffee, you know. I'm, I would not drink a, a glass or a cup of cold coffee. But when I make iced coffee, I use a little bit of sweet and low in it. And I yeah, I do too. Milk, yeah, milk in it and coffee. So it's it's almost like a, I don't know, not a coffee milkshake, but it, it's got a more dessert flavor than just a cup of coffee. Yeah, and Patricia, they have these car uh, these flavors. They come in uh, uh, a bottle, uh, like the bigger bottles, like a wine bottle, but it's not wine, of course. But mm-hmm. um, and it has a pump on it. And uh, there's different flavors, like there's caramel, hazelnut, Yum. vanilla, and they're all sugar-free, you know. Oh, yum twice. When, when did they come up with these flavored coffees with this, within the, the last 20 years? I mean, I don't remember these things I at the kid. No, I don't I remember. Um, I don't even remember when they came up with the Keurig system, mm-hmm. you know. That's expensive but, stuff. But I don't know how to spell Keurig, so I can't look it up. <laughs> they, they call them K-cups anywhere yeah. you go. Yeah. Nobody spells it out anyway. They call them K-cups. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, Marilyn, I'm glad you're doing okay and staying warm, I think. Yeah. You are staying warm, aren't you? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I have the heat right. on tonight, that's for sure. The furnace on tonight, that's for sure. Boy, I'll bet. Oof. My goodness, all of you talking about cold is really giving me the chills here. So, will you take good care of yourself, be careful, and okay. have a safe week. Okay, I always miss you when you're not there. Uh, well, I do that's too. I miss, I, I miss her when she's not there too. Yeah. That's not very often, I don't I, think. I know. If we disappear, we kind of disappear together. I'm more, I'm more likely, I'm more likely to disappear than you are. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> Patricia's there and I'm on the road somewhere. I can disappear better than you. <laughs> now, who said so? I can disappear better than you. So, Walden, did you get an iPhone yet? You haven't gotten nope. an iPhone. Yet. Nope. Nope. I haven't gotten an iPhone yet. You know, so I. Asked, how do you spell iPhone? 
I... So you don't you don't want a cell phone, Miss. <laughs> I, th I, th I think I will sometime. I just I I look at the cost and I said I want to make sure I got the I got the budget to handle that sometime. Yeah, too. yeah. Okay, we right now for people who may or may not know. Uh, we have three landline phones and three cell phones in the family, so you can guess what our phone bill some Ooh. sometimes is. Yeah, can I? Um, it's a mortgage payment. Well, I'm pretty happy when I can call the telephone company and it'll take eighty bucks a month off my bill. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we have AT and T, but we took everything off of AT and T. Uh huh. Um. We have all of our accounts are on Verizon. Are you happy with and Verizon? Yeah. Okay. I'm happy with it. You okay. Know. What though with AT&T here? It, that's sort of what I grew up with and what made them. I remember when they first came out with the free long distance. Oh. In 2002. And that really saved the station because Bill Bragg was going to pay our monthly bill. Well, before I had to do the radio show. So AT&T has free long distance? Uh-huh. Start, start in 2002. So we pay a flat fee every month. And oh. then that's when we get you know, as many long distance calls as possible. So you can yeah, imagine. But they still charge for long distance, don't they? Well, someone, it's, a, it's, a flat, it, it's a flat rate. So you pay, it, it's, it's, a, it's a flat rate for so as many as long distance phone calls as, and as long as you want. It, that doesn't matter. Oh. You know, for years, for 19 bucks a month, you couldn't beat that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I appreciate you talking to me. Oh, Melvin, thanks um, for giving us a call. Yeah, and I'm sorry my Victor reader was kind of loud. I had to turn No, it. now you can turn it back up and say, what did I miss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melvin. Take care of yourself and have a good week, Marilyn. Okay, Take I'll probably try to call you next week. Please do. Excellent, thank Please you. Do. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, we're working on a special guest in two weeks for Patricia. We're working on George Byrne, Grant, uh, godson, to be w with us. That will be fun. Phil, we're just working on dates right now. He's agreed to do it. So, uh, it's going to be great fun. Yep. So, we, we better set the table for dinner and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so so he he got both George Burns and Jack Benny stories. So that will be a lot of fun. So I, I imagine Patricia will have a few few good questions to ask. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello there. You're on the air. Hey, this is Gary again. Hi, Gary. Um, uh, you can also listen to you guys on um, I... Um, crap, I forgot. Is it iTunes? iTunes? I, I, I listen to us on iTunes as well, but I think that's also served through Live 365. Am I correct, Walden? Correct. That's where, that's where they pick up the fee. So I'm assuming if, I, if Live 365 goes away, underscore Bill will probably have to pick up one of the other fees and work it out with I, iTunes. What's going to happen with iTunes if Live 365, if, you know, if, if they go out and another server comes in? Wow. Well, that's really going to mess uh, well, up. Well, just think, just think about this. Like Rick C Five, they host five thousand radio stations. Five thousand, and that's a lot of people. That, that's a lot of people that's going to be scrambling. But the one thing I noticed with um, 
with between iTunes and 365 mm -hmm. is there is about a six or six to eight second delay between the two of them. That's probably why, you know, cause they'll probably pick up the feed through Y365. And I think a lot of people, I know Dave King listened to iTunes. Patricia likes it. I think for Patricia, it's even more, it's a more stable platform, right, Patricia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like um, iTunes. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And we don't go through buffering. I don't know why we get buffering at the station sometimes, and I never get it on iTunes. Um, are you guys uh, looking at Spotify any? Uh, well, we're looking at, I'm trying to think of the, uh, Patricia, what's the one that you suggested, Patricia? I'm trying to think of the name Shoutcast? of the couple. Shoutcast. Shoutcast. Mm -hmm. That's one of them that we have up already. And that's a great site for anybody who likes everything from classical music to talk shows to, I mean, it's, it's just got everything and it's easy to navigate. Shoutcast.com. And the nice thing about right now, if you go to our, if you go to the great bar, we're using 128K, and that's double the width of Y65, so you can really hear what Patricia sounds like. Yeah, um, in the gray box it says uh, you got listen to Blue on Connection 2 and Blue on Connection 3, and then there's one for Red. Right. Basically, Blue is our another testing site. So one is Shoutcast. Another one is the site we're looking at, Radio.co. And there's probably others that we're looking around to see what's out there. Um, some of them were trying out the free beta test for seven days. So we don't have to pay for it. You know, so, uh, uh, and Radio Dismute, who provided the, set up the shoutcast for us, he'll be our special guest the last Sunday of the month. We'll talk about his 1920 radio station and just 20s music. But thanks to him for working with underscore Bill that we're up on Shoutcast. And uh, so that is going to be one of the options we're definitely going to use. I think once this all shakes out, I would like it to at least be on two different servers. So if something ever goes wrong, not one, comp not one company can take it down. We'll still be up and running somewhere. So um, that's sort of my hope. Dream, master plans, and begging that we do something like that. Okay, well, yeah, that's I, that's what I was wanting to bring up. So thank you, Gary. We appreciate that. So okay, talk to you soon. All right, bye. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Do you want to email oh, Patricia? Freezing cold. Do you want to email Patricia and send her some uh, tender, loving care? You know, via email at floridawriter at hotmail.com. Say there was some warm temperature. That's the tender loving yeah. care that she wants. Yeah. Floridawriter. That's W-R-I-T-E-R dot -E com. No, 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 no. Floridawriter at hotmail. What, and what did you say? At, don't don't repeat whatever you said. Send some hot. I always, I always remember the yeah. wrong thing. Okay. You know, truly, you, if somebody gives a correct 
and then incorrect and says, oh, wait, that was wrong. You, That's the one I'll remember. You know what we need to do for you someday? One for you in the ship, Patricia? What? We need to get FloridaWriter.com for you. Oh, my very own? Uh-huh. My very, very own? Uh-huh. Wow. I don't think so. Well, I I want you to write your your write your heart content on your own blog, and that way people can see. Yeah, she is unique. Hello, caller. You're on the air. <laughs> Hello, you guys. How you doing? Pretty good. Good, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi, Patricia. Um, I'm sorry I didn't make it last week. I think well, I was asleep. Well, you know. Sweep. Some people like to sweep during the show. I mean, Dan does. Dan yeah, sweeps Dan in the middle. Does. <laughs> we put an awful lot of people to sleep. We're, we're, we are people, so... Seriously, people will call and say, gee, I fell asleep halfway through the show. Or, gee, I had you on, and as soon as my head hit the pillow, I fell asleep. So we, we are better than... than sleeping pills. I think we're so- I think we're soothing to the soul and spirit. You know what you all okay. for, though? You what? woke me up tonight. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. We're on a roll. <laughs> you know, I, I have my phone set to record on TuneIn on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh-huh. And I, well, about an hour ago, I guess now, um, I, I was hearing you guys talk, and that's what woke me up. Well, sh- you want us to be quiet, and that way you can go back to sleep? No. Okay. <laughs> No, no, I've been asleep almost all day, uh, so, which, which I needed to, so no, no. Well, I did, you know, I did listen to a lot of last week. I haven't finished it, but I heard you guys talking about um, the Gilroy Garlic Festival, amongst others. Ah, yes, we were talking and about where Gar- Garlic Festival, that's right. It's in my neck of the woods, and I have a story about it. Okay. Um. First, it's say it's about mm, well, not quite an hour, I guess, from my hometown. And in the early '80s, mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine invited me to go to the Gilroy Garlic Festival. That he had friends whose father was a president of Gabaland College, mm-hmm. and he. He was instrumental in starting it up. So I went with him down there, and he told me to bring my accordion, too, which I wasn't really excited about, but (laughs) I did. Yeah. And so... um, You and Dick Cantino, huh? And who? Dick Cantino. Yeah, I don't know him. The famous accordion player from the Horse Heist show. He, He was the one that had... Lady of Spain, that was a big hit. Okay. You know, well, my teacher, he could have he could have played anything. I mean, he's that good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he had a record. I, I own a record of him. He's here and play Flight of the Bumblebee. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> but um, we set up the, the booth down there, and what we sold was escargot on mushrooms with, you know, sautéed and, and butter and garlic. And 
I bet the two magic two magic words. What butter and garlic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, I bet the snail. Very good. I mean, you, you, you'd be sautéing the the snails, and we did in a in a big wok, and then um, and the mushrooms heads too, and and then you take a toothpick and stab it through the escargot, and then into the into the mushroom, and we just sold thousands of them. I imagine thousands. I mean, there were a lot of them anyway. And, uh, yeah, thousands worth. That would be because I. But I do like escargot, so I, I can't, you know. You do like it? I'm a cannibal. Yeah, I like escargot. Wow. That blows you me away I for service with you. hamburger kid, didn't you? Pardon me? I said, I, you thought I was just a simple backwoods hamburger kid. Well, I didn't think backwards. Backwoods. <laughs> You know, um, only except for when, you know, you're, you're, you're conservative. Good stuff. It, it's the only thing backwards I think of you is, is, is getting in the cage with mountain lions. <laughs> and, you know, amongst other things. I touched her. Do not ever touch a mountain lion. They, they're, they're kind of fussy, you know? Did you touch her while you were in the cage? Oh sure. <laughs> oh man. That that I is. I keep telling you it, it was in my stupid days. Did yeah. you say here, kitty, kitty, kitty? Is that how you talk to a Patricia? No, no, no. I just moved but I played... closer and closer. Uh huh. And I asked her owner uh-huh. if I could touch her, and he said, "Yeah, I think it would be okay." Well, it wasn't you okay think? with her. And what was her name? Tracker. Hmm. Did she ever? Did she ever talk to you? <laughs> she had a lot of body language. <laughs> no, she never meowed. She just let everybody know who was the boss. <laughs> it was really funny because her her owner is standing there with his with his arms spread. You know, mm-hmm. you, you put on as much volume as you can in in a situation like that. And he said. Stand behind me. Stand behind me. I say, hey, no problem with that. <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> and it was it was a good experience. Okay. I mean, it really was. It it was a once in a lifetime. Okay. So when did your nerve kick in? After? When did I what? When did you get start get nervous about it? I wasn't. He was. Oh, okay. So I mean, I it, mean, these were really my stupid days. I mean, it, it, even at, it, even after you walked out of the cake, you didn't say, "Boy, that was stupid." No, I okay. didn't. I didn't grow up. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grow out of my stupid years for a while. Mm. But um, you know, it it, it would have, I think, made a difference if I had understood what he knew about the cat. And you know, he, as he said later, he said, "I I knew she was upset when she threw herself in front of the door." And I thought, I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I knew we were where she was. Threw herself against but the door? He said, you know, he, she didn't want to let us out. She was kind of ticked. So. She, she, she wanted to talk to the people, I guess, before you got to go out. Yeah, she was, she was not a good subject for a photo inside. Mm. We got the photos outside. Oh, that's what you were there for? Yeah, well, I was doing an article about her owner and the cat. 
and I had met him and talked with him before, and I made arrange with, arrangements with him to come out and, you know, do an article and get some photography done. And I, he said, I asked him if we could go in, and he said, yeah, sure, she's been okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> cool by me. And so we went into the compound, and there she was. It was really nice. I mean, I, she was on, um, it was a big shelf that you see in a lot of animal pictures where they have a platform to stay on. It, it gets them up off the ground, and they feel safer. But she was at eye level. So, you know, looking into that cat's eyes was just extraordinary, just extraordinary. Uh-huh. And it's nice that I'm here to tell you. About it. <laughs> <laughs> there are good sides to this. I got out the door. Have you talked um, to Barry yet? No. Okay, I was just wondering. I, I did have. I was, I was in a compound with a bear. You have a story about a bear? Yeah. You went into the compound? Yes. Sure. In Florida? Sure. No, it was in New York. Well, I can tell you about one that I where I was, uh, saw a guy get killed. Um, oh. From he was with one of the trainers down in L.A. and mm-hmm. it was outside, and he had been working with the bear before. It was like a friend or a cousin, I can't remember, of the owner, and uh, the bear. Suddenly, just you know, gave him a huge bear hug and bit him on his neck, and you know he thrashed him around a little bit, and you know the guy was screaming, of course, and then they put pepper spray on the bear, and you know it was only for a few seconds, but that's of course enough, and and the guy was alive for about maybe one more minute as he was bleeding. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was still in my stupid period. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, this is interesting. That was in New York, and the cat was down here. I had a long, stupid period. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh pretty, pretty naive. And, and two young wolves. I got to sit with two young wolves, too. Oh, where was that? Also in New York. So, the same place? Yes, the same place as the bear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, why did they have you go in the compound? Or was that so you could take even better pictures? Oh, that, you didn't that, have was, a that was my in? choice. Hmm? That was my choice. I just asked if I could go in. I mean, I'd never been with a wolf before. And they were young. Yeah, and I'm thinking and the they were exceedingly yeah. shy. I was really surprised at that. They would not come to me. I had to sit there forever before one of them even ventured close. Mm-hmm. How how young? I would say more than half grown. Well, okay. Did you always have a love for for? Wild animals yeah. as a kid? Yeah, I, well, yeah. Uh-huh. Until, yes, until I were a little experienced. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yes, yes. Did you recognize uh, the wolves' heads as being uh, very large? 
they were large, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they uh, totally are way bigger and more, you know, more buffed. Mm -hmm. What well, are, are there any animals out there that you would wish you got to see in person that you haven't seen yet, Patricia? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> but even in your stupid period, what are we at? Even if I said, well, I've, I've got I've saw a, a Siberian tiger and a black leopard, and I did not go in the compounds with the tiger. Okay. I was smart with that. <laughs> I don't think I, I would have been allowed in anyway. Okay. He was big. He was a very big tiger. Uh -huh. But he liked me. What was his name? Um, OG. Uh, okay. Caleb. Caleb. K A L E B. Okay. Caleb. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and he was big, and he used to come over. It, it's obviously a very strong fence to hold a tiger, but he used to come over to the fence and kind of stick his whiskers out the fence so I could scratch his the side of his face. It was so neat. So I have played with tiger whiskers. Hmm. I almost I was, came I upon a. I almost came upon a mountain lion that was eating this new kill. I was wild boar hunting, and it was by myself, and walking this, this one walk that I normally like to go when I was by myself, and uh, I came up to this pond, and I saw a dead deer, and I went over to it, and looked at it, and I saw that its insides uh, were getting eaten on, but not really enough for a full meal yet. And then mm -hmm. I and I looked and saw the actual um, last m movements of the mountain lion with its in in the mud with its claws out. And I all of a sudden realized, man, this thing was just eaten, and I put her around in the chamber and, and got up and looked around and then uh, just continued on my way, lest I become a potential victim myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't mess well, with kitty cat food. No. You want to go back to the Gilroy garlic thing? Yes, please do. Okay. So I played my accordion there several times, you know, a fair amount of times throughout the day on that, that first year and, and kind of went around and explored and went with a, a new met lady friend to watch a concert, uh, somebody there, Western person, and beautiful bluegrass music. It, it was just tremendous, tremendous amount of people. It's crazy, crazy amount of and then um, after we broke it down in the end, we went up to the uh, president of the Gabaland uh, College house. There was a party going on up there. And then um, then I took off home on my motorcycle uh, to get ready for work the next day. And so the next year, my friend requested that I become a part of it again, asked me if I mean, we had enough money to even to buy the escargot from uh, some um, restaurant in San Francisco that agreed to sell it to them, you know. And um, so, yes, I was prepared for that. And also I was prepared for um, 
alternative cooking method in case electricity was cut. You know, so I had my Coleman stove and, and my own wok and ready to go and brought the accordion and and uh, I cooked a lot and played a lot there. And at one point, I was standing out in front of the booth playing my accordion. And when the song was done, I heard what sounded like a lot louder, more people than I had noticed from any other time. And I looked up, and about five feet away was a TV camera, um, you know, pointed right at me. And uh, and somebody said, "You want to play another one? Play another one." So I quit. I played my the one that I would call the my most kind of accordion song. One with Charade from the movie Charade. You remember that movie? Yep, I, I do. Cary uh, Grant and uh, what's her name? Uh, Audrey Hepburn. No. Right, I think so. Uh-huh. Is it Audrey? I think uh, so. It was Audrey. Yeah, yeah, Audrey. Yeah, not Catherine. Audrey Hepburn. And um, anyway, so I played that song, and. Um, they were right there the whole time I was doing it, you know. Then I learned I learned later that my friend, who I used to live on a ranch with, that and he was down in Monterey at the time, he said he saw the news twice, in the morning and in the evening. So I was actually on TV at least twice. Good on you. So you, you never got to see it. No, I never did get to see it. You still have, oh, you, you still have the accordion? Yes, it's a very nice accordion. Can you can uh, you can, can you can you still play it? Well, you know what? I broke it out last uh, within the last two weeks for the first time in literally years, and saw just how bad off I I was. Mm. Um, but it wasn't really a long period to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that on some time even farther away when I went to play that that one song. Uh, charade uh, that I had a hard time doing it. So um, it's always been a love-hate thing, uh-huh. but I've enjoyed mm-hmm. playing it. But, you know, all my friends when I was a young teenager, they are playing electric guitars and drums and basses, you know, and, and I played accordion. So I didn't try to play with them, but I, I you know, had songs that I played of my own that I made. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed playing those. How old were you when you first started playing the accordion? How oh, let's see. I did it for I did it for four years. Mm-hmm. Stopped when I was sixteen. So twelve. Twelve then, years old and I don't know, you know, I asked my mom about it. Why why accordion, you know? She goes yeah. Well, because we didn't have anything else. I would have much rather played piano. Um, we were at a friend's house, and they had an old accordion there. And they had me put it on, and I you know, played with it for a while. And my mom said, well, how would you like to learn how to play that, you know, take lessons? And I said, I don't know. I guess, you know. What is I, it? I, huh? What is it? Yeah. I knew what it was. I've, you know, I've seen um, yeah. Welk show, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, I remember crying a bunch of times in the early, early 
days of, of doing it that I wanted to stop, but she she wouldn't let me. Now, she played flute in, um, in uh, what would you call it, you know, an orchestra, I think, in San Francisco. Uh, and so she had a really strong music background. And she, she didn't let me. Uh, you know, I kept going and uh, ultimately played for four years. Uh, but I started feeling bad that my accordion teacher, uh, he took his dinner when, um, during my lesson. His wife would like show up and he'd slide up this window and she was there in his Volkswagen van and she'd pass him this plate covered with tinfoil. And so he'd eat dinner while I was doing the lesson. But then he also asked me questions regarding his son, you know, like, you know, my son wants, I got him this gasoline-powered airplane, you know, but I don't really know anything about it, you know, where should I go, you know, so, and I had experience with that, and I told him that, and, and I saw that that was happening more and more, and I felt kind of guilty, you know, my parents were paying for my lesson, and I'm using part of it to, you know, counsel this guy with his son. Mm-hmm. And my heart wasn't in it, and also I decided to stop. But it was within that last year that my parents bought me a brand new full size accordion, and it cost nine hundred bucks back Ooh. then. You know, it's a it's a beautiful accordion. It's all black and well, many many um, voices on it, top quality. How much does that weigh, Paul? How much did it weigh? Uh huh. Mm hmm. You know, I'm not really, really good on weight, but I would say maybe 40 pounds. That's a lot of instrument. I suspected that it would weigh about that much. Um, I'm trying to remember how many, how many, what would you call those things? Keys? You can like. 132. I know Bill Bragg played the accordion for nine years or something. And you know, I don't know um, all of those keys. You know, I don't use them all uh, except for when I'm playing around. <laughs> um, just, and, I, and I think you can actually, if Bill was born at one time, change the different settings or something. So even though you learn. The 132 keys, then you got three different levels or something. It, it, well, it sounds to me like a complicated. I'm, what I'm calling voices. Uh-huh. You don't you don't change anything as far as changing keys. There's nothing for that. Right. But but like for that for the left hand, uh, all those buttons that you're referring to, uh, like I'm recording. There are three different um, paddles that you could push. That well, like one is. Um, a more bassier kind of muffled sound, and the other, and the middle one is it's louder and more open sound, and the other one kind of a not squeaky but um, it's it's different. It's a higher sound and a not something that um, that I would really be using a lot personally. Mm. And on the right-hand side, I don't remember how many different keys there are for that for changing the sound, but there's quite a few that, that span them. Just 
just next to the keyboard, uh, the fan out in a, like a, a big radius that you could choose. And those, you know, I would I would change those. And then and then even um, on the right hand side of the keyboard, right along at the at the very front of the keyboard, uh, you could push this one thing in from the middle that would bring you to that master sound. Uh, that you could do that real easily. You know, like that, that would be the one that I could change the sound the fastest. But I didn't know anything about, um, you know, the Cajun music that I hear that mm-hmm. I wish I knew about and could have pursued. But uh, I doubt that there was any music, you know, like at least in the music store that I would go to to buy music, you know, and the kind of stuff that was available, you know, like raindrops keep falling on your head. Did you ever watch you know? my old Florence on the Lawrence Welch show? Just to see. Pardon me? Did you ever watch uh, Florence? My old Florence on the. I'm trying to think of it right name. The accordion player on the Lawrence. Myron Florin, I think. That, that's what I'm trying to think, yeah. Does that sound right? I think that's right. The one that used to play the accordion on the Lawrence Welch show for all those years. Yeah. Do you well, I never. Excuse I me never. For intruding on this. Yeah. But... Today, I was watching, I had the PBS station on, uh-huh. and two of the Lennon sisters who used to sing on Lawrence Welk's show yep. and Lawrence Welk's son were on the program talking about Lawrence Welk. Wow. So, forgive me, um, There, you, you can go back, but it, it's strange that we're talking about Lawrence Welk, and I had just seen that this afternoon. I met his grandson, one of his grandsons. Really? Huh. I was going, uh, I was down in San Diego to visit my friend who was going to San Diego State, uh-huh. and we went by a friend of his who was a grandson of Lawrence Welk, and he was talking about how he was about to go to San Francisco, I believe, for his last show. And so, no, I didn't seek out Lawrence Welk because they had an accordion player, but I had seen him, you uh-huh. know. Many, many through the years, probably more when I was younger. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to study the technique or something. So you you were busy working with your teacher rather than observing somebody else. Uh, my accordion teacher, he had an electric accordion, uh-huh. and so it could be even like during his dinner. It didn't matter. He had it, it sitting in in this stand um, where the keyboard was upright and the buttons were down and so if i was having trouble on a song he would just flip a switch you know turn it on and then he would say it's like this you know and then he'd show me on that what i what i had to do that was different um i think if i would have the music was difficult for me uh you know i know all different people have you know different time that they would take to learn songs mm-hmm. but I felt like it you know it took a while for me to learn songs however if I could play all of the songs that I played back then I would be a much happier camper now because I play a lot of different songs ah you know and we have the Star Spangled Banner uh-huh. um, the Kate songs all these all the different patriotic songs and other ones, you know, Frankie and Johnny were lovers, and uh-huh. and um, 
as far as um, and those were like all in this one fat accordion book that I had, probably my like my first or second book. And then um, as far as picking out sheet music, uh, that's where you know I didn't really have much choice. And sometimes I would actually get piano music uh, and use that, which didn't have the same left hand, you know. So right. you have to just. You know, did did you ever try to learn Lady of Spain? Uh, how does it go? If you can hum it. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time at the... Okay, yeah. I don't recognize it. I can't say for... Patricia, you sing it. Go ahead. No. La Paloma. Yeah. Um, that, that one was a good one. We have to find on YouTube. It's out. It gotta be. It gotta be versions. That used to be the big. Oh my goodness! Must be a thousand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I didn't. I don't know. I don't recognize it though. But uh, so are you the telling love me story? that you can't find it? Sure, Patricia, play it. You can play it on YouTube for us right now. Love story was was big back then. You know, so I had to shoot music for love story, and that that was a good song. I mm-hmm. like that one. <clears throat> didn't really care for raindrops be falling on your head, but I ain't got that request very often, you know, uh, when, I, when I played. The most enjoyable time that I really had, besides playing songs for myself that I, you know, I didn't write them down. I started to, but I found out I changed them. I changed them too often. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was difficult. Myron Florence playing Lady of Spain on the Lawrence Welch Show. All Let's right. See what, I can do see what you can come up and with. I don't even know where my speakers are. I'm always plugged in with my headset. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Got to turn it down. Make <laughs> sure I don't blow my neighbors. Okay. Hold on. They're talking. This is yesterday. Talk. This, is, this is yesterday, USA. Okay. I Come recognize on. it. I really should be playing it, um, which is kind of what what got me to to break it out again. It's actually in the living room. It has a has Here wheel, wheels on the case. Very nice. Um, Does that make it? Yep, that made it. Lady okay. of Spain, I adore you. Well, I sure couldn't hear it. Look at that man on the keyboard. Okay. Wow. Ooh, mm-hmm. magical fingers. Yeah, is weather, and number two, I'm going to pick a random question. Now, you said we woke you up, so you might have missed in the beginning that at time.com, which is generally a business site, they posted an article today that had 48 questions that will make awkward small talk so much easier. 
and was oh, I heard you asking Dan something. Yeah, yeah. So I've got 48 questions in front of me that I would be mortified to ask of a stranger. So I will ask one. Let me pick one while you're giving us a weather report out there. Are you in rainy country? Yes, it has been raining a lot lately. So, you know, I've been hearing the downspouts uh, trinkle, and I've actually uh, woken up a few times with some very heavy rain. Really? Yeah, but I don't know how long it went because I've fallen back asleep, but I think it woke me up because when it really comes down, it's quite noisy on the roof. So... Oof, my eye, I, I guess when you're trying to sleep. Yeah, but, you know, okay, I you realized what it was. I heard you I ask. Have chosen, I have chosen a question for you under the life story category. Now, this is you're bumping elbows with a stranger, and one of your break the ice questions is, do you have any hidden talents or surprising hobbies? I'm asking him. No, we're asking you that question. Yeah. Oh, the stranger's asking me, do I have any? Yep. You have any hidden talent or or hobbies? Hidden talents or surprising hobbies. Now, you just gave us one, so I think I think you're off the hook on this. Your hidden talent, you play the accordion. We never knew that. Yeah, um, you know, and actually, Ron and Hawaii, you know, hearing that and hearing different music stuff going on, it makes me think, you know, you know, I really shouldn't be letting this go completely because I could have been playing it, you know, on the air for you guys. Um, I, I I play a tonette and a recorder to the tonette was a, you know, it's a little song flute, and it actually. I think they even passed them out in the military uh, in World War II because um, I, I found out that when I was looking for buying a new one um, that I came across video of, of servicemen playing it. Um, so I believe it was passed out as a here's something to do in your spare time kind of a thing. Either that or offered for them to buy it, which would have been probably a quarter or something back then. Um so that uh, and um, harmonica I've played around with a lot in the past, not really so much now, though occasionally I will hear a song and I go, that would be great if I had the right key, but I only have two keys. Um, I was at a party once and this guy was wearing this big leather belt around his belly area that was loaded with all the different keys of harmonicas, which was excellent, you know. And then um, some other buddy of his had a, a violin there, so that they were instantly playing music, and he could just grab the right key for that. So I've, I've played around with that a lot in the past. <clears throat> the the oh yeah, when I hear, I'm not sure if we were talking about um, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass before, or somebody was maybe the Lonely Bull. Mm-hmm. That song, because we owned the album, I, I, you know, just played that by ear. Ah. That would be easy to play sometime for you. I know I could still do that. Okay. From memory, I think. I'm pretty sure. 
so that you know that I had a lot of fun with uh, doing that. Yeah. But you asked um, Dan about asking somebody what would be an easy lunch to bring that's not a sandwich. Right. Mm-hmm. A salad. Well, Patricia would go for that. I like that. Yeah, salad, you know, with tuna fish in it or chicken or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to, you know, as for a guy to make it a, you know, something that's going to sustain you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Great item. So you've hit two. You've given us your hidden talent with the accordion and all the instruments, plus a reasonable lunch that's not a sandwich. Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't realize in the, the hidden ones. Um, the piano is what I really wish that I took lessons on. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Later, when when I was already into this for years, my parents did buy a piano, and my little sister was taking lessons on it. And so since the keyboard is the same, you know, for the right hand, I would come down and I'd bring my accordion down, and I would play a song on the Sitting on the sitting on the piano bench, I would play a song with the accordion, and then I would um, switch to my right hand on the piano with my left hand on the accordion and play that, and then switch oh back and forth, wow. you know. And and I know at some point for some songs, which I can't remember for sure, I even um, brought my harmonica and would play the accordion and and the harmonica too as a as a turn in it. But I, I should buy one of those things that um, that you can that can hold in a, a harmonica for you, like Bob Dylan does. Mm-hmm, his, mm-hmm. Bob so, Dylan, yeah. I, I don't know if there would be enough room or not. Bob Dylan get, and Paul Simon use them. Yes, it might. It, it probably would hit the top of my accordion, though. I'm guessing. Oh. But um, so in the early 80s, I saw a little piano for sale, uh-huh. a used one, and I went to this lady's house, and I never saw a piano like this before. It is an upright, but it's not full size. I think it's missing an octave, mm-hmm. possibly two. Hmm. So it's not very tall and not super wide, and I bought that for, I think, 200 bucks. Hang on just a second, okay, guys? Just a second, talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll probably be taking a break quickly. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be some... too long before yeah. I'm up to my limit here. That's what I'm looking at. I thought maybe we should... You want to take a break for once that happens? Um, probably a couple of minutes before, so we just don't die. Okay. That's what I mean. Middle of a sentence. That's what I mean. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. back now. after have to make this quick. Anyway, so I bought that little piano. Yeah, and I started playing that just by ear, uh, and I I got really pretty good at it for my songs anyway. Okay, that I would do, and I played it for years, and then then eventually got this full size piano at my house. Um, but the small one is what I really played the most on, and, and advanced on playing with the left hand, and then I learned later by somebody who knows piano, might be my, my older daughter, <laughs> she's excellent, um, that I was 
holding my left hand wrong. I, I, I wasn't playing it. I don't play with my left, my little pinky at all, mm. which I believe they do. And because of how I've been holding my left hand wrong, which is how it felt the most normal to me, mm-hmm. even though it was difficult, um, it's like, no wonder that feels so hard, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I just couldn't see starting all over again from scratch and, and doing it. And then when I got MS, um, I couldn't even really play it at times for a long time, you know, so I, I just, I have, I did just play it the other day though. And had a really good time. Good. Um, uh, even stretched myself a little into um, changing how I was uh, playing the left hand to 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 change one song and a uh, different kind of beat, which was fun. Anyway, my wife's got to put a new patch on me. Are you there, Shelly? Oh, she said. I guess she. Okay. I couldn't understand what she said. I guess she said she was giving me five more minutes. So, <laughs> yes, I wish I played the piano instead because that's a more universally accepted. Yeah. You know, if he it worked in one of the last shops I was in, you know, there was this one guy who said, "Anybody who plays accordion should be shot." You know, <laughs> it's like, okay. yeah, yeah. Here I am, okay. an accordion player, keep my mouth shut. You know, just to not be the bane, the bane of the shop. You know. Yeah. So. But I do feel uh, that I would like to start uh, playing it again. That'd be good. So yeah, when, when I, you know, the the other day I was gonna I was going to break it out. I even I I started taking my 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 belt off uh, so I wouldn't scratch it. You know, you gotta be careful with your what you're wearing. You know, from behind and or on your wrist mm. you know, for for the left hand anyway. And and then and I was realizing how exhausted I was, and I thought, no, you know, this has got to. I got to be doing this when when it's a, everything's good, that I'm more alert, so I have a better feeling about it. Mm-hmm. So then I decided, you know, yeah. I'll just go sit on the piano. And uh, so as, as exhausted as I was, I still was able to play, um, you know, songs that I good. that I play. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank All you, right. Paul. So your, assi- your assignment is to pull it out and give us a report for next week. Ooh. Mm. You don't have to play. <laughs> no. I just want a report of what you did with the accordion this week. Well, let's see if I even get it out. Uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, and then I think it's going to take more than a week to give you any kind of a good report.
we'll expect a report next week. Thank well, you. okay, we'll see what see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Paul. Okay, guys. Good, Good night. Good night. All right, Patricia, how long a break? Should we do a half hour? Should you want to do just play some songs? What What do we want to do? You may choose. Oh, I will choose. Play a show. Okay. And then I can have my sweet potato. Yeah, because I'm ready to have a little food break. So we're going to play a Fibber McGee and Molly. We're still celebrating Christmas. We're going to play... We're going to play... I'm thinking the... the, um, December 21, 1948 Christmas show. <laughs> but you have to tell me what it is. <laughs> you and Jim are the only two who know things by date. Well, I guess we got some... I, I think that's the one that we find out who T.D.'s real name is. You think? That's what I believe. You don't... You don't know? I'll know after I play the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back shortly. <laughs> Okay, we'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Soundforge Pro Alt tab. JAWS updates available. Windows M. Desktop. Full C. Christmas Enter. Christmas F. Fibber McGee and Molly Christmas 78S album fold F. Fibber McGee and Molly folder. Enter. Fibber Mc Fibber McGee and Molly 12-6-4. Fibber McGee and Molly 12-6- Fibber McGee and Molly 12-7- Fibber McGee and Molly 12-12-44. Fibber McGee and Molly 12-15- Fibber McGee and Molly 12-16- Fibber McGee and Molly 12-17- Fibber McGee and Molly 12-18-4. Fibber McGee and Molly 12-18-4. Two dash one eight dash four Fibber McGee and Molly one two dash one eight dash Fibber McGee and Molly one two dash one nine dash Fibber McGee and Molly one two dash two zero dash four nine one Fibber McGee and Molly one two dash two zero Fibber McGee and Molly one two dash two one dash four three Fibber McGee and Molly one two dash two one dash four eight Unloading Jokans okay. WMAQ and WMAQ FM NBC in Chicago. For incredibly fast relief from pains of headaches, neuritis, or neuralgia, try Anison tablets. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients. Get A-N-A-C-I-N, Anison, today. <laughs> the Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Well, I guess there's not much doubt that the kind of beauty women want in their kitchens is practical beauty. Maybe that accounts for the popularity of Johnson's self-polishing floor wax glow coat. The beauty in glow coat, of course, is the luster it gives your linoleum. Especially now that there's a new glow in glow coat. A glow that makes every inch of your linoleum shine far more brightly than before. Well, there's a practical quality in Johnson's glow coat, too. And that's the protection it gives your linoleum. 
It certainly would be surprising if you or anyone could go through the holidays without scuffing up the linoleum surface a bit or spilling liquids when you're washing the dishes. Well, Johnson's Glow Coat, bright and pretty as it is to look at, covers your linoleum with a hard, dry finish that protects and makes it so easy to clean. Ask for Johnson's Glow Coat, the floor wax that now shines with a brighter, warmer glow. Your dealer has the new glow coat in the same familiar yellow container with the bright red band. Take some home and see what we mean by practical beauty in the kitchen. No holiday is a complete success with everybody. Cops, for instance, hate Halloween. The Army thinks Navy Day is silly. If you're a turkey, you're entitled to a low opinion of Thanksgiving. And what a mailman thinks of Christmas is absolutely unthinkable. One of them has just relieved his aching back a trifle, however, by leaving a batch of greetings at 79 Wistful Vista, the home of Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, here's the mail, kiddo. Mostly Christmas cards and... Hey, you know what? No, what? I wish the mailman a Merry Christmas and he looks at me like I'd poisoned his dog or something. What goes with that sour puss? Well, what's so merry about Christmas to a mailman? Huh? He starts out holding the bag and winds up the same way. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right, but... Oh, look, a card from Uncle Dennis. Ah, uh, Uncle Dennis. Kentucky's greatest booster. <laughs> Straight Kentucky, that is. <laughs> What's the card? It's a picture of Santa Claus coming down the chimney upside down. Upside down? Yeah. <laughs> it says Merry Christmas and bottoms up, Uncle Dennis. <laughs> That's him, all right. Boy, the government missed a great bet when they passed him up during the war. What a production man he'd have made. Why? You ever know a guy that could locate a bottleneck quicker or get to the bottom of it faster? <laughs> I just love opening Christmas cards. Yeah. Who's that one from? Old man McDonald from the Third National Bank. It's a picture of him in a Santa Claus outfit, foreclosing a mortgage on a ragged widow and three barefoot kids standing out in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> Says, just kidding, of course, McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, my clavicle. That guy's got less heart than the salary on the blue plate special. Hey, here's a pretty Christmas card. Let me see it. Oh, yes, isn't this sweet? Mm -hmm. It says, though Christmas comes but once a year, it brings back memories all so dear of friends whose hearts are strong and true. Old friends, good friends, dear friends like you. Da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> Little drippy, but nice. <laughs> who's it from? Well, it's signed, uh, with love, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I wonder who that could... Wait a minute. It isn't addressed to us. It's addressed to you. To me? From Elizabeth? <laughs> Who do I know named Elizabeth? Well, I'm sure I don't know, dearie. Just some casual acquaintance, no doubt. My casual acquaintances don't sign Christmas cards with love, Snooky. My gosh. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Very. Some schoolgirl friend of yours, probably. Not likely. Any schoolgirl friend of mine has got an ear trumpet and grandchildren by this time. <laughs> hey, this is kind of intriguing, you know that? It is? Elizabeth, Elizabeth. 
I wonder if that could be the rather attractive woman I gave my seat to on the streetcar last week. <laughs> Just as I was getting off. <laughs> no, I don't think so. She called me a lazy slob. Now, just don't worry about it, sweetheart. And stop smirking at yourself in the mirror. I wasn't smirking. I was just wondering how I'd look with a mustache. You did raise one once, remember? How'd I look? Well, I don't recall ever committing myself, but Dr. Gamble said you looked like an adolescent walrus with a vitamin deficiency. <laughs> but of course, he was... Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Come Elizabeth. in. Elizabeth. Oh, it's Mayor Latrivia McGee. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Elizabeth. Or, hi, Latrivia. Oh, hello, Mrs. McGee. McGee. Whew. Getting pretty nippy outside. Regular winter weather. Yeah, this is the kind of a day I like, Latrivia. Brisk and bracing. Feels good not to have to go out in it. Sit down, Mr. Mayor. Sit down. We're just looking over some Christmas cards. Yeah, I got one here that kind of baffles me, Latrivia. I don't know who it's from. Why don't you read the signature on it? Well, he did, Mr. Mayor. It's signed with love, Elizabeth, and himself can't remember any Elizabeth, he says. Got me kind of curious, Latrive. Oh, not that I figure I got any more secret admirers than anybody else, but... <laughs> well, you know how it is, getting a card signed love from somebody you can't place. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably just a mistake of some kind. Yeah. I'd certainly advise Mrs. McGee not to worry about anybody stealing her husband. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll thank you to keep your advice to yourself, Latrivia. My wife can worry about me if she wants to. Can't you, Molly? Indeed, I can, dearie. <laughs> I certainly can, and I will, too, just as soon as we get Christmas out of the way. <laughs> See, I'll bet you get lots of letters at the City Hall from people you've never heard of, Mr. Mayor. Don't oh, you? yes, yes, we do, Mrs. McGee. Most of them full of suggestions about how to run the city. Ever take any of them? I take all of them. Good. Out and burn them. <laughs> A letter came just this morning warning me to have the paving fixed on 14th Street or else. It was signed anonymous. So naturally, uh, I... Signed how, Mr. Mayor? Anonymous. That's just oh, a Anonymous, way eh? Something... Do you have many Irish friends like that, Latrice? <laughs> Irish friends? Like what? Like the man that wrote you the letter, Mr. Anonymous. Yeah. We knew a family named O'Callaghan and one named O'Lonigan, but... Uh... Yeah, that is an Irish name, isn't it, Latrice? We're Irish ourselves, you know. Molly was an O'Driscoll, and I've been an O'McGee for years. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is an Irish name. I've known the Anonymous family since boyhood. <laughs> huh? You have? Certainly. Terence Anonymous was a second cousin to Danny O'Donigan of the Donegal Donegans. He was? Well, that's odd, because I and Molly were merely his trying to... His father start... was a Finnegan on his grandmother Flanagan's side, but the <laughs> Flanagans married into the Galligans, and the Galligans got into so many Brannigans with the Donegans that the Finnegans got tired of the shenanigans and said the Galligans were hooligans. <laughs> and everybody lost their tempers, but I'm not going to, because an unstrung harp is no good to anybody. Besides, I just dropped in to offer you the season's greetings, so Merry Christmas to both of you, and good day. Billy Mills, the orchestra with a medley of Christmas tunes.
Elizabeth. I wonder if it... No, it couldn't be her. Just because a waitress smiles when she spills a bowl of soup in your lap is no sign McGee, she's... McGee, I ordered lamb chops for dinner if it's all right with you. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. McGee, are you still worrying about that Christmas card? Yeah. Throw it away. Yeah, but my gosh, Mom. Come in. Oh, for goodness sakes, McGee, it's Mr. Wimple. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hi, Wimp, old man. Hello, folks. My... My gracious, it's chilly today. I, I think it's going to snow again. What makes you think so? I just cleaned off our sidewalk. I just love winter weather, though. Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife. Yeah, we know. Sweetie Face and I always have a snowball fight every year. It's sort of a tradition with us. Oh. Sounds like fun. Well, I think it will be fun this year, Mrs. McGee. I made a whole big bunch of snowballs for myself last summer and hid them in the attic. Last summer you made snowballs? Yes. <laughs> we didn't have any snow handy, so I made them out of plaster. Plaster? Why, Mr. Wimple, isn't that awfully hard? Oh, no, it's easy. You just take half a brick, coat it with plaster, and let it dry. <laughs> well, I hope you have a nice Christmas present for your wife this year, Mr. Wimple. Oh, yes, indeedy, Mrs. McGee. I've been saving my allowance for simply years, and all her friends have fur coats, so this year I went down and bought her a mink. Oh, Heavenly days a mink. Was she surprised? Oh, indeed she was. The minute I got it home, it bit her in the leg. <laughs> Most surprised. Oh, my. You've got some pretty Christmas cards there. Yeah, I suppose we've got one from you here someplace, Wimp, but we haven't come to it yet. No, I didn't send any this year, folks. Oh. That's why I came over today. I'd like to read you a little Christmas verse that I... Well, it's sort of a serious verse. Oh. It's called The Chimney on the Corner. The Chimney on the Corner. Oh, well, read it, Wimp. All righty. The Chimney on the Corner. When the Santa on the corner smiles and rings his little bell and waves a cheery greeting and hopes that you are well, don't pass him with a hasty grin, but drop a coin or two, because the Army of Salvation plays St. Nicholas for you in places where a bowl of soup, a place to sleep tonight, a pair of shoes, another chance, keep hope still shining bright. We know the corner Santa Claus is good for lots of jokes, but he's a real Kris Kringle to a lot of other folks. Goodbye and Merry Christmas. Well, same here. My, my, isn't he a nice little man? Yeah, I'm so Oh, I forgot to ask him how'd he know who sent me this Christmas card if he did. I don't know how he should know. After all, just because... What are you doing? Huh? Oh. I'm just looking at my hair in the mirror. <laughs> I hadn't realized till today how a little touch of iron gray at the temples gives a man that distinguished look. <laughs> <laughs> you noticed how much of a wave I'm getting in it. Don't let your hair go to your head, sweetheart. <laughs> Maybe that wave is just your hair saying goodbye. 
Besides, if this Elizabeth, whoever she is, could... Hello, Molly. Hiya, pal. Merry Christmas. And to you, too, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah, you're a little previous, Junior, but since this is the last time we'll see you till after Christmas, and don't think I don't appreciate it, <laughs> happy Yuletide. Well, thank you. I was just out mailing some cards, and I thought I'd drop by. Hey, Junior, speaking of cards, I got a Christmas card here that I don't know who it's from. Really? What does it say? Well, it's addressed to me, see, and it's just signed, Love, Elizabeth. I don't know any Elizabeth, and it's got to me... you with love, pal? That's yeah. what it says, Mr. Wilcox. The thing is, Junior, there's lots of people that know me that I don't know them, you see. Even women. <laughs> sure, on, on account of I get saw around in public a lot, you know. <laughs> Prominent figure. Elks and everything. You mean you've got one or you are one? <laughs> Naturally, if some girl is struck by my looks and... Ask somebody my name. Well, I mean, there's no way I can help it. Say, it's... now that you mention it, pal, a girl asked me your name just the other day. Uh-huh. Very attractive girl, too. You hear that, Molly? Oh, my gosh, this is even worse than I thought. What'd she say, Junior? Well, she pointed you out to me in Kramer's drugstore and asked me if I knew you and if I'd give you a message. Message? Gee whiz. Hey, is her name Elizabeth? Well, what's the message, Junior? Go ahead, tell Molly, too. We got no secrets. If girls I don't know want to send me messages, Molly knows there's nothing I can know. What'd she say to tell me? <laughs> Well, she said, and I quote exactly. Yeah. You tell Mr. McGee that one of the things that makes men most attractive to women is thoughtfulness. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that makes a kitchen most attractive is the Johnson self-polishing glow coat on the window. <laughs> she said, tell him that the way to keep his wife always in love with him, the way to keep that happy glow on her face, is to see that her housework is made as easy as possible by keeping her supplied with glow coat always. Oh, dear Dorothy Dix. <laughs> because glow coat, with its new built-in glow, that great beautifier and protector of your linoleum is so easy to apply. You simply pour it out, spread it around, let it dry in 20 minutes or less to a gleaming, sparkling finish that not only adds years of life to your linoleum, but makes dirt and dust so easy to wipe up. Uh, hey, and, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Waxy. Yes, pal. Who was the lovesick creature who sent my husband such a tender, sentimental message, Mr. Wilcox? Yeah. Was her name Elizabeth? No. Name's Jessica, come to think of it. Jessica. Best secretary I ever had, too. Oh. Well, I gotta go, kid. You in a hurry, Mr. Wilcox? Yeah. I'm on my way to a chimney sweep. Chimney stopped up, kid? Yeah. Full of soot, is it? No. It's full of my cousin, Big Bay Window Wilcox. <laughs> Rehearsing his Santa Claus act for Christmas and got stuck in the flu. <laughs> well, he may not be a very good Santa Claus, Junior, but if he gets out of that chimney, he'll be well suited for the part. <laughs> Don't you get it, both of you? Suited? Okay, suited. <laughs> See, I constructed a pun involving the two meanings of the word suit. Taint funny, McGee. Taint? No, taint. So long now. Smart guy. You don't seem to realize that when a mature man like me, a man of the world, a man of charm and experience, can throw some woman for a loop so that she loses her head and sits down and writes him a love note for Christmas, I, I mean, she doesn't think that Wilcox doesn't. What did I start out to say? I'm sure I don't know, pet, but I've got to go out and get dinner started. Let me know now if you remember who Elizabeth is. Okay, but you just keep your chin up, Tootsie. Don't you worry about a thing. Me? Of course I won't, dearie. <laughs> My goodness, after all these years, what woman would want to... Uh, that is, I mean, well... You're no boy anymore, you know. Huh? I mean to say I love you dearly, you know that, but who else would ever... I mean... <laughs> Come in, please. <laughs> Hello, Dr. 
Dr. Gamble. My, it's nice to see you. Hello, my dear. And good day to you, pudding head. <laughs> Hi, Bellbottom. <laughs> you out spreading Christmas cheer this week by staying away from your patients? No, I'm out taking measurements for splints, my boy. Huh? Do you plan to use a stepladder to decorate your Christmas tree again this year? Or shall I cross your name off my list? <laughs> cross him off, Doctor. At the price they're asking per foot for Christmas trees this year, we'll be able to decorate ours from a kneeling position. <laughs> yes, say, Doc, uh, you happen to know anybody named Elizabeth? Certainly, my mother. <laughs> Himself got a, a Christmas card signed, Love, Elizabeth. No, no, that wouldn't be her, Molly. She hates him. <laughs> Your mother doesn't even know me. I've described you to her. <laughs> How could she hate me just from that? My gosh, you gotta know me for years to really hate me. <laughs> really, I'm a little disturbed, Doc. Some girl sends me a Christmas card with love, and I don't know who it is, so naturally I'm worried. Why? Why? Yeah. Why, my gosh, suppose some girl has saw me someplace and got a crush on me. You know how girls do, Doc. Probably just doesn't realize I'm married. Maybe just saw this sort of distinguished-looking man around town and bingo off the deep end. I know just how you feel, my boy. Your distress is perfectly natural. What do you mean, distress? He's never been prouder in his life. Oh, I wouldn't say I was proud exactly, my dear, but after all, one can't help it if one has the type of personality that sets women on their ears. My gosh, I remember the time when I was kind of shy and bummer-footed and no woman would look at me the second time. I remember that time, too. It was about two minutes ago. <laughs> But look, Casanova, if you're really worried that some girl has fallen in love with you, I have something here that might reassure you. Here, take it. What is it, Doctor? A pocket mirror. Read it and weep, Romeo. Merry Christmas, children. Oh. The King's Men sing Ken Darby's composition, Let's Have an Old Fashioned Christmas. Let's have an old-fashioned Christmas With snowflakes and memories of yesterday Let's sing a few dear old carols we knew Riding home in an old-fashioned sleigh See the happy faces of children
Doggone it, kiddo, this thing has got me waffled. Or baffled. <laughs> Perfectly strange woman writing me mash notes when... Hey, what's the dangerous age in a man, Molly? <laughs> the dangerous age? Yeah. That's the period of time between when his pants get long and his wind gets short. <laughs> Now, I suppose around my age, a man does take on a kind of a sophisticated glamour for women. Kind of a man about town look that they just can't resist. Oh, I just hadn't realized till now that I'd reached that age. Well, you know, there is something different about you lately, dearie. Yeah? I look at you sometimes and I get an almost uncontrollable desire to run my hand through your head. You do? Yes, with a pair of clippers. <laughs> since you've been to the barbershop. Oh, not so long. And besides, this shaggy look must have uh, had a certain appeal for women because whoever this Elizabeth is, she's so... Come in. Hi there, kids. Hello, daughter. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. <laughs> hi, hi Oldtimer. Hey, we got a little mystery on our hands here. Is that so? Yep. What happened, kids? Find footprints in the snow or somebody walking across your roof on his hands? No, Mr. Oldtimer. Himself here just got a Christmas card from some mysterious woman. What do you mean, mysterious woman? What other kind is there? She means we don't know who this card is from, old-timer. It's signed with love, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, it's nothing to get excited about, I guess. Happens every day. College girl crushes, you know. <laughs> I suppose Ronnie Coleman and Clark Gable run into this stuff all the time. I suppose so, Johnny. So does Roy Rogers' horse. <laughs> I read where some fan cut off a foot of Trigger's tail a couple of years ago, so you better be careful. But hey! <laughs> got an interesting Christmas card myself, kids. From a woman, Mr. Oldtimer? Yep, my landlady. On account of them, I'm a little behind in my rent. You're behind in your rent, so she sends you a Christmas card? She wish you a Merry Christmas? Didn't say, Johnny. Just a picture of Santa Claus on it, and underneath it, it says, who do you think I am, him? <laughs> well, at least you know who it's from. That's something. Oh, I suppose so. I gotta get back to work, kids. <laughs> I'm on extra at the post office this week, you know. Yeah? What doing? Smearing addresses or mislaying packages that gurgle? I'm in the parcel post, Johnny. Oh? Here's my work order. See, daughter? Uh-huh. Yeah. It says proceed to parcel post department and see that all packages are weighed and stamped. What was that, daughter? She said see that all packages are weighed and stamped. Why? Stamped? Oh, Jiminy, now I'm in for it. Why? I thought it said stomped. Uh, for three days, I've been having myself a wonderful time jumping up and down. I go, oh, really Christmas anyhow, kid. When you get that package from your Aunt Sarah, it was glassware, I think. Hey, I wonder if he could have traced this Christmas card through the post office. And well, I doubt it, dearie. And frankly, I'm developing a terrific disinterest in the entire subject. Hmm? So while you practice that flashing smile and the lifted eyebrow, I'll go start dinner. Okay, Tootsie. Ah, oh, there goes a good kid. And steady as a rock. <laughs> Strange woman writing mash notes to her husband, sending him her love, and what does she do? Scream? Pull hair? No, sir. She fixes dinner. <laughs> a little more flattering if she wasn't so dad-ratted calm about this thing because... Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, 
Oh, hi, sis. <laughs> what you doing, mister? What you doing? Watch it. I'm trying to think, Teeny. It seems that somebody... Gee, you got a lot of pretty Christmas cards, I betcha. Yeah, we sure did. But mm-hmm. one of them was... So did we. Good. Now be quiet a minute, sis. I want to concentrate on a little problem. I think we had some awful pretty Christmas cards this year, mister. You did, eh? Yes, we all... Hmm? I says you did, eh? Did what? Had some awful pretty cards this year. Who did? You did. I know it. <laughs> My mama said to me yesterday, she said, bring me the Christmas card you bought for Mr. McGee and I'll address it for you, Elizabeth. Yeah, well, that's... Huh? <laughs> what? What'd she call you? Me? Yeah. Elizabeth. Oh... She always calls me Elizabeth on account of I'm named Elizabeth, oh. but my daddy calls me Teeny only Elizabeth. Oh my, my gosh, you! <laughs> hey Molly, here's Elizabeth. Don't go away, Elizabeth. Hey Molly, hey Molly, come in and see who's Elizabeth. My gosh, you're I wonder whether you've tried Johnson's Glow Coat lately, because this self-polishing floor wax has a new glow, a glow that brightens up your kitchen linoleum, makes it glossier and more lustrous than before. Now, that wouldn't be quite so very special, of course, if you had to do a lot of rubbing and buffing to get that kind of finish on your linoleum. But you don't. Johnson's Glow Coat produces its own sparkling luster while it dries and without any help from you. Ask your dealer about this wonderful self-polishing floor wax. When he hands you the familiar yellow glow coat container with the bright red band, he'll be handing you the glow coat with the new glow. The glow coat that protects your linoleum, makes it easy to keep clean and very cheerful to look at. Ladies and gentlemen, for 14 years now, we've asked old Santa Claus for audiences like you. And for 14 years, he's granted our wish. And so thanks for all the wonderful Christmases you've given us. And on behalf of the Johnson Wax people and everyone on the program, we'd like to wish you the merriest Christmas ever. Here's to a bright, merry Christmas With all of the old-fashioned love we knew As long as you live This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. All right, what's your prayer? Then we'll go get Patricia. Dear Lord, thank you. For the life of Kitty Cowan, thank you for all the blessings and the opportunities and the doors she's opened for me and allowing me to be here on Yesterday USA. Bless our friends, our Lord. Look after the hungry, the poor, the needy. Lord, help those who are having emotional difficulty or financial difficulties this time. Bless the country, Lord. Let us make the right decision our upcoming leader. 
look after our friends in the Middle East and around the world, Lord. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Alright, here's Charlie Brown. While we go see about Patricia here on Yesterday USA.
Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you're looking forward to the holidays coming up really soon here on Yesterday USA. Right, Patricia? Merry Christmas. Yeah, sort of. Whatever. Now, before I ask you, yeah, we're back, but we're we're in our final leg when I get to ask Walden all of his questions. And my goodness, do we have goodies for you. However, before that... Are you ready? I'm ready. Before that, you have to have one of the 48 questions, and I'm going to help you answer this. Okay. (laughs) The question is, what's the craziest thing a boss ever asked you to do? Can you imagine saying, how do you do, my name is Patricia, what's the craziest thing your boss ever asked you to do? Okay, what's your answer, and then I'll tell you mine. Well, I was thinking, you know, when I first got working for um, one of my first jobs was working for American Express as a financial planner. And part of the duties was we had to call, we had to make cold calls at certain times of the day. And they we had to get up and either be in the office by eight in the morning, Saturday morning to start calling people at nine. Nine to one. Some offices didn't do Saturday morning. They did Sunday night. Ooh. I can't imagine doing calling people about financial or making appointments and things on a Sunday night. You know, I uh, you can get paid on commission or contact. You know, so I no Whoa. no no. So looking back upon it, I probably would. You know, I was I wanted a job to get back to MBA school, and I needed so work experience, so I went ahead and accepted the. But I am, you know. You never pulled the Sunday night shift. No, never pulled the Sunday night shift because I often didn't do that. But still, I, wow. I I don't think Saturday morning was a great a great idea either. You know, I just not in my house. No, I I generally what it was, you know, we they we would buy the lead. They would cost us seven and a half dollars a lead. And what they were was um, they would mail out those cards that people who are interested in more information Mm -hmm. send it back in. And those would be the leads we would follow up on. And I didn't always have the best conversion rates, you know, still, uh, even with those so-called hot leads. Supposedly, you're supposed to turn one out of every three. Oh, my. Yeah, it's in an appointment. And I'm, I was lucky to get maybe one out of a twelve, one out of, you know, way way down. I was not, I wasn't really good at all that, you know. I so. would, I would have picked one out of six as a good return. Well, they thought if it was, it was, if it, it was that kind of hot lead, so called, they was the, the, the office, and they hired special trainers to come out. And what course says, and they were paying them 250 bucks an hour, and that's what their goal was, one out of every three. One out of three conversions. Yeah. Holy cow. And it was interesting, <clears throat> we went back many, to... I'm sorry, go ahead. We went back to national training, the national training American Express, which in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm-hmm. in the dead of... I went... Oh, no, no, no. no. I went in the winter, in February, 10 days... <laughs> And you were Southern California. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. It was a, it was a major complex with bunks. So Dad and I went. And then 
but they had this national phone banks where everybody around the country were calling people. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, Patricia, the two toughest states, no big surprise, that you that was really hard to get an appointment with New York and California. I mean, you could hear people and calling other states, you know, they were from the South or from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Their, their conversion rates were really super high compared to California and New York were yeah. really tough. New York, I would believe, and I'm, I would kind of be wishy-washy in, um, in picking a second. I would have thought maybe New Jersey as number two. But what? California, you know, you, you've got such a such a, um, a demographic stew. That's the best I I mean, people came from everywhere. They're still coming from everywhere. I, I remember years ago, and they talk about scam phone calls, you know, the, oh, the, yeah. the height. And, the mm-hmm. two, and there were two areas in the country that led the way in terms of actual fraud scam were Newport Beach, California, which is, you know, next door to me, and I forgot what city in New Jersey. Those were the two big boilerplate scam artists, phone banks. Hmm. I wonder what's special about those two areas. (laughs) Seriously. Who lives there? I don't know. Who, who, and, and what is the profile of a person in that particular area that makes them vulnerable to scams? Well, those are those are the headquarters. I think where the where the call came from. Mm-hmm. So, um. Oh. Anyway, it was an interesting six six months. I refused to sell certain products. I didn't believe in it, so I had some interesting, you know, interesting discussion with management. <laughs> you know, so I I. Uh, Did you do your why routine? Or if Christmas is on December 25th, how come Easter? Sort of, yeah. You didn't have that kind of a conversation. Well, yeah, I sort of did. I was saying... I have those kinds of... I said, okay, why why would we do this when it doesn't make financial sense for the the investor? Because they always always wanted... Everybody they ever had sat down that always wanted to sell disability insurance. Oh, gee. And... For people who may or may not know, disability insurance has the highest commission rate for the broker than any other product. It's a it's a cash cow. So the highest return uh-huh. is dental insurance. Well, because nobody goes to the dent. I say nobody. Um, the dentist is not used as frequently as medical practitioners. You know, the, the general medical practitioners. Right. So dental insurance, I don't know what it is today, but dental insurance had always been a, a done deal cash for an insurance company. Sure, but these, what I'm talking about is the actual commissions. Mm-hmm. We got the bigger commission on, <clears throat> yeah. on you know, and I didn't really believe in that. I always thought you should try to work on somebody's goals or somebody, sure. somebody's retirement rather than trying to get... The was, you're ethical. Mm-hmm. So I would go round and round the top boss on that. You know, he he and I had totally different opinions on that. Isn't it revolting that ethics can keep people out of jobs? Well, also it was also uh, I I learned 
that American Express, they promoted based upon the salesmen. The best salesmen were the ones always promoted to the management. And I thought that was somewhat stupid because they're good at selling. They're not necessarily being good how to manage people. Of course not. Peter Principle. Yeah. <laughs> when you're really fine at level two, they push you to level three and right. you're absolutely incompetent. You know. Mm. Did you know that the Peter Principle was created or defined by a person named Peter? I think you mentioned to me years ago, but I don't remember that. Lawrence Peter created the principle and the book, The Peter Principle. And the the basic concept, and I may even be saying this correctly, Mm -hmm. people are promoted to their level of incompetence. Right. And boy, is it true. You do a good job, you can be a manager. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. We need to talk about this. Okay, I want to tell you the craziest thing a boss ever asked me to do. Okay. This is hypothetical. Yep. The craziest thing my boss ever asked me to do was to stand next to you and listen to your stupid questions. (laughs) I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Why would I want to know... (laughs) What was your first job, and did you like it? How, how chutzpah can you get in a question? What was your first job, and did you like it? Well, if I say yes, the question then becomes, why did you leave? And if you say no, the question becomes, why did you stay? I mean, gee whiz. You know, I was just thinking, I am... Um... You know, I when I when I graduated from high school, I applied to seven colleges, uh, and I got into four, mm-hmm. not to three. I didn't make Stanford. I did not make Harvard or Yale. Um, well, their acceptance rate is like in the single digits. Well, it was interesting. I think it was Yale. Yale has an interview process, and so I went to the office. It was a lawyer's office. I think he was a grad from Yale. Mm-hmm. And the question they asked right off the why should Yale accept you and what can you bring to the school? Good question. That, too, that was, I was not. Terrific question. You know, I wasn't uh, expecting that. I did the best I could with that, but that was a question I thought I was interesting. That was the right out of the block question. Excellent question. You know. Okay, are you ready for your really solid question oh if it's from you adorable i'm ready oh i have to i have to scroll in order to get through your questions today oh i didn't tell you could i just tell you um the couple of things that happened on the state please do all right in 1972 something happened that i did not know about and you probably did the ocean liner queen elizabeth was destroyed by fire in hong kong I did not know that. Hong Kong. What was it doing in Hong Kong? Well, well. remember that was a British colony at one time. True. Oh, that's right. They still haven't turned it over yet. Right. That was 1999. That's right. So, of course, it had business being in Hong Kong Harbor. They owned it. Mm -hmm. They didn't own it, but they thought they did. (laughs) (laughs) Clara Peller. Do you know who Clara Peller was? No. I do not. She was the the advertising lady the, with the three ladies who came into the hamburger place, and she'd look in her hamburger and say, 
where's the beef? <laughs> yes. That was Clara Peller. Now, my oh. question to you is, do you remember who the ad was for? I think, if I remember right, I think it was Burger King. It was Wendy's. Wendy's, that's right. <laughs> I, I knew it wasn't McDonald's, yeah. but I could never, ever remember. I'm looking at Wendy's right now. If you ask me next week, I'll probably say, gee, I don't know if it was Burger King or Wendy's. It, it just, you know, it was such a fabulous ad, and it didn't do what it was supposed to do. You know, you no remember... product identity with it. Not in, strong enough, I should say. In the early 80s, uh, I don't know if you remember ever seeing these. Maybe they're up on YouTube. Or Frank Nelson, who said, yes. Yeah. On the jack- he was the spokesperson for McDonald's. I did not know that. And they had him do the yes thing on the, on the McDonald's commercials on TV in the 80s. Did not know that. Yeah. How about that? Boy, I did a lot of living that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't filled up. You, you were busy living, you know? I was busy earning a living, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, 1924. Ford Motor Company stock was valued at nearly $1 billion. 1924. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And we wow. were talking about stuff. When did Ford die? Was, was he died like in 47 or something? Because he, he must have lived a long time to see all, yeah. all the changes his company went through. Uh, the only thing I know for sure... Um, you know, he and Thomas Edison had houses next door to right. each other. Edison was here in the late 1800s, and Ford bought the house next door to Thomas Edison to be his neighbor. They were great wow. friends. And when Thomas Edison died in 1931, um, the Fords never returned here for wow. their winter home. That that was it. They came down to be friends and, right. you know, have an association with Thomas Edison. And once right. he's no longer here, there was no reason for them to come here. And the house sold four years later. So we're at least into 1935 here. Um, but are, I suppose I have to do my homework now. Are the houses still up? Pardon? Are both houses still open? Oh, gosh, yes. Uh-huh. Both of them have been turned into museums now. Mm. Originally, just the Thomas Edison estate was a museum. Mm-hmm. And um, the the people who owned, who bought the house from Ford, I met. Well, her husband had died, but right. she was so sweet. She'd call me every once in a while and say, the strawberries are in. Would you like to come and have strawberries <laughs> with me? And we would. I would just have such a wonderful time because she had so many stories about Ford and so much. She had a hero worship mm. and so many stories about the house. He never had a car there. He had the most garages in the entire town, but he never had a, had a car there. And Did you wind up he, writing articles on both houses ever? Or? I, on on the Ford house, I did. Uh-huh. Um, the Edison house, um, actually, it's two houses. Uh, there are two buildings side by side. One is the living quarters, and Edison hated the smell of cooking food. Yeah. So he had a nearly identical building side by side, and in the other building is where the cu- the kitchen was. The food went from one building to the other. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it's really a, a wonderful setup. I mean, they're beautiful houses. Um, but, no, I, I never did any of that. You know, I did touristy stuff. Right. But 
um, it was such a privilege to sit and talk with this lady and, you know, go through the house, and she'd show me something different every time. And um, she deeded the house to the city with nice. the agreement that it would be maintained as the Ford House, and the city turned it into an adjacent museum. So when people go to the Edison Laboratories and, and um, Visitor Center, they buy tickets for the for both uh, it, the, the both residences are on the tour, and it's it's really pretty cool. I, I I just I don't even want to go back and look at what they did. You know, they talk about restoring and refurbishing. And yeah. I just I don't even want to look. I just don't even want to look. And I'll bet they never even knew that the dining room set in that house was the only thing that the Fords left that was wow. furniture, and I'll bet they replaced it. Wow. I, I just, I don't know that for sure. I mean, no, I don't, your I don't gut, throw stones at anybody, but... It's just your no, gut hunch. Yeah, when a, when a house goes through a restoration, you just hold your breath and hope that they didn't, you know? Yeah. Even yeah. in the garages, there there's history, and I don't want to go and look at the garages, <laughs> because after the war... There were no materials. During the war, there were no materials. And everybody used reclaimed materials. And there was an old, old hotel that was finally raised. It was too small. It was wooden. You know, there were were just many things that did not make it a, a, a destination location at that point. And people, they, they tore it down, and people reclaimed lumber from it. And the people who bought the house from the Fords reclaimed the doors from the hotel rooms. And they used them when they constructed these garages. So the the doors in the garage, I don't know, they had like six bays, I guess. I don't know. But you could walk from one to the other to the other through doors. And each door had a number on it, the brass numbers that they uh-huh. put on the outside of doors. And I think I'm probably the only one left in the entire county who knows where those doors came from. <laughs> and I, I, I don't want to look. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to know what he took down those doors. I mean, they were part of the community history. Yeah. This, this was turn-of-the-century stuff we're talking about. Yeah. So I haven't been back. I don't want to go there. I, I just don't want to go. So anyway, we were talking about... Okay, now, hmm? now let's do it this way. Families, you want to go visit those places and send me an email to let me know. If the good news, I'll let Patricia know. If okay, don't send it to me first. Yeah, if it's not, if it's bad news, I'll never tell Patricia. That way he can keep... Unless you're a pee-picking little California hawk. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. And I don't know what a pee-picking little heart is. Someday, someday Harwood will tell me that. That's right. And we haven't heard from him for a while. Okay, 2007, we were talking about the iPhone before. Uh-huh. That's when Steve Jobs introduced the first iPhone. I, re- I think I heard, I heard now that there's 70% of Apple business now. Really? Wow. That is big-time stuff. Well, they're not doing it on computers. I got a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Through, I got a good one, but I had two puppy dogs from the year 2000. And I think they were probably the only woofers that Josh <laughs> ever put out. My Lord, they were dogs. Oh, gee, they were dogs. Anyway, I survived. January 
well, two days ago, I guess now, because we're on the 10th. Right. Um, Elvis Presley would have been 80 years old. 80. Elvis. This cannot be. And, and gosh, I think we all remember when he passed away, and he was only 42 oh, then. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, I mean, what a tragedy. Yeah. What a tragedy. Well, see, here's, here's one of the fun dealies. The first show that Elvis did was on the Ed Sullivan show. Mm-hmm. And there was this big hoopla. Right. Ed Sullivan was not on that show. No kidding. He had had um, serious injuries mm-hmm. in a car accident about a month before. He was still in the hospital. The injuries were that serious. So, of all people, Charles Lawton hosted <laughs> Imagine Charles Lawton and Elvis Presley married. Um, so I, I thought that was a nice, pretty little piece of information. It was um, September 9th, 1956, and it was just too good to pass up, so I added that to tonight's goodies. Well, you know who the good friend of, of Charles Lawton? No. Frank Brzee. Really? Yeah. Oh, both of them were lucky. Because... Uh, uh, I guess Fr- Frank Friend was a piano player for Elsa Lancaster, and Elsa had a a one woman show up in New York and other places. So they would mm-hmm. uh, they would go hang out with Lancaster and then Charles, and then they had the <laughs> pool. And... I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as we're let me see, do I have a presidential question here? I have a presidential question. Gee, I've got a lot of presidential questions, so I'm going to stay with this one. Who was the first sitting president to visit Graceland? Hmm. Jimmy Carter? No. Bill Clinton? No. One more. George W. Bush. Exactly right. Yeah. Why did you pick that? Well, I was trying to think. I was looking at the presidents, and I think, well, I don't think Ronnie, Ronnie would be looking for a dessert, his dessert, right? And uh... <laughs> well, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> he and Elvis could have kind of sneaked off and had some. And I and I don't think George H would have had too much of an interest. So I was trying to look at the, uh, and I thought maybe Jimmy might have, considering he's like normal next door neighbor. Yeah, he was, kind of, he, was, he was Southern and yeah. could tap into the Southern tradition. And, and see, now I think Bill Clinton would appreciate Elvis, you know. He would have been... Uh, would have, you're right. Yeah, so that's why I was looking for the younger set of the, the presidents. Um, Bill Clinton would have been a good choice, I think. Yeah. And not because he had a visiting dignitary, as George W. did. Yeah. <laughs> Not only visiting dignitary, was the prime minister of Japan. Yeah. Let's go to Graceland and look where <laughs> peanut butter and, and banana sandwiches. But oh yeah. Anyway, that was um, that was it. And we had birthdays for yesterday. Yes. On uh, um, January ninth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which are excuse me, <clears throat> Joan Baez. Yeah. How old is Joan? Mm-hmm. I, Joan Baez would be, I think I, I saw 75. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she was, she will, she's another one who will always be young because we will always have her music. Yeah. 
and she was so young when she started singing professionally and at campouts and yep. <laughs> protest marches. Okay, Richard Nixon, Joan Baez, and the Duchess of Cambridge. Oh. Do you know the, who the Duchess of Cambridge is? I do not. Kate Middleton. Oh. And Kate. So, I, I heard I heard her husband being interviewed here about a week ago uh-huh. and talking about how kids can sure change your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have two now. They've, they've got some really touching pictures yeah. of two of these. They put a mommy and a daddy out with the kids. She's pushing the carriage, and he's got the little guy by the hand, and he's tottering alongside of them. And, you know, I, I look at them, and, they, and they're so endearing as a family. And I think, but they don't have any privacy. They can't even take their kids for a walk and have private time. But then, you know, it's part of the territory. I was really taken aback. I think I was talking about this. We, we, uh, Sammy Jones on the show, we were talking about Canada win, and I, I've forgotten how much time gone, I mean, Princess Diane died in 97, and I just was almost thinking, oh, that was 99 or two. I mean, it, almost 20 years. I mean, I, time has swept. 97? That long ago? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, I'm going to count George W. Okay. At Graceland as your presidential question, Woo-hoo. and you did very well. You get credit for that. Woohoo! Okay, what would you like next? Were you were that were you that kind of greater with your little pupil when they were taking your writing class? Say that again. When you were teaching your writing class. Yeah. Were you that kind of greater for your little pupils? Were they did they did they get half credit here or you know? Oh three no, quarters? I'm, I never marked papers as such. Okay. And I, I would never do that because that one professor gave me a C on my first <laughs> English comp. <laughs> Anybody can find somewhere 
even in five-minute increments, 15 minutes out of 168 hours in a week. And when I put it that way to them, they, they did fine. And once they started, sometimes they didn't stop until two hours or three mm. hours. So, so, you know, just asking the possible rather than demanding the impossible just is so, it, it, it just works. It just works. I, pressure off people. And, so we had a good time. We, we really did have a good time. I read the Wikipedia page on one in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And one thing that caught my eye. Um, he had such a good time writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was you think a, a normal? Uh, wasn't unusual for him to write this many hours before he took a break. Can you want to get get get, get, get the length of time before he took a break? Yep. <clears throat> he would get so enthralled and lose track yeah. of everything. Yeah, I would guess more than eight hours. Yes, it was more than eight. And I will hit, I will say 10 to 11 hours More. before he was willing to stand up. More. How much? 40. At a clip? Yes. Nobody can think it. I know. <laughs> but he, he was... can find the bathroom <laughs> if, you, if you've been awake for 40 hours. Um, we need to talk to <laughs> He's running out of his hours very quickly. <laughs> Gee whiz. Gee whiz. I mean, um, okay. Now, see, I can sort of see his style of writing because I imagine so much of his stuff was going through manuscripts and notes before he mm-hmm. jotted things down and compo- be my guess, you know, if he was reading and digesting. and. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, it was, it was such an extraordinary and still is such an extraordinary fact-finding mission for him before he could sit down and begin to write the prose that went with all of the facts. But my goodness. Now, now really, Walden, I can't hold it for <laughs> but you, But, 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 but you, you sipped something during the 40-hour period, though, my That's dear. True. That's true. Yeah. However... May, I, I have may, to witness this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, sit, I'll, I'll be very quiet. I won't disturb him. I'll just sit out the door, outside the door and wait for him to come out and do something. And I know what he's going to do. <laughs> I know it in my heart. Good night, nurse. But that's what they said in his, in, his bio, in his Wikipedia page that it wasn't unusual for him to go in 40-hour straight writing mode. Okay. <laughs> now I'm assuming maybe he had maybe he maybe he had a portable bathroom there in the office. I don't know. Some people do. <laughs> the ones that play reality games, <laughs> you know, the football reality yeah. stuff. They do that. I mean, these these people really are serious problems. Now, see, my 15 minutes of your writing was C spot run. <laughs> spot face change. <laughs> Oh, my. Do you remember C-Spot Run? I just remember the phrase. I don't think I remember ever seeing Spot. I don't know if I ever remember seeing the Jack and Joe books. You know, those were the early 
reading books. I don't remember that. I might have as a kid, but yeah. those don't stick out in my memory. Well, at least we know it was a spot. Yes, see spot one. Okay, what would you like? Spot would like a trivia question on the presidents. On um, you already had it. Oh. Spot would like the one I really do have other ones. Spot would like the trivia question on the presidential quote. Your presidential quote. Uh huh. No government. We may have had this one before. Even if we did, it's worth repeating. No government is perfect. One of the chief virtues of a democracy, however, is that its defects are always visible and under democratic processes can be pointed out and corrected. I love that. Yeah, that's almost sounds like a, uh, a Churchill spinoff. But, it does. Um, but it's a long sound. It sounds like some president said it way before him. I bought Thomas Jefferson. No. He was a little more hard-nosed than that, I just... Yeah. Abraham Lincoln? No. Rutherford B. Hayes? No. That was the year three. It was Harry Truman. I, that was my first guess, but I thought it would be right the same time period as Churchill. But, boy, that's a great quote. That's a great quote. Love it. I think we ought to print that one out and read it every once in a while. Okay, what's next? The ladies, please. The ladies quote or history because I'm running out of quotes. Um, let's see, lady. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, who was the only wife of a president who was born in a foreign country? Oh. This is pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Martha Washington. No. That would seem reasonable, though. Uh-huh. But not. Don't even say it. I can hear you. <laughs> Andrew ja Johnson's wife. Andrew Johnson's wife, no. Grover Cleveland, wife. No. It was John Quincy Adams. Oh. And Louisa Adams was born in English. English. Wow. In England. And as an aside, she played the harp. She wrote satirical essays and raised silkworms. She raised silkworms. Very eclectic. Fun to know. Very eclectic. Oh, my goodness, yes. Okay, what else? My colonial question, please. Your colonial questions. Um, let me see. I have. To, I, I wrote this out as as a sentence. I have to translate it into a question. Hold on. 
Okay, I'll, I'll do this. Thomas Paine, you already know the answer, right? Well, no? I'm, go I'm going to be pretty good at it, I think. Okay, Thomas Paine, what do you think? You want me to tell, him about, tell you about Thomas Paine? No, I want you to tell me <laughs> what do you instantly associate with Thomas Paine? Well, I think I think of the um the famous papers, mm -hmm. uh the 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 Confederate paper the Confederate papers, because he was sort of helped promoting the rights of man and and sort of inspired the Federalist Papers. That's what I always think of Thomas Paine for. Okay. And that that's different from what I when you, when you say Thomas Paine to me, mm -hmm. I think of his publication Common Sense. Right. And it was an attack on King George the Third's reign over the colonies. Very good. Yep. And a call for independence. Yep. I, I, I very good. That's more specific than what I was coming up with. That's oh. very good. Yeah. Very good. Sense. And and as soon as if, if you say I don't know why. We must have studied it in college somewhere. Yeah. You know, as 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 part of the political history of our country. But as soon as you say Thomas Paine, I that's common sense comes into my head. Huh. No, I I, I definitely got exposed during my political science classes to 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 read his writings. It was, that was one thing I nice think about political. I got to read the federal papers and different mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, and all all of that is. I don't. I hesitate to use the word fun. It, it's it's a pleasant experience to uh, read and understand at this level what I had to read and assume the instructor understood what was going on. But to you know read these now and pull them apart. You you think you would enjoy? I know you 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 were good at school, but you think you would enjoy school more today than you would have when you were going through the process? I that's an interesting question, and I'm not sure. From what I know about today's educational system, mm -hmm. I think I would be a misfit in that as well. Mm. So maybe you've been best at on your own learning schedule, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it doesn't make any difference what the environment is. It's what I need. I, mm -hmm. I truly don't need a teacher. I find a teacher very distracting. Yeah. I find doing work on my own and then coming back with questions to be very productive. I found a lot of cases in my college classes, I could have taken correspondence. Mm-hmm. I could have done a lot. I did a lot of reading on my own, studying yes. like that. Yes, right on target. You are so so right. Also, it's sort of like, you know, when I was going to school, elementary school, whatever, some of my summer readings that I would do for myself were history-based readings or politics mm -hmm. or things like that. So I guess I was, I was born old, I guess, Patricia, in my, in my young days, I guess. You know, I had an interest in that stuff. And I have something to tell our grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. Got to tell our kids first. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what else? Well, I think we're down to baseball, brain teaser, and stump, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball. Baseball. In 1952, which player became the highest paid in Brooklyn Dodger history? 
Mm. I mean, up to, obviously, 1952. In 1952, one player yep. set baseball history. Well, I'm gonna go with the obvious question, the obvious one, uh, and he was my uh, he was my fourth choice, uh, Duke Snyder. No, interesting question. We have not spoken anything about Duke Snyder mm-hmm. in our baseball forays. We'll have to do that. Well, you know, he there was always the in New York there was the great three center fielders, center fielders, Willie May, Joe DiMaggio, and Mickey Mantle, and Duke Snyder. So I just thought mm-hmm. maybe they'd been the most popular. Then I thought Gil Hodges. He, Gil Hodges was my first guess because uh, he was the power hitting third baseman. Then I got thinking of Jackie Robinson, and I got thinking Bingo. In some way, I'm surprised. Uh, I, uh, he, well, I, logically, well, I, I missed two words. He, he was the highest paid in Dodger history, and I right. don't know where the Dodgers fit into the overall profile. I well, guess, no, I think it's I would say the Yankees were probably at the top of the pay list. Right, but they can in Dodgers. See, then that tells you that tells you something that race was not a factor. You know, they could have easily have said, "Well, we're, you're the first black person to break the color barrier so you should just feel lucky and not pay him top dollar but i'm, I'm glad the doctors mm-hmm. appreciated what his contribution what he could do for the team yeah i guess for virtually his entire career he had a lot of heat from the fans which is yeah so disappointing so disappointing but and you know baseball was not his best sport what was it Football and basketball. He was a great track star at UCLA. So he was an all-around athlete. Oh yeah, he was better than all. Baseball was not the best sport of his four. It, it was the best. It was not financially. I bet. Yeah, it was not. Other sports came more were easier for him, and you know he was better at. I, mean, it, I, I don't know anybody who makes a living at track, and basketball. That was behind baseball. Well, I think Jesse Owen, after the uh, 36th, did a lot of um, what exhibition runs and things like that to make yeah. a living. But as as a as a, a sport as a career. Yeah. Nowadays you do it in, in Europe. You know that's where all the money is in track and field. Mm-hmm. But back in those days, you're right. Yeah. I remember that one of our finest surgeons in the hospital where I worked, and right. I mean he was. Extraordinary. He had he 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 was a big man. I mean, he said he was like six feet tall, six no, six six. Right. And he had hands commensurate with a six six person. I mean, they, they were not little pansy hands like mine. And we had a gunshot wound come in one time. It was a heart wound, and it was a young boy. And they cracked open his chest, and his fingers were so long and able to spread so far that he had a finger on every puncture, major puncture, and held them there until the surgeons could close up the wounds or, you know, figure out what to do with them one at a time. And it it was just something incredible to look at, that this man, he probably had an octave and a half spread when he put out, you know, thumb and pinky, that's a that's a big spread on a keyboard. Wow! And he uh, three chest wounds, 
from from gunshots, and he had a finger at every point. And incredible. Loved that man. But in order to get through medical school, he played on professional teams in Europe. Wow. Play for a year, come yep. back for a year. Play for a year, come back for a year. That was the only way he could put himself through medical school. And he was, they gave, they offered him a professional <laughs> um, position. He said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Work too hard for this. Yeah, I, recently I've been I was tra- I'm transferring tapes, and I got I recorded a lot of the Ronald Reagan the day when he passed away on the local news station, and one of the reporters remembered because he was so strong, so well built. It took the surgeons an hour to cut through his chest to get to the bullets. Mm. Now I, got, I don't know what the normal, you know. Procedure is to cut through bones like that, but I a thought saw. I'm serious. You go through it with a saw. You know, but it took them an hour to get there. Um, I, a lot depends on where they were as well. True, true. But my goodness. Okay, what's next? Ar, ar, ar. Uh, uh, uh. Ar, ar, ar. Yeah, I got you. Who, who, who did that in the cartoons? You know, there was a. Was a picture with another picture of a dog that has the little, little, little faces like that, and like in the bubble. Yeah. The balloon thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. Ar, ar, um. Ar, ar, ar. <laughs> ar, ar. What language do you speak? <laughs> and I have enough trouble with English. <laughs> I put the r r on the shelf for now. Okay, and this is our international celebrity broadcaster, everybody. <laughs> I'm for hire. She whiz. Gosh, do we have fun? Okay. Okay. Um, Jump Walden and your brain teaser. My brain teaser, my dear. Let us do your brain teaser. We have triplets: Harry, Barry, and Larry. And they were born in August, but their birthdays are in. December. How did that happen? Okay, read it again for me, please. Sure. We have triplets were born in August, but their birthdays are in December. So the three of them were all born on the same day, and their birthday is in December, but they were born in August. How could that be? Well, they were born in, like... Um, this is going to be creative. <laughs> How did you know this, my dear? How did you know I was going to be thinking this no, way? The umbilical cords did not reach <laughs> They were born in Australia. So, see, it was really, when they moved to the United States, it was December and winter, even though it was summer over there. Um, I think they still name the, <laughs> the months. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I got thinking that was sort of a stupid answer. I just thought spilling it out. It yeah, sounded... I, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be right if you didn't have at least one of them. <laughs> you usually have 12. Um, they were born in a leap year, and this particular leap year didn't do one day, it did five months. You're getting better. <laughs> I mean, th- this is one of the cases where worse is better. More entertaining, I should say. (laughs)
Now, I'm, I'm disappointed because we had a question similar to this. There were girls named Mistera. <sighs> we'll leave out the names. Triplets were born in August, but their birthdays are in December. Oh, I know now. They were born in a city called August. There you go. And do you remember the one that's similar? No, I do not ever remember hearing this one. Oh, and I hope I get it right. He rode into town on Friday, stayed for three days, and rode out on Friday. How could he do that? He rode into Friday's restaurant, ate for three days, and I left. knew we were going to <laughs> <laughs> This is one we have had before. I don't remember that one at all. I'm, I'm playing on your midterm memory. It's not even long-term, <laughs> but it's not short-term. Friday was the name of his horse. Ah, uh, I don't remember that at all. Well, this one was, ah, oh, I could have used it again. Yeah. Darn. Oh, yeah. Darn. You can use it next week. I, w I, I, I might get it. I, I can re start recycling these things. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Think of all the hours you have spent preparing for the show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, I want to collect my pay at the end of life. No, could, could we do it before the end of life? We can do that. I have a little bit of time to enjoy it. Yes, we can do that. Excellent. I'll ring yeah. for a shop. I'll ring for a uh, stipend. I'll, I'll keep a running invoice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're down to your stump Walden question. All right, my dear. In this soap opera, the main character sacrificed a promising Broadway career for her father's sake, then married what John Dunning put in quotation marks a brilliant but unstable surgeon. What was the name of that soap? Hmm. Okay, read it one more time. Sure. The main character sacrificed a promising Broadway career for her father's sake, then married a brilliant but unstable surgeon. What was the name of that soap opera? Strikes me it's sick yeah. might be in the title. Dr. Paul? Who's Dr. Paul? That's the name of the soap opera. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> was there really? No, nah, there wasn't a yeah. soap opera. It was the West Coast, yeah, it was the West Coast soap opera. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, the answer is no. Uh, it's a very long run. It was not like a summer replacement. No, I'm trying to think of the one that went to 1960 that sort of had a medical theme. I don't even know what the theme is. Just that her. Well, I'm trying to think of the name of the title. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to. Help his I'm trying to think of the title. The I gotcha? No.
how about life can be beautiful? No. Okay, I'll take another Dr. Soap. <laughs> I don't I don't know that this was a Dr. Soap. It was just that she married. <laughs> I, I hate to say these words, unstable surgeon. I wonder what that means. Cut out his heart instead of his appendix? I don't know. I don't, I can't think of it right off the bat, my dear. I never heard of it. Valiant Lady. Lady. Yeah, I haven't, I've heard the title. I don't think I've ever heard one show. Which is kind of, I don't, well, now, I, I shouldn't say that because I didn't go out to see how many, if any. There are, like so, a syndicated I version, I think. I think I've seen some listed of a small handful, right? oh. but I don't know if there's a full it might be part of a syndication. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'll have to buzz out there and take a peek. It ran from 1938 to 1952. Good so run. somebody Good liked it. Good run. Or maybe the advertisers did because <laughs> there were women plugged into this. Um, but anyway, that was it. Valiant Lady, probably first cousin to Mary Noble. Matt Day's wife. Probably a Frank and Ann Hermit production. I didn't look. Goodness gracious, I should have looked. Yeah. But I say, Jack, concerned they create 130 shows. Yeah. There's uh, a detective show. Oh, dear. Mr. King? It wasn't Stand By. Maybe Stand By for Crime? Uh-huh. No, it, it was a different one from Mr. King. Right. But all of a sudden, I started hearing names repeated. You, Mary Jones, killed your husband, Harry Jones. <laughs> and I said, oh, there's a Hummer. And, of course, it was. Yeah. It was a Hummer style. And I, I promised a million years ago that I would put together some information about Frank and Ann Hummer because we talk about them every once in a while. So. Well, I have to see if we can get their book about them to you sometime. Yeah. Oh, that, that would be really yeah. cool. And yeah. I, I will go back to Cynthia Meyer's advertising we should, ad advertising on old time radio we should have her back on sometime this year oh that would be fun maybe yeah. maybe she would come back and talk exclusively about the hummer maybe so yeah it might be a good suggestion i think that would be great i i love to to you know zero in rather than talk about a mm -hmm. global project you get something that's 100 and i this the book she wrote must have been close to 400 pages and, I mean, these are traditional pages, yeah. not 116 type yeah. proof. This, this is finished copy. So if we take a I, section I of it, and she did devote a lot of time to Hummers, that would be an excellent. Let's yes. do that. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. We have lots to do this year. We do. It's going to be a good year. It will be a Excellent year. Yeah. Well, I have finished my stuff. Let me just go down the list and make sure you got everything you were supposed to. Your presidential question you answered on top. Yep, you got everything. All right. Carol, you'll be and ready. It's four o'clock. <laughs> Good grief. And you were so tired. And I was so tired. And I'm just going to bury <laughs> the phone. <laughs> pretend. You know? I mean, when you go to bed at 6 o'clock in the morning, you don't want the phone to ring at 10 o'clock, you know? <laughs> and it was somebody who said, I sent you an email this morning, and I need an answer. And my answer to her was, I replied to it. 
I got up because we were supposed to meet for lunch. I set my alarm clock and I went to the computer and you can't make it. And I sent back and said, that's fine. And so she called me anyway. Ah. So I just about hunkered down and, and felt comfortable and Barbara called. <laughs> This, this is not going to work, so I just got up and had my coffee. <laughs> this is not going to work. So this is the end of my story. I just keep talking. <laughs> I mean, I had one cup too many in my coffee, I guess. So, All right. I'm finished. We will be back next week. Amen. Amen. Talk to you in a little while, Patricia. Okay. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for being with us. Time is your most precious commodity, and you spent some of it with us. Thank you. Thank good you. night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. JAWS Professional Windows Media Alt Tab Fibber McG and Molly Alt F4 Context Me Alt Tab Leaving Menus Alt Tab JAWS Updates Available JAWS Alt F4 Alt Tab Skype Skype Sign and Editing Level Alt F4 Alt Tab Sound for Escape Escape Zero Enter Zero Point Zero Enter Zero Point Menu File A Leaving Menus Data Window Sound One Star Save as Dialog File Name Colon Sound One Edit A Set the Value Use the S A F E T F A S A F T blank U R D A Y N I G A T one dash nine dash one six dub I T H P A T R I C I A save as save blender data window type and text zero point oh two three seconds.
Jaws Professional, Patricia from FL Home, Bill Bragg, Skype Edit. Windows M, Desktop D, Download Stat D, Drop, Enter, Enter. C colon backslash Asin Jason Thompson 2. Select a system D, Dropbox, Enter. Press Enter. Enter. Content launch drop recently changed 23 points. Sensing paused and available. Get more space. Resume sensing. Enter. Alt tab. Leaving menus. C colon backslash users backslash Alt F4. Alt tab. MP3 Skype. Alt tab. Desktop. Desktop. Alt tab. MP3. Alt tab. Patricia from FL Home. Bill Brad. Alt F4. Alt tab. Leaving menu bar. Alt tab, Skype trade, Alt tab, MP, Alt tab, Bill Bragg, Bill Bragg, Alt F4, menu bar, Alt tab, leaving menu bar. Alt tab, Skype trade, Alt tab, MP, Alt tab, action required, link, Alt F4, button, Alt tab, Skype trade, mark left bracket, Alt F4, action required, Alt tab, Skype trade, Alt tab, sound forge, pro left.